Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Dreff and Friends show. Whoops. It's actually the Dreff and Drexel show. I said the Dreff and Friends show because I just listened to an old episode when it was called that. And I, I guess I convinced myself we're still back in those days. But no, it's the Dreff and Drexel show because uh, Brandon Drexel Gerson has been part of the show again since, uh, since November. And I've been very happy about that. I, I was thinking about that actually earlier today that it's much nicer to have Brandon a, as a fixture on this show and uh, to be here pretty much every week. And he's not here right now. He's going to get here a little bit late tonight. But uh, you know, I was hearing some of the older shows, and I heard some of the older shows where I was there myself the entire time. Not a single co-host was with me. And it's tough. And I remember doing these shows and thinking, wow, you know, I don't get a break. I just had to talk, talk, talk. I can't read the chat room. I can't, I can't do anything. I've just got to constantly speak. I can't even let dead air sit there or it sounds bad. And I don't know if any of you have tried this, but think if you had to talk for four or more hours straight without any break for anything. <laughs> you, you can't even stop to take a breath, so it's hard. Much easier to have a co-host, much more entertaining for the listener, and especially when it's a co-host like Brandon, who is uh, naturally very good on the radio. And, and we actually have some good co-hosts now, too, that uh, join us at times that uh, have gotten a very good reception. In fact, we had one of the uh, good co-hosts on the special we just did over the weekend when Brandon couldn't make it. It was just me and Daredevil who returned to the show. If you haven't heard that one, it's a Poker Fraudler emergency radio special, May 28th, which was uh, all about the Jacqueline Moscow and Nolan Dalla scandal going on, which we'll discuss a little bit more tonight. Anyway, hello, I'm Todd Jandroff Wattellis, in case you don't know who I am. Today, June 1st, 2016, and before we get into anything, of course, since we're starting late, as we frequently do, the free roll has already started. Uh, if you want to enter the free roll right when it begins, get in your time machine, go back two minutes, and you can start right at the beginning of the tournament. Otherwise, you still have 23 more minutes to get in there, 25 minutes of late registration. It's a $106 free roll, cash money, really cash money. I'm not kidding. I have so many ways I can give you the money. In fact, if you want to see me at the World Series in two weeks and collect cash from me in person, tell me, and I'll meet you and give you cash. I'm not even kidding. I can send it to you by bank transfer, by check, cash, Bitcoin. Maybe your money will even appreciate if you get it in Bitcoin. It's been going up recently. Or other methods that uh, are none of the above, just Email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, or PM me on the site, Dan Space Druff, on the forum, and uh, I will pay you. To qualify for the free roll, which takes place on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, you can find that near the top of the screen on pokerfraudalert.com. To qualify for the free money, though, you need to read the rules and understand the rules. That can be found at pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll. That's all lowercase, pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll, exactly as it sounds. If you do not know the rules and do not qualify because you're ignorant of them, guess what? Too bad. You get nothing. You get absolutely nothing. Unless, uh, oh, I see I'm, I think I turned up my sound a little bit. I think I'm a little bit soft. So make sure you know the rules to qualify. It's not very tough, though. Anyway, that started already. It's a no-limit hold'em tournament, $106, 52 for first. Uh, now I'm forgetting the rest of the prize pool. I have to go look it up as I changed it at the last minute. And it's 52 for first. Let me see the rest of it. Let me see the rest of it. It's embarrassing. 
producing the show during the show. 52 for first, 26 for second, 14 for third, 9 for fourth, and 5 for fifth. Almost all this money came from Handicap Me, and he has a few restrictions on this, which I'll get to in a second. The other $6 came from Darkstar. Now, Darkstar $6 can be won by anybody, but that's only that's a little bit less than 6% of the prize pool. The remaining, the remaining 94-plus percent of the prize pool cannot be won by the following individuals. And these are handicap me rules, not mine. Mumbles badly. He doesn't like him. Uh, Jay Searles, Lannister, who I think is probably not going to play anyway. And uh, and Hockey Guy. He doesn't like Hockey Guy very much. So I, I don't really agree with the Hockey Guy one. Because the, the reason... See, when you donate money to the free roll... I say you can exclude anyone you want, and this is to respect the people who give donations because the worst thing is when you give donations to the free roll of your hard-earned money and then someone you hate wins it. And you go, I don't, I don't want that person getting my money. So I, I can understand that. So I allow those who donate to the free roll for their money only, not the whole free roll, but their money only, they can state where it is not allowed to go. So Handicap Me put those restrictions on. But he put one on Hockey Guy. Uh, because he felt hockey guy was badgering me to pay him when I was having PayPal issues, and I never felt that. I never felt badgered, so I, I, I would support the removal of the hockey guy restriction. But these are his restrictions. I still will respect them, even if I don't agree with them all. So Jace Earls, Lannister, hockey guy, mumbles badly, and also Marty, aka Tide or Judonk, is also not allowed to, because he felt that uh, he was rude in the way he demanded his prize last time, and he was. So I, I understand that one definitely. So those are the. Five people who can't qualify for most of this money. But thank you, Handicap Me, for donating this much. He also donated another 50 for another week. So he's been very generous, and I appreciate that. Handicap Me calls into the show usually just as he wakes up in the morning to go to work, which really makes me feel weird when I'm still doing this show when people are waking up to go to work and not to the night shift, but they're, they're waking up to go to a normal 8 to 5 shift. And uh, now he is on the East Coast, so it's three hours later where he is than where I am. But still, it feels strange when he calls up and he says, yeah, I'm about to be on my way to work. And I go, crap, I haven't been to sleep yet. I haven't even finished the show yet. If you want to text me, I see there's a phone call coming in, but I, I can't take it right now. I'm doing the intro of the show. If you want to text me during the show, you can text me at the show's main phone number, which is 775 775- Three seven two eight three five five. You can text me before, after, or during the show. I may read your texts on the air, unless you ask me not to. Seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. That is also the number to call the show. Make sure to show your caller ID if you call me. Seven seven five fraud fifty five or seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Some of you may have seen the picture I posted on Twitter. If not, go to my Twitter at. Twitter.com slash Todd Wittelis. That's Todd, W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. And you can see a picture I posted of a visit that I made to Mount Charleston, including the uh, the radio transmitter. You can see the, uh, the phone's not in the picture, but you can see a little uh, structure where the phone's located. That's the Mount Charleston line, 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. I will tell you that I, I wasn't... When I took that picture, it actually was not uh, the day I posted it on Twitter. It was a picture I took a while ago that uh, I just never posted. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. You can call that also if you have trouble getting through on the main line. It's two different phone numbers feeding into the show. And that Mount Charleston line just forwards to wherever I am. It's an old 70s rotary phone that sits on top of Mount Charleston, which means you can't text that number. 
Just like in the 1970s, there was no text messaging. Same with this phone number, since it's an old 70s rotary phone. It forwards calls, but not texts. So that's 702-430-1808. If you want to listen to the show, but do not have a computer or don't have one with you, don't have a smartphone or don't want to waste data or don't have a data plan, no problem. You can still listen. All you need is a working telephone. Anywhere in the world. You can call 712-775-8162. I always screw that up. 712-775-8162. If you forget that number, just go to the radio page. You can find it near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. Click that, and you will see that number listed, 712-775-8162. That is the call-to-listen line, and it will cost you zero bytes of data. If you have no data plan, you can call it. If you have a data plan, it's not going to waste your data. Because I'll be honest, these streams... If you listen live through the internet and you have, you don't have an unlimited data, it will waste a lot of data. So you may want to use the call to listen line. And we also broadcast streaming reruns of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The computer picks a random episode from our archives of episodes. We have almost 200 right now in the can. It picks one of those and will just broadcast it as if it's live. And then when it's over, it'll pick another random one. It'll do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I leave that running until about an hour or so before the live show starts, and then I turn it off, and of course, then the live show's on. And then after the live show's over, I put it back on. So if you're you're just out somewhere, you know, uh, standing in line, bored, driving, whatever, just just call that number, 712-775-8162, a very quick and easy and painless way to listen to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. That's the call-to-listen line. You can also listen to the show live on the TuneIn app. You can get that as TuneIn, exactly as it sounds, on any kind of smartphone. Also, Stitcher, you can't listen live on there, but you can catch all the archives there. And, of course, we have all of our episodes in iTunes, or you can just download or play the MP3 directly off of PokerFraudAlert.com. Just go to the radio page. All those options are there. Poker Fraud Alert Radio has more options to listen to it, both live and in the archives, than any other radio show or podcast that I know of, of any type. doesn't matter if it's satellite, terrestrial, podcast, whatever. I believe we have the very most listening options out there because I want everyone to be able to access the show in whatever way they feel most comfortable, whatever way they choose. So there's a lot of ways to listen. We have a co-host on, not Brandon yet. He'll be joining us later. Calwatt, who's been a, a very popular addition to the show. We've gotten very good feedback about his contributions here. Welcome. Hey, Druff. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. And uh, I mean, it feels a little bit weird that uh, tomorrow the World Series is starting as far as the open events. It actually started today for the casino employees. Yep. But uh, the open event, the big one, Colossus, is starting tomorrow. And I played that last year. I'm not playing this year. It feels a little bit weird that I'm not there, I'm not at the Rio, that I'm not gearing up to play the World Series, I'm not part of the atmosphere, I feel a little bit uh, removed from it, and it always yeah. feels that way in, in, the, in the years where I start a bit late at the World Series, like I will this year. And, and some people may wonder, why am I starting the World Series late? And I'll explain when we get to that segment, so we can shorten the intro a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Drev. I'm normally there at the beginning, too, so it's really? a little odd for okay. me as well. So... Here is the agenda this week, and then we will get going. Remember, you still have 13 minutes to get into the free roll. I have an announcement regarding next week's show, which I will give you very shortly. 
The World Series of Poker officially begins, and we will talk about uh, both that and something I didn't cover last week, and that is the changes that I would like to see this year, and probably will either happen or won't. It's already been decided. I don't think anything's going to be changed at this point, but there's some things I'd just like to see different that uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have changed these these uh, details by uh, this year. I, I have a feeling most of the things I'm going to suggest are still going to be a problem this year, but uh, some things that I think definitely need improvement. We will talk a little bit more about the Jacqueline Moscow and Nolan Dalla controversy. Now, don't worry. We spent three hours on this in a special show over the weekend, which, again, if, if you didn't hear it, then you can find it in the normal archives that we have. So it's it's very easy to find. It's as easy to find that as it is to find a regular episode. You may have already heard it. If you have if you have it just pushing these episodes to your smart device or whatever, you've probably received it already. But we had that show in case you don't realize that it existed. I, I decided at the last minute to do it, just someone suggesting it that night. Like, hey, maybe you should do emergency radio. I'm like, okay, I'll do emergency radio. So so I did that with a, a surprising co-host with Daredevil. And a lot of you thought that he was gone for good. A lot of you thought that he had a falling out with me, Brandon, or both of us. That there's some scandal. Maybe someone owed someone money. Maybe uh, we had a big fight. You see, you see that's not maybe, true. Maybe you motorboated somebody. Yeah, maybe yeah. I motorboated him. Or actually, I didn't meet him. Maybe Brandon did. Because Brandon met him. You're not so, so long Brandon's ago. the one that motorboated yeah, him? I mean, wow. probably because Brandon met, Brandon met him not that long after that. He was gone. So, But as you guys see... Uh, it was not that because he appeared on a three-hour episode of this show uh, over the weekend in the middle of the night. So obviously if uh, there was bad blood, that would not have happened. I, I tried to tell everybody that wasn't the case. I, just like when Vowels left, everyone was sure there was some scandal. But it wasn't. She just left just because she was just kind of done with everything. And she she left all the forums. And there was, there was no scandal there either. But uh, Daredevil came back, which was a nice, uh, nice surprise. We're not yeah, going to talk. Was a great show. I enjoyed. I enjoyed listening to that. I think you guys both did a great job. No, thank you. And and we're not going to do the rehash of the three hours because. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, there's no point because if, if anybody wants to hear that after the show, they can go listen to it. A lot of people have already heard it, like you. But, but I, are... I don't know if anyone's breasts have been talked about for more than, than this. <laughs> I mean, seriously, those those tits have gotten a lot of airtime everywhere. Yeah. So so there there are some new developments and some other things I'd like to say about it, but it's it's not going to be a super long topic because it's already been discussed a lot on the show. Uh, speaking of uh, topics that have been discussed before, but has a new update. There was a 2013 controversy on this show when I was stating that Barry Greenstein was accusing Sean Deeb of cheating him in open-faced poker, open-faced Chinese poker. And then Sean Deeb got wind of this and during the show called in and yelled at me. And this was in a March 2013 episode. Now, this has nothing to do with the fact that Sean Deeb has been in the news with the whole thing with Jacqueline Moscow. But uh, I guess indirectly it has to do with it because Sean Deeb appeared on another podcast recently and actually, in a way, proved that I was right in the first place. Not that he cheated, but that Barry thought he was cheating. And it turned out I was correct in what I said, or at least mostly correct. I'll play the clips that are relevant, the one from three years ago, which isn't that long, don't worry. And, uh, and the recent clip of Sean Deeb, which is even shorter... And I will talk about it and tell you how I'm irritated with Sean Deeb about this. We talked last week about full-flush poker. They are in desperation mode. They are giving 
a very nice and generous $100 deposit bonus. Of course, only issue is you probably can't cash it out. Do not give any money to Full Flush Poker at this point. Do not do not deposit a penny there. You will never see it again. We'll talk about that. A report of something that's getting very, very little play anywhere on the internet. It was mentioned in a thread that almost nobody reads on 2 Plus 2 about Colorado. Like You see talk about Colorado poker. I don't think you're dying to open up that thread on 2 Plus 2. I know I wouldn't. But someone pointed out to me that buried in the middle of that thread is a scandal. That tournament rebuy money has possibly been stolen from a tournament taking place there. A very common scenario. We'll explain what is alleged to have happened there, and I think I believe it. I have always uh, feared that one day an oppressive government force will decide what websites I'm allowed to visit. And that's uh, that hasn't happened yet right now that... Uh, that can't happen. In fact, there's that net neutrality thing, which I'm actually against. Uh, the only good side to it is it prevents this, but that wasn't the main point of it. But uh, I, something I would be very against was the government would be the government having any power to censor visiting any site. I mean, the, you should have access to everything on the internet, legal, illegal, whatever. They should go after the sites, not the. Uh, um, yeah, they shouldn't start restricting what you can visit. Otherwise, that's a very slippery slope, and the internet should be just open and free. I would even worry that one day perhaps uh, something like Poker Fraud Alert could be banned by the government if they if they didn't like what we were saying over here. But uh, this nightmare is becoming reality in Quebec, in Canada. Quebec is known to have their very own set of laws about a lot of things that differ with the rest of Canada. And... Uh, you tend to have a lot less freedom over in Quebec than other parts of the country. Quebec also has even talked about seceding at some point. It's, there's a lot of tension in Canada between Quebec and the rest of the nation. So there's a an attempt right now by the Quebec government to block 2,200 online gambling sites and to force Internet providers there to do it. We'll talk about what's happening with that and what a terrible precedent that would set if it happened. Even if you say, oh, I'm never going to live in Quebec, so who cares? You should care. The Borgata, which is known as the island of class within uh, a very sleazy city known known as Atlantic City. Really, that's the only decent place to go in Atlantic City. Everything else is a dump. Yep. Even properties that are okay, like Caesars, are in a bad area. Uh, So Borgata is a... It's like a little island up on a hill over there, but it's not actually an island, but it might as well be. It's a uh, shining city on the hill. Yeah, so it has been purchased fully by MGM. So we'll talk about the possible implications of that. It's if fully going to be an MGM property. They only partially owned it before. I'm going to talk about someone that I do not like, someone that I don't get along with, someone that I actually – there was an article about me and this guy not getting along on F5 Poker which is like a poker gossip site. It's known that me and this guy don't like each other, and this has not changed, but I'm going to talk about him, but I'm not going to be bashing him, and I'm not going to be talking about anything involving me. This is David O.D.B. Baker, and I know you know him too. I know you don't have issues with him like I do, but uh, he has an interesting offer, and I, you know, I have to cover this, even if I, I don't like the guy, I have to cover this. 
he has an interesting offer to reverse sell pieces of his World Series. When I say reverse sell, instead of uh, the normal thing where you're buying a piece of him and hoping he wins and you get a piece of it, here you're buying pieces of him and hope that he loses, where you get paid if he loses and you pay him if he wins. It's a reverse. So at, at 1.4 markup, which, of course, if, you, if it's a reverse sell, the higher the markup, the better for you. So I'll talk about that and why, despite the fact that it seems like a great deal for the buyer, why it's probably not a good thing to do. General topics. I have become a Bitcoin speculator and not even on purpose. I've become an accidental Bitcoin speculator. I've become like an accidental investor in Bitcoin, something I never thought I would invest in. I kind of got forced into investing it. I'll, I'll explain what happened there. I want to talk about two airline and airport related topics. If you have been to the airport anytime this year, you would probably notice that the lines to, to go through security are horrendous. It's not like it used to be. It's gotten much, much, much worse. I'll explain why and talk about uh, why these need to be changed. And It's a terrible situation. You really should avoid flying at this point unless you, it's somewhere you really have to fly to. And uh, also, back in the 60s, when people flew on airlines... And it was much more expensive then compared to today. That was when they could actually uh, discriminate and hire only hot weight, uh, hot stewardesses. Yeah, that was one of the upsides. That, that was fantastic. That was one of the upsides is that you got to uh, <laughs> you could stare at the hot stewardesses the whole time. They were all hot. There were no guys. It was it was all young. Even in like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, young pretty women, and then then it uh, no longer. Now you have males oh, stewards. Yeah. You have you have a lot of uh, old I, old stu- stewardesses. That the, very few of them are hot these days. But oh, I can't, I can't tell you how many times it's been like an elephant stampeding down the aisle trying with that drink <laughs> cart. Man, it's yeah. awful. So the but there's a, another change that's happened that seems to be more and more becoming uh, the case, and that people are dressed worse and worse on airlines, where it, it used to be people like used to actually get dressed up to fly, almost like they're going to a, a party or or, uh, or or like almost like they're going to the opera or something. They're all dressed up like they're going out on the town to fly. It was like a big deal. Uh, then eventually, as that you know, the seventies and eighties started to change, where people they weren't dressed up, but they weren't dressed like they uh, they just got up in the morning. They, they were dressed like uh, uh, just kind of like they're just going out to the store or, or maybe uh, going out to a casual dinner. Now now it's gotten where people dress in all kinds of strange and sometimes inappropriate ways. And, and airlines are starting to fight back and deny boarding to people who are dressed inappropriately, usually from a uh, sexual standpoint, where if, they, if they're showing too much skin or wearing oh something that looks God. like 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 a. This isn't going to be about Dr. Jacqueline getting on a plane with her titties hanging out, is it? No, but I could see to that get being. The ride? I could see that being another story soon. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, we're going to talk about that. Whether the airlines are right to finally put their foot down and say no more, enough is enough. You're not going to get on a plane looking like you're wearing your underwear. So we'll we'll talk about that, and that'll be the final topic. You never know what else will come up, though. Like last week, we uh, we spent some good time on the Jacqueline Moscow story, which at the beginning of the show I didn't even know about, and then people started sending me links during the show saying. You got to take a look at this, and then I read it for the. I had no idea what it was about. I just read it on air, and you guys heard it at the same time. I was reading it for myself the first time, and we talked about it. So the, things just tend to happen as we're doing the show, and uh, so those are the, that's the agenda tonight. If you call in, I know we had a call from like the seven eight zero area code. If you want to call in during the show, you can. If I don't answer, don't hammer me. 
with, with phone calls because it's uh, just going to make me block your number. That's what I'll, I'll just block it so you can never get through. So don't hammer me over and over and over again. Just wait 15 minutes if I don't answer and try to call back or call as it seems like I'm finishing a topic because when I don't answer, it just means we're in the middle of something and don't want to ruin the momentum. And, and when I have tried to answer calls in the middle of things, then everyone gets frustrated. The co-hosts get frustrated. The audience gets frustrated. Everyone yells at me. It's not good. So uh, I do like taking phone calls. I, I love hearing from people, especially you know new callers that I've never heard from before. That, uh, but I, I like the old callers too. But it, when I get new callers, I'll tell you why I like it so much. It makes me feel like the audience is bigger. Like, like every time someone comes out of the woodwork and says, "Like, oh, I just found the show a month ago, and I've been listening to old old episodes. I love it." Or, "I've been listening for three years. I never made contact before. Here I am." I, I love that because I go, "Wow, I wonder if there's like a million people back there like this." So anyway, here's one of the million people from the seven eight zero. Welcome to the show. Fuck you, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that uh, we got that call. So who, who is this, please? You obviously know who this it's, is. It's Hockey Guy, right? Yeah. Okay. So are you calling to, to complain about Handicap Me? No. Okay. Shit. He can go fuck himself. Okay. <laughs> he, uh, fuck you, Handicap Guy, and I mean that one. Or handicap Me, whatever your name is. Yeah. Now, is you're, you're still in the uh, – you're still in Alberta, is that correct? Uh, I am. Yeah, so it's it's got to be nice at this time of year that it starts to warm up. I mean, Calwat too. You're you're in a cold area as well near Rochester. These are these are brutal areas in the winter as far as the the weather. And then uh, mm-hmm. it's it's got to be nice in, on I'm June first. The radio show. That's why you listen to the radio show. Yeah, like I can't. I just can't imagine that living in an area where it's so cold. I mean, it's one thing to be like colder than L.A. is, but but to be like like to, these areas make New York City look warm in the winter. Well, it's cold during the winter, but we had some 30-plus degrees already here about a month ago. So, I mean, we had a kind of a heat wave here. That's when all the fires started in Port Mac and all that. Now, when you're saying 30-plus degrees, you mean the Celsius, right? Yeah, there is. Well, okay, but this Celsius, is, like yeah, but this is the American... Yeah, we don't talk about Celsius, so this is an American show. I mean, come on, this is an American show. I, I thought you were joking at first, going, oh, yeah, it got warm here, it's 30 degrees. And I, and I go, wait a minute, he, he means Celsius, that's what he's talking about. Sorry, I, I forgot I was talking about handicap. No, look, yeah. no, I, I can actually, like, I, I actually know Celsius very well, but, but to, I have to say for most of the audience, that doesn't register with them. Like, they could figure it out, but it doesn't register with them. It's, it's mostly an American audience, let's face it here. Anyway. You want to know why I'm calling? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you know, Handicap Me wanted his money to only be used for horse or stud high-low? No, I didn't. Well, well, well you, should re- you should read your own site once in a while. Okay, well, I mean, that's, I, I, I guess I forgot about that. I apologize, Handicap Me. And, uh, you know, what I can do, Handicap Me, I, as a consolation is uh, I guess we can have one of those next week, and it won't be your money. But it has to be partially your money. We still have $50. So I, okay, mm. handicap me. I, I'm not going to refund your $100. It's too late. It's been committed. But I will, next next time, your other 50 I promise I will use it for one of those you suggested. I just, I forget these things. Where, where I was reading, honestly, was where he uh, mentioned everybody who's restricted today in the main radio thread. I know he, he probably did post about the horse or stud thing in the donation thread. It's just a lot to keep track of. There's a lot to do. You know, I don't have an assistant yeah. here. It's just me. So Ruff, you got to say, I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't I know. I don't remember, like a, a Howard letter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
I remember Handicap Me told me one time at a party. At a party? Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, sorry, Handicap Me. I mean, you're very generous in the show. I really was it was an oversight. And, uh, you know, your, your money's still being put to good use. I know, you know, maybe Nold them and hold them isn't what you intended, but it's, it's still being put to good use. And uh, I restricted all the people I'm supposed to restrict. And may, maybe he'll even re- remove the restriction on you, hockey guy. It's, uh, I can't guarantee that, but I, I lobbied for you. Are you at least happy I lobbied yeah. for you? You lobbied for me. Oh yeah, okay. No, I did. I was. I, look. Oh yeah, you went way out there for me there, Drop. No, I, I I did. Listen, way listen, out there. L- listen, listen. You can read the radio thread. Look, everybody I else. Read the radio everybody, thread. everybody else. He he restricted, including Mumbles Badly, right. who I have no problem with. I said I understand the rest of them. I understand why you're restricting all these other guys, including Mumbles Badly, who I don't mind. But hockey guy, I don't agree with that one. I think he, he was never bothering me like you said he was, and I it, I can't. I'm not going to force you to, but I am suggesting that you don't restrict hockey guy. I don't know how much more I can say other than than yeah, changing the rule. I, I was actually doing a bad job of bothering you because I was I was actually trying to piss you off. But oh, you were trying to. But, now you're you're undermining my case. My case was that you were. But, it, but you wouldn't go for it. I guess next time I have to bring up that you're not aging gracefully or something. Yeah, that's not yeah, true. Maybe that'll do it. You can try. You can try. Yeah. But anyway, I, another thing here, I was I was actually going to put a, a bounty on that uh, what's his face on handicap me. That, yeah, but that wouldn't be as much fun. I'm going to put a sixteen dollar bounty on myself. Oh, is that for today here? That? It's for today. Yeah, for tonight. Okay, well, okay. So everybody, if you're going to join the free roll just because of the bounty, it's too late. But if you're already in. Then uh, knock out Hockey Guy, and he'll give you $16. Are you going to send this to me, or are you going to pay it yeah, to them directly? I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah, send it to me. You, you have yeah. my, do you have my PayPal yet, or don't say it on here? Uh, but yeah, you, I got, um, The new one. Yeah, I sent, you, I sent you money. Okay, okay. I sent you money on the new one. Okay. Okay, and th- and thank you. And, and another thing, that, that stupid fuck handicapped me, he actually questioned whether I've donated all, my money, all the money that I've ever won on the site back. Yeah, to my knowledge, I, did, I, did, I didn't keep track of it, but from what I remember, what yeah. And, and you've you've also donated money just outright, where you've just sent money. What a so. Fucking douchebag. Well, you both don't. You know, you've both donated a lot of money here to this uh, these free rolls. I'll, I'll give you that, and uh, I appreciate that. I think it's uh, very nice of you guys to do, and that uh, you know you guys have given to the site and not taken from it, and I, I think that's that's great. So that's I, I give credit to both of you for this, and. Uh, so I know, I know you two are having a dispute here and don't like each other, but I'm just saying that uh, both of you, I, I will say to Handicap Me, yes, ho- Hockey Guy has, has donated money back. He's donated money of his own that he didn't win. He just you know said, here's money. I'm donating it. He's done that a number of times just like you have, Handicap Me. So uh, both of you guys have been very generous to this show, and that's that's a fact. I'm not just you know saying it to be but, nice or diplomatic. But one thing, one, another thing I'd like to say is uh, the money I donated, didn't I didn't charge back my credit card from some fucking – that I lost money on. Well, okay, that's. Uh, well, I, 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 I didn't. No, that's not fair to say. I mean, he he did do that, but uh, that's not where the money came from. He was he was he's been donating yeah. a lot of money since then. So that's. If you want to criticize him for that, that's fine. But that's that's not. It's not like he did that to pay for the donations. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking douchebag. Okay. So <laughs> whatever. A, a, anyway, anything else I can get Sixteen dollar bounty on me tonight. Come and get it. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah, except only uh, there's one. Oh, except except on no that. no handicap me, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Uh, a lot of uh, we have this this 
tension here between the donors. Hopefully, at least C Money isn't into all this. Like, at least C Money's not fighting with anybody. I'll give him that. Like, C Money just, uh, he donates and he doesn't have any disputes with anyone. He just, uh, he just gives. So, okay, uh, Trader Ruski, hello. Druff, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for joining us tonight. And, uh, Always a pleasure to have you on. And are, when are you going to be at the World Series this year, or, or are you going to be? Yeah, no, I'll be there on the tenth. Uh, okay, so not, so not too far from when I will be there. I'm three days later. I'll be coming. So yeah, and I was going to say I'll, I'll donate uh, the money that handicapped me wanted, or that uh, hockey guy wanted to put in. Then you can roll his over to the other one if you want. What What do you mean that he wanted to put in? Didn't he put in a hundred dollars? No, no, that, no. That was that was handicapped. Me put in a hundred dollars. No. Oh, okay. But you used his money for something else. No, no. I used it. what happened. It, it, I mean, you don't have to. What happened was handicapped. Me donated a hundred dollars, and I think he said something like, "Make it only for horse or stud." And then I, I just made it for no limit hold'em. So like that was the mistake. But it's not a huge deal. Like it's uh, I I would have done it. I just forgot. And then he still has fifty dollars left of his donation that I'm going to really use for horse or stud in the future. I just for some reason I just forgot that was that was. But I I did what's more important to him. I'm sure is restricting the people he wanted to restrict, and that I did do. So uh, so that, that's okay. But I'll put in the hundred regardless, and that way you can just credit. It, and then you can use it for what he wants. Okay, well that's that's, that's very I'll, nice. I'll shoot it to you. Well, thank you. you. So we have all these it. all these generous people here, and uh, it, it feels so strange because I have on this show. I have. Uh, so now we have handicap me calls. We're, we're never going to get going here. This is going to go on forever. Handicap me. Let, let's let's hear respond. Hear your response. I'll give you a chance to respond because it's not fair for me not to. But then then I've got to get the show started. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, um, like I'm not going to respond to whatever hockey guy said. I really don't give a fuck. I was calling just to say that Trederuski doesn't have to put in the hundred. It's it's fine. Like I want it to be more for like the mixed games that we have, but like you put it for no limit, so. It's it's okay. He doesn't have to play in the cash. Okay, if okay. he wants to, he can roll it to next week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's that's, that's good. And I will. Uh, and I, you know, I apologize for this. I somebody I just forgot. But we still have fifty dollars left of yours. I will make sure to do that for for a mixed game of, of whatever you specified. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Have a great show. I'll call you when I wake up in like five six hours. Okay. Good night. Bye. I drop. I feel uh, obligated to ask: Are you <laughs> keeping uh, player funds in a separate account? You know, I, I hate to admit this. <laughs> I hate to admit this, but the answer is actually no. Oh, boy. Now, it, it's true, everybody. I Even though I, I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I, I've been criticizing these poker sites, a full-flush poker, for not keeping sites, uh, not keeping their funds in a separate account, and then they end up blowing it, and then they can't pay the people who win and who cash out, and yet I will admit that the money that's donated to me, I just put in my bank account, and I don't separate the funds. And have, you, possible. have you used that money to buy, you know, like a burger for in and Out Burger? I, I actually have. I, I I have used that money before. The, sometimes the account that it's in is, it goes broke. But uh, now, oh, fortunately, okay. uh, I have enough operating funds to where I can still use that then to pay you guys. So it, it's, it is not separated. But I, I think your money's probably pretty safe here. Isn't that what Howard said too? Had enough money to keep operating? I don't know. It's starting to get a little shady. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so so let's get going here. I want to make an announcement about the show next week, and the announcement is I don't know about the show next week. It, it really uh, here's the story. Brandon is going to be playing events next week. I won't be, but he's going to be playing some events next week. In fact, let me let me look at his text so I can tell you what he's going to be playing. Hopefully, it's not a secret, and if it is, then too bad on Brandon because I'm just going to reveal it anyway. 
Right, go back to the, what he sent me with what he's playing. And, but that's not the only problem. That's, that's problem number one as far as scheduling. Problem number two is that Benjamin's mom is going away. Not, not mm. permanently, but she's going away for the week. So, yeah, he's playing the, the, the dealer's choice on June 5th, the horse on June 7th, and the eight-game mix on June 10th, and then also the horse on June 12th. So he's playing a lot of events, four events in a week. So those days he's totally unavailable. And then I, you know, starting June 6th, Benjamin's mom is going to be gone for the entire week, Monday through Friday. And the reason that matters is because I I can't just go do this show at a time like this because then there's nobody to watch five-year-old Benjamin. I can't just say, go go watch yourself. So this leaves like a double issue. So at first I was going to say, I'm just going to cancel the show next week. But I, I think what we're going to do is play it by ear. There definitely will not be a show at a time like this. It's not going to be a 7.30 show, an 8 o'clock show on, on any of the weekdays next week. I guarantee that because I, I will not be able to to do it. But I will play it by ear, talk to Brandon. Of course, it depends how he does in these events. Like if he makes a final table or something, he'll be occupied for three days. If he makes a deep but not a final table, then he'll be occupied for at least two full days. Uh, of each of these events So it, it's hard to tell with the World Series And then of course we've got this other thing So there may or may not be a show next week We'll try to squeeze one in And there may or may not be And it definitely won't be during normal hours If there is one it'll be like an overnight show And there may just not be one And I, there can't be a week a weekend one either I'm just uh, I'm doing too many things on the weekend Because that's right before I go to the World Series And I've got a lot of things to do So I, I can't do it on the weekend so it'll either be next week, like an overnight show during the week, or no show at all. Check the Twitter of Poker Fraud Alert. That's twitter.com slash poker fraud alert, twitter.com slash poker fraud alert. And uh, as soon as I know something, I will announce when the show will be. There may even be short notice. And and don't worry, if you can't hear it live, you can catch it in the archives. But it's possible we'll have to skip a week, and sometimes that happens with, during World Series time. But we'll try to squeeze something in. And I, I would say I'd make up. And and do uh, and do a makeup show, but I really can't because my schedule at the World Series is going to be very busy. I have an event every single day for like the first week of when I'm going to be there, starting from uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to get to the Rio on the 13th, and then 14th, 15th, 16th, I think all the way through the 20th, I have an event every single day. To where I'll even miss some of them if I make second days. Yeah, and that's the thing, Druff. Like, even if you do an overnight show, if you're the one taking care of Benjamin, I mean, you can't be totally shot the next day because he's going to be up early. Well, no, I can, I, he goes to school. So what oh, I do okay. is I just drop him off at school. But uh, uh, that's that, that's another thing. And then his school actually ends, too. I think on uh, Thursday's his last day. So yeah, it's going to be tough next week. So we'll see. I'll try to squeeze something in. I know you guys really – a lot of you are disappointed when we don't have a show because you've gotten used to one every week. And some people really look forward to it, and they're very disappointed, especially during World Series time. Uh, you know, maybe Caesars will do a, a great job this year and get everything right. There'll be no fail and nothing stupid to talk about. But I, I have a feeling there will be. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about, and that's why it bothers me that the first week of the World Series that there's going to be no show. Like the, mm. th- there's the show tonight, but nothing's happened yet because they just had the Casino Employees event. I bet you that if there's a massive fail from the Colossus, you're, you're going to be inspired to do a show. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the energy to do it. That's probably true. <laughs> I'll probably do that instead of sleeping one night. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, so that, just keep in mind that. Just check Twitter.com slash PokerFraudAlert, and you'll see the announcement about next week's show. 
the following week's going to be tough too because I have all those different events. I, I don't know what I'm going to do there either. It's 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 tough. Like it, it's going to be the next two weeks are going to be tough, but I'll try to squeeze in what I can. So let's talk about the World Series. It's beginning today officially with the Casino Employees event. I, I always thought there's a stupid way to begin the World Series. Just why not put the Casino Employees event? I don't know. You can put it near the beginning. Why make that the first event? It's kind of a very uh, non-interesting start. And I, I'm not putting down the casino employees, and I, I think it's fine they have that event, but that shouldn't be event number one. It's not the most important event of the World Series. It's not the most interesting event. You really need to start it off with a bang. Like starting off with a Colossus event, that would be very interesting. That would be – or start off with some high roller type event. But don't start off with uh, with a restricted event that only a small percentage of the World Series players can uh, go play. So I, I feel almost like the World Series didn't really start today because only a small percentage of people are authorized to play in it. It's a soft launch, Drew. I guess that's a way to put it. I, I just It's just a weird... Maybe that's what the point is. Maybe they want to start with that event to get the kinks out, but they never get the kinks out anyways. <laughs> why, why not just start start off with something big, you know? It's, I don't get it. I don't get why. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if they're not going to fix whatever the problems are, there's really no point. Huh? Yeah. I think it's just tradition. Like, they just start with that. They go, okay, we'll start with it again. They don't really think about why are we starting first with this. It's not a huge deal. I don't really... It's not like I'm there on the first day. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be here for 13 days anyway. But... It just seems weird to me. I've never understood that. Like, oh, the World Series started. Oh, no, it's really not. It's really tomorrow. Like, it's just it's just weird. Like, I can't even say on today's show, is the World Series really starting or is it not? Here, we, we have a very special caller on the air here. This is not just an ordinary caller, a call I have to take. Brandon Drexel Gerson, hello. Is it uh, the Fraud Show? Is it, is it live? This is the Fraud Show, and uh, and welcome. Are you, are you doing the intro or is this the real part of the show? I'm about... 25% through the intro. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting it'll be done about 10-15. Okay. No, no. It's, no we're, well, yeah. we're, we're talking about the World Series here. We're, we're past the intro. Well, yeah, I was listening. I'm in the car. I was listening on the call to listen line. Oh, good. That's, uh, it's getting exercise. I'm, I'm happy. Now, notice there was no business I, signal. You got right through. It worked, right? Right through. But it, it gets frustrating because I want to chime in, but I realize I'm just talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here you but are. You're, you're, I, I, I've only been listening for the last 10, 15 minutes, but I wanted to interject the reason why the first event now is the employees' event is because there's such a great proportion of dealers that are coming to town that will be working the World Series, okay, that are playing it, that for scheduling reasons and number reasons that they've done the math on before – it only makes sense to do it now before they start dealing everywhere. Uh, I see. I see what he's saying. Okay, so he's saying they're, they're just going to be busy. Uh, the, the, all these casino employees. Uh, but I thought I thought the Caesar. I thought the dealers couldn't play in it. That's what I'm not understanding. Well, the dealers the dealers can play in the casino event. They Caesar's employees just can't play in other events. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the one that they're allowed to. But you also have to understand that the series is, is became has become so great. And, and there's just so much going on outside the World Series that even places like the Venetian, especially the Golden Nugget, uh, others, uh, other uh, Caesars properties like Paris, they hire outside dealers just for the summer. It's not just the Rio. Yeah, I know that, yeah. yeah. So, you know, a place like the Golden Nugget where they have a very small tournament room, but they're going to have a tournament series the entire summer, 
they're bringing in 50 to 75, maybe even 100 dealers just for the series. And other rooms do the same. So before everything just gets crazy and hectic, that's why it's scheduled before all that begins. Okay, well, see this... Huh? Yeah, no, this all makes sense. I understand what you're saying, and I, I take back now. Yeah. I, I take back this criticism. I was, I was mocking the World Series, and I have to take back my mocking tone and tell the World Series, good job, you actually scheduled at the right time, and I didn't think of this detail. I, I just never knew why, and now I know. Brandon pointed it out, and the World Series uh, is, is doing the right thing. You know, it's funny. The first event I ever played, uh, I think it was 2003, maybe 2004, it was, it was actually the casino's employee event, and at that point, it was like the eighth or ninth event, and that's what the problem became. The numbers were actually very, very low. And, you know, this was still at the height of the, you know, or during the height of the poker boom, but because so many people had to work and couldn't get time off, because you got to understand, you know, when you play something like this, you're, you're, most people are, uh, I don't know, what's the term? I guess positive enough that they're going to request three days off. You're not just going to get one day off work because everyone's going to say, well, you know, I'm going to make day two. Or, yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the logic behind it, just so you can get all of it out of the way. Everyone can play. People that were scheduled to work that want to play, they can get someone to cover them because it's not like there's a lot. The series isn't in full swing. So, you know, you're right. It does actually make sense. Well, here, here's that. one question, though. What, what if people uh, – what if – casino employees who are going to be dealing for the World Series play this event, and then they make uh, day two or day three, and they're scheduled to deal Colossus. What are they supposed to do then? Colossus starts tomorrow. I mean, I would imagine... Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Ah, I, stumped, I, stumped, I, stumped, I stumped Randon on that one. I got him there. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm on Bluetooth. I would assume that there's enough coverage... Um, you know, in terms of cash game dealers, tournament dealers, that that they could they would be fine. And you know, I don't know the numbers, but I I, I can't imagine that. You know, what is it? What was the field today? Did, did you look at by any chance at Poker News and see an update? Well, they, they didn't. Do Col- many... No, Colossus isn't today. That's tomorrow. No, I'm talking about the dealers. Oh no, I haven't looked at that. I haven't looked today. So I, mean, I would imagine if years past hold true, um, there's only going to be maybe a hundred and change at the end of the day today. It's not going to be an insane large. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe 100, maybe low 200 at the most. So I can't imagine it can have that much of an impact. Well, no, that, there's got to be way more than that in the casino. I think it's like 500 no, people No, I'm in saying it. how many are left at, at the end oh, of the, the end day. Oh, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. About. Okay. And, you know, poker News is such no, a fail. I, I'm actually really, looking, I'm really, looking for the coverage of the World Series. I don't go to World Series. It's so hard to find coverage now on Poker News. Well, you just yeah. All the easiest way is go to Poker News and then scroll down to where it says live coverage. What? No, I did that. I, I did, and it wasn't there. I'm just going to go to WSOB.com. No, it's there. It's there. It wasn't showing. You know, it's me. so funny. I I I don't understand uh, why they did this, and I'll, I'll I'm not on radio yet, so I'll talk about this more when I come on radio. But I was in obviously I, I'd mentioned I was in Reno this past weekend, and you know, and, and I didn't even know it until I got there that it was that. This Jason Somerville, that Run It Up thing is is sponsored by Poker Stars and Jason Somerville. It's like one of those Jason Somerville presents the Run It Up series or whatever. Poker News was there. There's probably at least like eight to ten reporters, and they covered every tournament. And, and when I say every tournament, like at night they had like an eighty-five dollar like second chance tournament, but they literally were providing coverage, huh. writing down hands, putting on the website, and I'm just thinking. For an eighty-five dollar tournament, why? You know, yeah, it's like the old. It's like ten years ago doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest tournament they had was the main event, which was 550, and they covered that very well. But, huh. you know, I played in a, uh, what was it? I played in a uh, an eight-game tournament. It's horse with Pot Limit Omaha, Deuce to Seven, and the Limit Hold'em. And they were walking around asking people their names. And this was a $125 buy-in tournament. And, they're, you know, it was really strange. And they're like, what did he have on 3rd on Street? Or when did he make yeah. a wheel? Like, it was really odd. Like, they were trying to get the facts right. That's crazy. Which, you know, it's commendable, but Here, it was $125. I, I have a bone to pick already with WSOP.com. Something's really pissing me off right now. I'm really, I'm really angry about something. You want to hear it? Yeah. I'm, I'm really pissed. I, I'm not even kidding. I went. I mean, this this is just idiotic. This, this is moronic. I, I'm gonna, I, I might I might even email Seth Polanski and tell him I think this is moronic. I think it's moronic. Okay, I just went to go look, and this is gonna affect me too. When, when my when my relatives and friends want to go look up how I'm doing, I went to go to WSOP.com to look at their coverage of the of the event of that going the casino employees, and this pop up jumps up on my screen. First, it's, it shows it like for a second, and then it pop-up jumps up on my screen. It says, WSOP.com, sign in now to ex- access exclusive WSOP content. Either sign in with Facebook or sign in with Google. You can't even like make an account with them. You have to you, you use Google Plus or Facebook. And it says, not interested? Return to WSOP.com homepage. So I thought, okay, I'll just click on that because I don't want to sign in. I'll just, I just want to read it without signing in. So I click it to read, you know, to not interested. It takes me back to the main homepage where I can't read the updates. I signed in through my, uh, I signed in through my Tinder account. Yeah, I wish I could. I'd create one. For, so this is a joke. So to be able to read their updates of their event, you have to sign in through Facebook or Google. You can't just browse their site. What the hell is this crap? What the hell is this? I hate sites that make you sign in. Uh, to to read or do anything like it's it's annoying enough when you like read an article and you want to comment on it and the only way to comment is signing through Facebook. Uh, but at least there you can say, well, that's about so, commenting. This is not this is not poker news. You're saying no. This, this is, is WSOP.com. You cannot read uh, their tournament updates without signing in in some way. That is obnoxious. That yeah, that, that I, hurts I their can brand. Confirm that. I can confirm that, Druff. I'll give oh you. Oh my a god. Is that thing hey, from the department store? It's it's call what? Sorry, Brandon. I was oh, trying right. to trying to stay out of the mix. But uh, oh, hey, buddy, I, how are you? Good, man. How are you? I was just going to give uh, Druff a pro tip. You can do um, show web inspector on your browser, and you just click on that annoying little pop up that's blocking everything, and you can delete it, and then you can see everything without ah. signing. I mean, it's annoying, but that's one way to get around it. I mean, they're wait, they're wait, dumb enough. They're wait, dumb wait. enough to have done this in the first place. Wait, wait, wait so show, show what web inspector? Yeah, what? Uh, sorry, I, what I'm Chrome. I haven't heard of. I have Chrome. Is there? There's a web. I see. Yeah. So if you go under View, uh, there's a developer tools thing. That's I've never used them before. Okay. Let me see yep. here. So you go under View and then Developer and then Developer Tools. Oh, I right? see Developer Tools. Yeah. It's and then more, there's that little, little thing that looks like an arrow on the left that lets you click on different things on the web page. Oh, I see. Yeah. Click on it and then hit the, the delete key and it'll just go away. You hit delete. It's like... right, well, listen. You go ahead with the intro and whatnot. Huh. And I'll I'll be on in, in you know a normal fashion. Okay. I'm gonna call back the call to listen line until I get. Uh... Okay. Sorry okay. for scaring you again, Brandon. 
Yeah, this is so obnoxious. I mean, I'm, this is just ridiculous. I, I understand they want to try to integrate with social media, but this is obnoxious. I, they, to to not be, and the re, the reason this is so bad for them is they want people to be excited about the World Series. They want people to yep. to go over there and read these updates and get excited and go, "Wow, this is so cool! I can't wait to see what happens next." Whoa, whoa, this hand just happened. I wonder what's like, this gets people excited about it. Fans, it gets players excited. But let me tell you something. In general, I always advise against ever signing in with your Facebook account or other social media account to other sites because then they uh, you know, they don't get your password, but, but they start having – like Facebook will give them access to some of your stuff, your, your friends list or whatever. They, they start getting access to things they shouldn't, and I don't like doing it. I, I, just like that, uh, that song says, I'd like to keep them separated. That, that's, uh, that's what I do. I never sign in my Facebook with third-party sites. So the fact that they don't even at least let you create your own World Series of Poker.com account, you have to use one of these two social media things to read the damn site is beyond obnoxious. I, mean, they, they, I can't believe they're doing it. I'm, I'm actually mad. I'm actually well, mad. And, right and plus for like the seniors event and stuff. I mean, how many people or their friends even have Facebook? Or well, that's what I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them this. I'm, that's what I'm going to tell them. I, my, my father is in his 70s, which, you, right? you know, which, exactly. which, which, which isn't surprising. I'm 44 years old. My father's in his 70s, okay? He's actually very computer literate, but I'll tell you what he has no interest in, in the social media. And it's not surprising. A guy in his 70s is usually not going to want to get into social media. So uh, so he's very good with with, uh, with using computers as an end user, but, but he doesn't want to get a social media account, and he wants to just go on and look on how I'm doing in the World Series and look at the, the updates and see if I'm mentioned there. And, and he, he gets a kick out of it, and he, he enjoys following on there. And I'm going to tell, tell Seth Polanski this, that for people like my father, now he's just not going to be able to read it unless, unless he goes through all the hassle of creating a Facebook account that he doesn't want or a Google Plus account he doesn't want. It's dumb. It, it's shutting people out who want to be fans of the game. And, and it's, I don't know what the hell they're doing here. Like every year they're just like, oh, so stupid, and it gets me angry. Well, maybe maybe Zuckerberg's planning to uh, buy Caesars and the WSOP, and this is the first step. You never know. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, Druff. I mean, poker is popular enough, and it's on the upswing and everything. They don't need they don't need the audience, you know. I think it's on the downswing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm oh, kidding. you're kidding. Okay. Yeah. The last I'm crack being, for that one. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I, yeah I'm no, I, 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 I didn't. I know. I didn't recognize the sarcasm. I was so sitting here, so angry. I'm sitting here, just like yeah. pissed off. I'm, I'm sitting here. How do they do? Like, like, you're sitting here, deciding what to do with WCB.com. Whoever made this dumb decision, you're, you're sitting here, and, and you're deciding what to do. Hey, I have a good idea. Let's not let anyone read our updates unless they have a social media account and link it. I mean, come on. Uh, who, who actually said this was a good idea? Who thought this is the right thing to do? This is, so, this is just pissing me. I have a social media account, and I don't want to do it. Well, can't you get the same thing on Poker News? Well, they have no association anymore. Let me go see what you can yeah, see. Yeah, but I, th- I thought they still tracked the... Uh, I don't think I they can reproduce the content. The, the, oh, they don't? No, because they don't have any agreement anymore. They, they, that separated a while ago. No, it, it really is a moronic decision because they need to be making it as easy as possible for people to access the content, just like you're making it as easy as possible for people to listen to your podcast. Right. Imagine you if you went to go listen to this yeah. show and I yeah. said, uh, before you listen to Poker Fraud Alert, you have to sign in with your Facebook. Like you, you'd give me the middle finger unless you were really, really into this show. You just say, yep. forget it. I'm not doing this crap. If, he, if he's going to if he's gonna be a jerk and make me sign into my Facebook and, and have him uh, access my friends, like F him. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to listen. That's what you'd say. 
Right, right. The, but that's the, the, right in alignment with what they do. I mean, if you look at their whole social media strategy and all the things they do with Twitter, I mean, it's you know, it's it's right. It's the same thing. Uh, well, it's also. it's it's idiotic because what's going to happen is, yeah, okay, some of the diehard people are going to be annoyed by it, but they'll probably still sign in or they'll create a throwaway account or whatever. But what you're really going to turn away are the people you really want to attract, the the casual fans who will just be like, wow, oh, you know what? Fuck this. This is too much work. I'm not going to bother. Someone's, and those are the people you don't want to turn away. Yeah, someone's saying you have to put on ad block, but that, I don't, that's not going to do it because this is uh, – I don't think this pops up the same way as an ad. I think this is something like uh, – I'm not sure of, though, but I think ad block wouldn't work here. I, I can show you how to do it, but, I mean, basically you just delete something and you change one other thing and you can access it all. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm sure the workaround. It's irritating. It's irritating, and also most people are not going to be able to figure it out. No, yeah, absolutely. In fact, when, when I figure out how to do this, I'm going I'm to have to tweet out instructions on how to get around this. This is just <laughs> this is obnoxious. It's, it's obnoxious, and they shouldn't be doing it, and I'm going to tell them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email Seth Polanski and say this is a mistake, and you're, you're, you're stopping people, people's relatives who may be elderly – for, from from following the World Series, it, it's dumb. You know what, Druff? I should make a Chrome extension specifically for the WSOP that bypasses this bullshit. This, the side dish is saying here. I, I went to WSOP.com and didn't have to sign in. Todd is having a bad night. He he made it be just trolling me, but but go look at an update. Try to look at the updates of, of the current Casino Employees event side dish. And you'll see it makes you, right right at the, in the front page. It doesn't make you sign in, but if you look at the updates for a particular tournament. It'll make you sign in, and CalWatt just uh, verified this as well. Oh, yeah. So, and I, I got a independent uh, confirmation of this before I was even on air. Uh, someone else was complaining to me about it. Yeah. So, so he's saying that uh, he reads updates uh, side dish. What, what browser are you using? Uh, I mean, it's good information. If there's some browser you can use to get around this, I'd like to know that too. I tried three different browsers so far, and all of them, uh, <laughs> it pops up. Yeah, Hockey Guy just verified that uh, you can sign in on Firefox, and he also said that uh, when he tried to sign in on Firefox, it said that Handicap means not allowing him to read the site. <laughs> uh, he says he's using Internet Explorer. As I did. Well, maybe he's the last person using Internet Explorer. Maybe that's why. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Internet Explorer and check this right now. now, now well, you I know what to... that, that probably is? It's just Internet Explorer is probably such a piece of shit that it just doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah, it probably, <laughs> it's yeah. probably it, it bypasses it because it's crappy. It's, a, yep. it's one of the benefits. Uh, it's it's kind of like driving a, a really old car, which doesn't make you put on your seatbelt, so it just doesn't beep you. Yep, I'll tell you that's what it is. I'm, I'm being serious. I, I want to see what version he's what, – what version are you using? Because uh, maybe that has to do with it too. I'm on like – oh, he's right. He's, he's, he's right. Okay, everybody. Internet Explorer is the workaround. <laughs> I, I just tried it. He's totally right. I thought he may have just been trolling me. Internet Explorer, for whatever reason, doesn't support that, that, ver- that stupid pop-up. So, yeah, uh, f- Internet Explorer is not 100% useless yet. It, it's, it's mostly useless, but it's not 100% useless yet. <laughs> Seriously, go on Internet Explorer, which, by the way, if you have Windows 10, it's not easy to get to Internet Explorers anymore as they try to force you to that edge thing, which I haven't tried that yet. But if you just go to the little bar where you type in the Cortana bar, where you type the little search bar, just type in Internet Explorer and it starts. And then just go to WSOP.com and you can read the update. Wow, I'm going I'm to tell my dad that. But I'm still going to complain to Seth Polanski. I'm still going to tell him this is wrong. Maybe. I, God, I hope they don't fix it on Internet. No, I'm not going to mention Internet Explorer. Believe me, like <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'm going to keep from him. I'm going to, I'm right. just going to pretend like we didn't know that. 
But uh, yeah, they, I'm sure they'll fix it if they know it. But boy, that pisses me off. Like, how do they make these dumb decisions? That's what I wonder. Like, how do they make these dumb decisions? Who thought this was a good idea? I I know where they were going with it. Like, oh, let's let's uh, let's become people's part of people's social media where they start sharing things on Facebook, and and this will encourage them to share on Facebook once they're already logged in. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Dumb. It's it's the same guy who was controlling the Twitter account that decided this was a great <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah, the same guy who decides to troll. Yeah, the guy who was trolled on our Twitter on their Twitter account was actually a listener to the show too. Like, yeah, no, I mean seriously, because this is the kind of thing that yeah, I mean maybe some marketer that doesn't know what the hell they're doing thought it was a good idea, but this is the kind of thing that is death to attracting an audience. Yes. Right? Oh my God, this is just pissing me off. Okay, so someone just clearly doesn't understand. Yeah. What they should be doing. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm serious. You've like, got to understand ease of use. Yeah, that, that's that's. I, I stress that on this site. I stress on this site here, especially with this radio show. So I, I know what a pain in the ass it can be to listen to internet radio. I, I have internet sh- radio shows I want to listen to sometimes, and they become such a hassle to do it. I say, screw it. Like they don't support yeah. listening on on the smartphone, or or it's right. or it's the reverse where it's only the smartphone, or you have to get some obnoxious app that only that, that's that's very buggy and, and and takes up a lot of room and crashes. And I, I'm like, this isn't worth it. So. So yeah, I, that's that's one of the number one tenets of designing something like this is you want the barrier the barrier of entry to be very low. Right. You want anyone and everyone to be able to get at this. Concept. Yes. Yes. You don't you don't want anyone to want to use your product and then get frustrated trying to use it and quit. That's that's a disaster. So that's what a stupid decision. Okay. Let's let's go on. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just angry. Everybody. I'm just I'm just angry at this. I'm I'm in awe at the idiocy, to be honest with you. But you know, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. Yeah, it actually gets me angry because I just I picture people wanting to follow. I actually have a number of older people in my family that they have an uncle that follows me. My dad, uh, you know, I have a number of older people I know that want to follow this that have no social media presence, never will, don't want to. And we'll see this and say no. Now, maybe my dad will—he'll do it because I'm his son, and he—you know—he'll—he'll he'll go through this extra step. Most of the others are going to say, "Screw it, it's not worth it." It, it gets me mad. It gets me mad just not just about me and my family, but everybody else who's in this situation. There's going to be a lot of players at the World Series who have older people that want to follow them. Uh, parents, uncles, aunts, whatever—that that are not going to be able to because of this stupid reason. Ugh. Okay, so uh, moving on about the World Series, it's uh, it's starting. Uh, Colossus is starting tomorrow. If you're in Vegas right now, I would suggest you do not go down at the moment and register for Colossus. You're probably going to see a, a horrendous line. I, I don't know for sure, but I, if the past is any indication, at, at 9.15 p.m., it's not the right time to go down the night before a massive event like this and go register because you're, you're going to have a massive line. Unless you're a Diamond or Seven Stars member, and then you can just walk into the Diamond room, and that will not be a big line. But the, the regular line, I would suggest not even trying it this time. If, if you want to play, I would suggest going there 3 a.m., 2 a.m., even 4 a.m. if you're still up. Of course, uh, the event begins at 11 a.m., so you probably won't stay up that late. But whatever the latest is you're going to stay up, the last thing you should do is go down and register, because I think it'll be the quickest then. And you don't want to stand on a long line now. And definitely don't do it tomorrow morning. You don't think I'm going to show up at 10 a.m. and register. No. No, that's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a, an obscene line tomorrow morning before the event. So you, you do not do it in the morning unless I mean this, like, unless you mean the super early morning, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. That's fine. Uh, do not do it at 10 a.m. for an 11 a.m. event. Some 11 a.m. events, it's fine, but, but not this one. 
Not this one. You, you've got to take care with this one. And uh, something else you need to understand about Colossus if you're going to play it, and that is to make a lot of money on it, you have to do very, 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 very well. And I can't stress that enough. The bigger the field is, the deeper you have to get to make any kind of real money, especially on a small buy-in event like this. When it, if it's a $10,000 buy-in, you can say, okay, even if I make eight times my buy-in, I've done pretty damn well. I've made you know 70000 But if, for a $565 buy-in, unless you're a low-limit player to begin with, if you spend a few days and, and, and get $1,100 when you've already spent five sixty-five, so you profit you know, 500 something dollars it's not very exciting. So... The, the bigger field events, the bigger they are, the flatter the payout. And that's always the way it is. That's just the way the math works out. Why? Because they have to spread the payout among more people. So the very simplest way to think about this is, let's say you play a heads-up sit-and-go, a two-man tournament. In that tournament, one guy gets 100% of the prize pool, yeah, minus the rake, of course. The other guy gets 0%. So the, the only person who cashes gets 100%. That, that's the steepest payout you can possibly have. The flattest payout is a huge event because they have to spread it out over more people. So if there's 100 people in the event, well, they pay about 10. Well, that's still uh, still there. They, the, 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 there's only 10 people to split the money uh, between. But, but when there's 2,200 people, there's, they, let's say they get 22,000 again like last year, they have 2,200 people to pay. So they have to spread out the entire prize pool among 2,200 people, and that makes it flatter. That's just the way it works. So for that reason, getting uh, deep, even very deep, doesn't guarantee you that big of a payout. You have to get really, really, really deep, like final table deep or very close to the final table deep to really make some big money there. So when you have a huge event with over 20,000 entries and you have to make it close to the final table to, to make any kind of big money, that, that's kind of depressing. That's why I'm not playing, in fact, because I, I realized this last year. And I go, crap, <laughs> this, this sucks. Why was I even doing this? I didn't cash, but I wouldn't come close to cash. I busted day one, but that's not the point. So my, the reason I'm saying this is that your play style, unless it's just really important for you to cash, your play style should actually be fairly aggressive in this one to give yourself a chance to get really, really, really deep or just go home. Because you, unless you're, again, unless you're just trying to cash for the sake of cashing, for the feeling, of, oh, I cashed in the Colossus. But other than that, uh, the problem here, let, let's say you just barely squeak into the money. You just barely make the money. You, you're very conservative. You make sure to just barely get the money and you're very short stacked. The chance that you're going to go from a tiny stack into near the very, very end of the event is just about zero. It, it's one thing to come back from a super short stack and be... 18 people left. It's another thing to come back and beat 2,200 people left. There's just too much that has to happen. Because even if you re- recover, even if by some miracle you get your tiny stack up to average, then you've still got a huge task ahead of you beating the remaining 2,200. It's like entering a whole new tournament. With, with tougher players, of course, because you only have the, the, the 10% remaining who are going to mostly be the better players in the field. So it gets very hard in a tournament like that to make it all the way to the end. So I, I would take a more aggressive style in this if you're going to play it. That would be my suggestion. And I didn't approach it this way last year. 
I should have. Probably wouldn't have mattered. In fact, it wouldn't have mattered because I remember a hand, a hand that I would have, if I took an aggressive stance, would have played a lot more aggressively. I, I would have uh, had like a big draw and, and bricked it. I remember that. There's some huge draw I could have had where I, if I was playing the strategy, would have gone all in. And then the guy would have called me with like top two and I would have lost. So I guess it would have been the same result. So that's beginning. Uh, also keep in mind, if you're going to fire a number of bullets at the Colossus, because you can enter a number of times, I think six flights or something this year. Is that what they have? Six or eight? How many, do you know how many flights they have? I think it's five or six. six maybe it is six. Last year was four. Maybe it's six this year. I think it's six. It yeah. probably is six. If you're going to enter these a number of flights, keep this in mind. Because I, I know what some people think. They, they enter the first flight. They get a good table full of fish. They bust. They go, oh, man, that was, that was such a good table. Too bad I can't just come back. Well, I'm going to enter again with another table full of fish. There's a lot of value in that. Well, yes and no. Here's the problem. The more you invest in this event, uh, the harder it's going to be to even recoup your money because, because of the very flat payout structure. So while you can you can kind of treat it as two two separate tournaments, and I, you can't. I mean, technically, you can say that if you uh, if you've busted out and re-enter, uh, it's the same as entering an identical tournament that would follow it. But another way to look at it is that you keep investing money in something that it's very hard to cash for like like six times. Let's say you enter all six flights, it is going to be very hard for you to cash six times the buy-in, very hard. So just to break even at that point is going to be very tough. So you may want to keep that in mind that when you're entering a second, third, fourth time, that your chance of breaking even is getting uh, lower very quickly. Even a lot lower than other ones where you can enter several flights. Because uh, the path from min caching up to several times more than min caching is a lot more difficult than in other tournaments. Uh, to contrast it with a small field tournament like the 10K Limit Hold'em, which I'll be playing, you cash that one, and then you hold on while a few more people bust, and, and very quickly you move up the pay scale because it's a small tournament because usually they only pay two tables. So it goes from min caching to final table after nine people. So... If you, I'm not saying you should just wait for them to bust, but I'm saying if you if you manage not to bust for those nine people, and they fall off, well, there you you've, now you've just really moved up big time in the in the money from the min cash. Whereas nine people in the in the Colossus event means nothing. It'll happen a lot faster, but but it's not the same. It's going to be a long time for you to multiply your your cash by several times. In fact, instead of just Talking in generalities, what I'm going to do on Internet Explorer, because that's all I need to use. I'm going to go here to the Colossus. I'm going to look at the uh, the structure sheet. And let's see if it'll show it here. Produce the show during the show, as usual. Let's see here. Does it say? No. It doesn't say how they're going to break out the pool. Yeah, last year with twenty-two, with what, like twenty-two thousand something people, the winner, his name is Cord Garcia. He won a whopping six hundred thirty-eight thousand eight hundred eighty. <laughs> now, now this year they're they're not repeating that same dumb mistake. They're giving a million guaranteed to the winner. This is another boneheaded mistake. So so la- this is the first year they did it last year. This is the second year. Last year was the first year. Okay, 
So last year they do it. They get 22,000 people. It was actually more than they expected. Not by a whole lot, but by you know, somewhat. So I understand there's the growing pains. There's the holding an event of that size. Nothing's going to go perfectly. I'm not going to say if I ran the event, it would, it would have gone perfectly. It, it wouldn't have. There's too many things you have to consider that you've never dealt with before. But but here's here's where the, the, the stupidity comes in. So they enter the numbers into the computer, and the computer spits out what the payouts are going to be. And, and nobody stops to go, wait a minute. Everyone's going to be pissed off when they see a 638K for the first place with a 22,000 entry tournament of 565 each. Like, like no one stops for a second and goes, wait a minute. The, the prize pool is, is more than 10 million, more than 11 million. And, and we're giving 638 for the first place. Like, like uh, we, we don't stop for a second and go, wait a minute, everyone's going to be pissed. Nope, we're just going to put it out there. Or final table, ninth place gets 67,000. No, nobody cares about that. Like, they, they just think it'll be fine. They just go, oh, the computer says that. We're going to put it out there. Like, they, they could have modified it. They're not a slave to the computer. The computer's not the boss. They are. But they put it out there. Everyone gets pissed. And then they go, oh, then they try to defend it. And then, you know, they correct it this year, which is great. But you, you've got to have the common sense to, like, when you see what the computer spits out on a new event, you've got to take, like, use a common sense approach and say, is this really right, or, or do we have to do something to change it? Is it going to get everyone angry? If yes, then change it. So, to their credit, they changed it this year, but they, they didn't have to wait till this year. They could have done it last year before announcing the, the prize pool. Now, once they announce it, they're stuck on it. Because once you announce it, you can't change it after that because people can claim they changed their play based upon the, the prize pool. So you can't change it after you announce it. But they, they should have caught this before they announced it. And uh, so this year, it's a $1 million guarantee. It doesn't say what it'll be for second or third, and I, I can't see how they're going to pay each place, but uh, that's my suggestion. Now, let's talk about some things that I'd like to see changed this year, which probably won't change. First of all, the Rio needs to have more food options late at night. It's If you finish an event after 11 p.m., which will happen frequently, a lot of events begin at 3, so you can imagine you'll be playing after 11 even without caching, you'll often be playing after 11. So you get done with your day one. You say, okay, I'm hungry. Time to eat. Time to have something to eat here after this long day of playing. You go back to your room at the Rio. You go, okay, time to call for room service. Nope, it's closed. (laughs) You say, oh. How fucking stupid is that? I mean... They've got a captive audience of people that are going to want food, and they're not selling it. Yeah, they they they, they were just working with the, the rules of the rest of the year when the Rio's dead. Like, oh, the Rio's always dead, so we're, we don't need room service after 11. Yeah, except during World Series time when it's the opposite of dead, when it's sold out. So then, yeah, for, Forget about the $8 Gatorades or whatever. Yeah. Think about how much money they could make selling this shit. Yeah, so then, so then room service is closed. You go, okay, well, I guess I can walk downstairs. Okay, um, the, the American bar and grill, I'll just go down there and eat. So you go down there, which is their, their version of, the, of like, a, a cafe you go down there that's also closed <laughs> I think after 11 or midnight so so you you finish your day one that starts at 3 p.m. and you cannot go to any restaurant or get room service the only thing that's open is this awful thing they call the deli and you may think oh a deli's not bad you know get a pastrami sandwich no 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 it's not a real deli like that. They call it a deli, but that's a misnomer. It's a, they make some kind of some crappy fried food and like some crappy pizza. There. That's, that's pretty much all they do. It's a, you can you can get better food from a Seven Eleven than you can from that fucking deli. 
Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so, 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 and the line is obscene, as you might imagine, because it's literally the only option to get food in the entire Rio at that time. Late at night. I mean, Druff, it's, it's almost like a, a baseball stadium that refuses to <laughs> sell beer or food to anyone after halftime. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, whatever. How, how fucking dumb is that? They've got a captive audience and they're not selling food. Yeah, it's it's obscene, and and like all they have to do is say, okay, the Rio will will maintain these hours for all these restaurants in our fairly bit dead hotel, except during the seven weeks of the World Series. For these weeks, we're gonna have twenty four hour room service, and the American Bar and Grill will be open twenty four. How hard is it to do that? I, I, so maybe they changed it this year. I can't say for sure, but uh, well, you know what? What am I saying here? Of course, I can say for sure. Hang on a second. Where's I can, what am I talking about here? I'm, I'm acting like I'm helpless to check on this. I'm not helpless to check on this. I'm not helpless to check on this. I've, I've got to remember. I'm not just having a conversation. Thank you for calling the Rio All Suite Hotel. I can and make casino. phone calls. For room reservations, please press 1. No. For restaurant reservations, please press 2. Hmm. For the box office, please press 3. For all other inquiries, Please remain on the line, oh, and you will be connected to the hotel operator. I don't want reser- reservations because that's a different – it's like off-property. Like, they don't know very much, so. Transferring to an attendant. Oh, come on. That's, One moment, please. That sounds like so, like, early 90s. Transferring to an attendant. Thank you for calling Rio All Suites Las Vegas. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. <clears throat> Thank you for calling Real Las Vegas. This is my semester call. Uh, hello, Colonel Nigel Fabergé here. Uh, I'm going to be coming to the uh, the World Series of Poker tomorrow, and um, I've got some questions about the the food options that I have the restaurants on property. Could you could you answer those for me? Yes, of course. All right. Like so, so so last year I, I played the World Series, and uh, I got to the end of a day one at about two in the morning, and uh, so I said, "Oh, I'm famished right now. I'm going to." Um, I'm going to go up to the, uh, the to the room, and I'm going to order room service. So I, I called up for room service, and it says it closed at 11 p.m. And I said, oh, bollocks! How, how could there be no room service at 2 a.m.? So is it still true that the room service ends at 11 p.m. over here? That's absolutely true. Ah, oh, bollocks. All right. So, it's, op- it's open from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then it resumes hours again from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Oh. Because we have restaurants or establishments downstairs that uh, serve food. Okay, so that, now that's what brings me to my second point. Um, after 11 p.m., if, if room service is not available, as you say, uh, if I say yeah. I wish to go to the American Bar and Grill or any other restaurant, is it true that nothing is open except for that deli that's over there that's not really a deli? If, if you cannot get a pastrami sandwich uh, in the middle, it's not really a deli in my opinion. But uh, is that the only thing open after 11? After 11 o'clock, we have we have a Chinese restaurant called KJ Dim Sum. They stay open daily till 2 a.m. And then, say, after 11 o'clock, though, depending on which day, such as the weekend, the weekend will have such later uh, dates, say, for the uh, American Bar and Grill. But for everything else, it's going to be just the sports deli. All right. So, so how on the weekends, how late is the uh, American Bar and Grill open? Let's see. On the weekend, it extends till midnight. All right. See, see, see this, is, um, this is my issue here. And I know, I know you're not the, the individual deciding this, but um, uh, wouldn't it make sense, at least during the World Series time, to, to leave establishments like that open 24 hours a day and having room service 24 hours a day? Because otherwise, it pretty much just leaves you with, with some Asian dim sum, and, and, so, and that's only till 2, and, and, and the sports deli, which, to be honest, is, uh, is not very good. So uh, you don't have any kind of real food options late at night, and yet these, these World Series events go quite late. So this, is, this was 
was my problem here. I, I almost felt like um, bringing in some uh, some tea and, and scones from England all the way on the, on the plane because I, I, there's so few food options here. I clearly agree with you. No, there's, I you know, there, there's, there are many things that is quite questionable about how they operate room service at other properties. Other properties are open from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., even uh, limited, even far more limited options. I don't understand this. And it's no, it's no, it's it truly is baffling. It's just baffling. Well, I'm, I'm glad. You know, thank you for your honesty in the matter. And um, yeah, so I, I know you, I'm not going to yell at you about it. And I know you're not, no, not no, no. you're not the one making the decision. I just the uh, the brain trust involved here would say, you know, during the World Series, it's a bit different than the month before the World Series. You know, so if you have all these people here that need food late at night, you should have uh, options willing to serve them. But all right, thank you very much for the uh, information. Uh, tally hope, pip pip, and the, let's get on with it. Thank you. Have a good holiday. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good holiday. What? <laughs> Oh, he means for the. Oh, you mean the holiday? I, I should have caught that. He means a holiday like uh, traveling over there from from England. Well, that's that, that's funny. Even the the operator agrees with me. Well, uh, it's the same crap. Nothing's changed. So that's that's our answer. I, I don't know so why. So ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I mean, really, it's fucking retarded. I, I I thought they like money over here. I thought they want to squeeze money out of the player. Isn't this a good way to squeeze money out of the players? Is give them ways to order food from you from your expensive restaurants i guess not idiots all right so uh that should be changed as i'm sure even the operator agrees Uh, another thing that uh, i'd like to see changed and uh this isn't a big deal and i and i come prepared so i don't need it but if if your cell phone is running out of juice and by the way uh, I did say juice there and not Jews, so hopefully Jacqueline Moscow doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> but uh, if your cell phone's running out of juice, which which happens very easily in the World Series, let me tell you what happens. Your cell phone is constantly like uh, adjusting how much power it's using. If if it's just on standby, basically doing nothing and has a consistent signal, it it uses very little power. If if you're doing something like streaming video, it uses a whole lot of power and runs down the battery very fast. If you're on the phone, it, it, it runs down but not as fast. If you're browsing the web, it runs down but not as fast. So it, it's, it's not the same thing. It's not like where you have a TV on and no matter what channel you're watching, it's the same amount of power being used. So the reason I'm bringing this up is that in, even if you're not doing anything with your phone, sometimes competing with all these different devices there to get, just to get a signal, sometimes it will run down the battery even faster in, in a room like uh, the tournament room at the World Series where there's thousands of people. So I always bring a portable battery. And, uh, and a portable battery allows you to uh, charge your phone without having to plug into a wall. And I'm talking about getting like a big one, not one of those crappy little lipstick-looking ones that uh, barely do anything. You need, you need to get like a big fat one that's not all that convenient to carry but is good for the World Series because you're just sitting there at a table. And those, those can last a long time. But if you don't have one of those, you may find your phone is dead. And, and something I saw last year was that they do have – Phone charging stations, which is a great idea. You know, people can recharge their phone during the break. Except you need to pay $5 for them. <laughs> this is stupid. This is stupid. Again, they're just making the experience there unpleasant for those who are playing. They should provide this type of thing for free. Provide a cell phone charging station for free. It's not very expensive. Even if you just want to buy a bunch of cell phone chargers and stuff them into an outlet somewhere, people can use I mean, It doesn't have to be something fancy. But don't charge people $5 to charge their phone. It's, it's outrageous. 
uh, or, or even buy a lot of these portable chargers and sell them at, at not a big markup and have people buy those. That would be a good thing to sell there. So they, they should give away that type of thing, you know, the charging, that is, for free, not a charger. I, I indirectly know a guy that runs those things, and I, I think he makes pretty good money from yeah, them. Yeah, probably. Um, another thing I'd like to see changed is better communication when tables are changed, starting tables. Sometimes you will get over to the table you're assigned, and they make you feel like you're a moron. What will happen, let's, you, you're, you're, you get your tournament ticket, which is a physical ticket you're holding, and it'll say something like, uh, Amazon room, table 365 in the blue section. So you go, okay, go to the Amazon room, you go to table 365 in the blue section, you show up and, and you, you feel like a moron because everyone's sitting there in the middle of playing. You're there like five minutes early, and everyone's in the middle of playing already. You'll go, what? And you look down at your ticket, and you see you're at the right place, and everyone looks at you like, what the hell is this guy doing here? The table's full. You know, there's no seat for him. You feel like you're late and you don't realize you're late. You feel like you've, you've, you almost feel like you were invited to a party, show up, and everyone's asking you, what the hell are you doing here? It's kind of like that. It's kind of like the way uh, Jacqueline Moscow said she felt when she went to Poker Night in America. <laughs> so this really happens. And, and so what's actually occurred is that they have changed your starting table, and oftentimes the dealer has not been informed of it. Or if the dealer's been informed, he forgot or isn't even registering when you're just standing there not knowing what to do. Uh, also, oftentimes, they, yeah, they have no idea. I've had it where I'm wandering around aimlessly, and I can't find anyone to explain it to me. And I can't find the floor. If I, don't, if I find the floor, they don't know what's going on. And finally, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's actually been moved over there to the other side. Or they, and then you'll see, like, on the way other side of the room, they, they've moved you, you know, from table 365 to 412. Things like that. And there, there's no clear indicator. This, I once showed up late, not late, but I once was late to the main event because they did this to me. And there was no one to explain that. There was no one who I could find that could tell me where to go. By the time I found the right place to go, only because they didn't tell me where to go, I was 10 minutes late. Uh, my stack had blinded down. Not a lot, but a little bit. I demanded those chips back, not from the people who got them, but just to add them to the tournament. And they refused. And then... Uh, same thing happened to Vicky Corrin. She sat down at the table next to me, and she was pissed off too. And she, she says oh, she's about to complain. I said, "Don't bother." I already tried to complain to the the supervisor of the floor man, and he he told me, "No way, f you." So uh, they just they have a very hard time instructing people where to. They need to have real clear signs and say, "If you are here for this event, go to this spot." It's something very clear, very obvious. They need to have maybe a paper each dealer has to hand out to everybody. They can't just like. Change it and then expect the dealer to, to tell you and to notice that you're standing there and to remember everything that was told to him. It, it's a mess. And then they bring in a new dealer who doesn't know. The whole thing's a disaster. They've never gotten this right in all the years they've done the World Series. And every year this happens to me at least like twice. So uh, I've also had a show for day twos and your table is a cash game or your table is, is, is another tournament. And then again, you, know, you have no idea where to go. So they, they have that problem. Uh, another thing I'd like to see changed. The bracelet ceremony. I hate the bracelet ceremony. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll feel this way even if I win another bracelet. When I won my bracelet, there was no ceremony, and I was fine with that. It, even if I win another one, while I will you know, enjoy being presented the bracelet up there, if they did away with it, I, I wouldn't be upset if, if I won. I go, oh, there's no more bracelet ceremony. Like, I, I think the bracelet ceremony is dumb, but if they want to have it, fine. But the worst thing is that they have it after the first break of a early day event. So like they start an event at noon and 
at 2 comes the first break. And you get back from the break at 2.20, you're all ready to play poker. Nope, you've got to wait another 10 to 15 minutes while I do the bracelet ceremony. And it's just brutal because you don't want to wait for this. Like, this is, you've already waited 20 minutes through the break, which you don't always need, depending on the bathroom, how, what the lines are. Like, you don't always need that 20 minutes. You're chomping at the bit to play again, and then you're stuck waiting for the ceremony that you really don't care about. And, and also, because they split it up into so many different rooms, the World Series, the ceremony is only taking place in one room. It can't be a few places at once. So you're just stuck sitting there while the one room that has the ceremony completes. So I suggest what they do is they do the bracelet ceremony during the break because there will still be plenty of people in the room. You know, let people stay in the room. You make them leave the tables, but you, they can stay in the room. Do it during the break, or at least start at like the last 10 minutes of the break. And then whoever's there you know, waiting to start again, they'll see it. But, and if it runs a tiny bit over, fine. But, but to start it when the break's over just delays it so much. And, uh, and the most tilting thing is when you had a bad first two hours and you're down to a very short stack. And you think, well, this sucks. You know, now I've got to sit here for the 20-minute break and think about my terrible start and come back to a tiny stack, but okay, whatever. So the 20-minute st- ends, you know, you're ready to just come and get it in with some kind of decent hand, you're dealt preflop. Nope, you've got to wait now 10 to 15 minutes while the bracelet ceremony is being done. You just come on, let's get it over with. Let's, let's just play my little stack here. You just, you just want to get started. And uh, they should not hold up the events for the bracelet ceremony. It, it, they're like forcing everyone to watch it. And, and when I say everyone, you can't even watch it if you want because it, it, a lot of the rooms can't even see it. That's just a dumb thing that they're doing. I, I always found that the bracelet ceremonies were super, super awkward, too. You know? Yeah, they, they, are, they are awkward a lot of times. Like if I was, I mean, obviously, if I won a bracelet, I'd be thrilled. But it, it just seemed really, I don't know. Well, not only that, but they they do that stupid national anthem thing for whatever country wins, and of course, it's mostly U.S. players winning, so they play the national. Anthem. Now they used to be yeah. so stupid when they had a few in one day, they would they say, okay, well, this person just won. They're from America. Now it's time to play the American national anthem. They play it, and then like, oh, this person won. He's from America too. Let's play the national anthem again. So they they sometimes play like three national anthems. <laughs> And so, so finally they, they wised up and now they never play one country's anthem more than once in the ceremony. But like if three different countries won, you have to listen to the American anthem and the Canadian anthem and the, the, the Sweden anthem, whatever. Like, you know, if it's, it's dumb because you're not even representing your country. Po- again, poker is an individual game. It's not a team game. You're not doing it to represent your country. You're representing yourself. And whatever country you're from is just where you happen to be from. And it's worth noting this person you know, actually lives in Sweden, this person lives in Canada, this person uh, lives in Australia. That's great. You mentioned it, but you don't have to play the national anthem. It's, it's just – and it's not like someone stands up who's from Australia and says, oh, that's our national anthem. Like they don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to stand up through this. And it's – I sometimes don't even feel like standing. Like I've been sitting through the whole thing. Now I've got to get up and, and, and take off my hat because they're playing the Australian national anthem. I don't want to do it. I'm not here for that. I'm, I'm here to just sit down and play poker. So, Come on, Druff, they're trying to sportify poker. <laughs> you tell me that if, uh, you know, the Moscow Bears win the GPL, you're not going to stand for the, the Russian anthem? <laughs> so I'd like to see that changed. Uh, I, I, I do like what they've changed with the payouts, how you're, uh, you can put yourself in, like, in an electronic queue to get your payout so you don't stand in a gigantic line. Uh, but so that that's at least been a, a improved. I would like to see them be honest, though, when you're getting your payouts about the tips. Instead of saying, "Would you like to leave anything for the dealers or with the staff?" Or they say for the staff. And I'm not telling people not to tip the staff extra, 
That's up to you if you want to do that. I'm not going to put down anyone who does that or advise that you shouldn't. But I'm saying that they need to be honest. They should say, your buy-in has had this percentage taken out, and here's your prize. So based on that, you've already given this much of a tip. Would you like to leave anything on top of that? That would be the honest way to put it. And if the answer is yes, then, then do it. Great. If the answer is no, I've already given enough, then also. So, so for example, if they are uh, withholding uh, you know, 2% for, for the dealers, I don't, I don't know what the number is this year, but it's around that. Uh, if you've cashed uh, $100,000, they'll say you have already given a $2,000 tip. Would you like to leave anything more? And and then you decide from that point. You don't want people to think that they've given zero because if you've cashed, you've given a tip. Whether you want to or not, you've given one already. So it would almost be like at a restaurant where there's that 18% forced tip for big parties and then they don't tell you about it and that's, well, would you like to tip the waitress? Well, you've already tipped the waitress 18%. Like, you know, you need to know what, what you have actually tipped. Just be honest. Don't, don't trick people. That's a, it gets me frustrated because like, uh, I, I don't like that they're trying to trick me. I don't like that they're telling me that they're implying like I haven't left anything. Would you like to leave anything? No. Uh, would you like to leave anything above what you've already left, which is this amount? That should be what they tell people. That doesn't, that doesn't affect me because I know the truth. But just be honest. I, I'm, I'm very big on honesty and transparency. And you, you can't try to you know, trick people because uh, you're hoping it'll result in bigger tips or people feeling guilty and want to leave something extra. You've got to be honest, and then whatever they think is right to do from that point, they can do. Tell you what, I would leave an extra tip if they had a fucking decent restaurant open. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that's, a, that's what I should say. Like, a, you know, I, I cash at uh, 1.30 in the morning. Would you like to leave an additional tip for the dealer? Like a, yeah, I've been thinking about it. All I can think right now is about how hungry I am. There's no way to eat. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll leave an extra tip if someone goes and gets me a burger. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go out to in and out right now and give me a burger. Yeah. And then I'll leave a tip for you. Yeah, so that's uh, – they should be honest about it. There shouldn't be any kind of trickery. Uh, that would be a great tip calculator, something to do, drop PFA to attract uh, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, if, I mean, you don't have to give the you don't have to give the specific amounts, but at least you could do something where you know if it was around, you know, thirty k you won, then you've given this much to the dealers, and they have a page that people can just refer to. Yeah, that's useless. It's useful. Yeah, because I, and I know the dealers who listen to this show. I, I get I always get a, a dealer, at least one dealer every year at the World Series, sometimes more than that, who tell me that they listen to this show. So I, I hope I'm not pissing you off. I'm not encouraging people not to tip extra. Though, though honestly, if they do, you're only going to get like a tiny bit of that anyway because you're, you know, you're, getting, you're sharing this with thousands of people. But I'm not, I'm not telling people not to tip you extra. I'm just saying that everyone should know what they have already tipped before they decide. They shouldn't tip because they're tricked into tipping because they think they haven't tipped yet. That's, that's the only thing I'm saying here. They should, everybody has to really know where their money's going. And, and I think even if you're a dealer, you would agree with that. They just, I just yeah. want honesty and transparency. Exactly. Transparency. Just like you know, if you, you buy something, you get a receipt and it tells you how much you're paying in tax. Yeah. Yeah, you need to you need to know everything and and not be tricked into leaving money that you've already left. So, uh, something else I'd like to see change. This is a big one. Some of these other things I was mentioning are just kind of minor annoyances. Another thing I'd like to see change is late registration is freaking awful. Um, now it may help me this year because there's a lot of events I want to play this year that are back to back to back to back to back, like one day after the other. And if I make a day two, I may miss them. Now if I make a day two and go out fairly fast. 
then I would be able to sign up late. And I will because you start out with a full stack. And there are some pros who actually show up on purpose late because they feel the early levels don't mean much and would rather show up with a full stack after the first few hours feeling more fresh. And they, they feel that uh, it just shaves time off that they have to spend worrying themselves down for nothing. Uh, Ronnie Barda is one who does that uh, frequently. He just shows up later. And uh, some events he doesn't play from the start, and he shows up with a full stack. There, there was an Asian girl I mentioned that showed up at the extended play no limit event, where this is the worst because they were uh, that one you, you could show up really late. And she showed up with a full stack, which made her short stack at that point, but she showed up nine hours into the event, doubled up on the first hand. She got dealt like ace-king, doubled up. And then she, she had a bigger stack than I had, and I've been sitting there playing nine hours. And she actually made it further than me. We both cashed, but she made it further than me. And I thought, crap. Uh, here I was fighting it out all this time, and she just uh, shows up with a full stack, doubles up with, with a good hand, and uh, here she is. She's almost at average stack. I thought, this is a joke. So uh, they, they have been extending and extending late registration because they want people to be able to register and make them more money. That, of course, this whole World Series is about money, so they want people to be able to come in late, and they know some people will have conflicting events and, and will have to come in later. That's fine, but you have at some point you've got to stop it, and at some point you've got to at least start blinding them out. So you, I, I think they should have two forms of late registration. There should be late registration with a full stack, and then late registration with a stack that gets blinded out at a, at, at a uniform rate, where you, you say, okay, if you show up four and a half hours late, you get this many chips taken off your stack. If you show up at... Uh, um, at, at, at 5 p.m., you get this much, you know, that, something like that. At five hours late, you get this much to take off your stack, where they just, uh, you just show up with a shorter stack, uh, even if they don't really blind it out, but like pseudo blind it out by just saying, well, you would have lost this to the blinds, so this is what you get. So, whereas people can then decide if they want to come. Otherwise, it's not fair if people can come nine hours into an event, like at the extended play no limit, and, and come up with a full stack. Because you could say, well, they're, they're coming in short stack, they're at a disadvantage. Well, not really. Because they also survived all those hours where so many people busted already. There, there is an advantage to coming in after a lot of people have busted already. And, and you're coming in and all you need is a double up to be back in the swing of things with most of the people eliminated from the event. That's a big advantage to you that you get to basically... It's like sitting here and not playing a hand the entire time and somehow not playing any blinds. That's what they're really doing by showing a blade. And that's not fair. And this also gives an advantage to people with deep pockets who just want to try to shoot for bracelets or final tables. Because if you have deep pockets, what you, you don't want to spend all this time uh, playing the beginning of an event and, and wear yourself out and waste the time. You just want to show up late, try to get lucky with a double up, and then start playing from there. And you save a lot of time on the first day. So it's not fair if uh, rich people can just show up. And I don't mean rich people who are fish. I mean rich poker pros can show up Start with a full stack, which at that point is a short stack. Try to double up. If they do, great. Now they're right in the thick of things. If they don't, okay, then they're out. No big deal. They can afford it anyway. Poker tournaments should never be about how much money you have that you can waste on the tournament. It should be about uh, everyone starts with the same thing. Everyone plays into the same rules. Everyone has the same chance. Everyone has the same advantages and disadvantages. And these, these super late registrations are screwing that up. I think that's a huge mistake. But if that theory was right, wouldn't you have 10 bracelets then? No, because I'm a cheap Jew. I'm too afraid to. Uh, I, I, you're a rich poker pro. No, I, I, I may have deep pockets, but 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 uh, it, it's it's hard to to pry the money out of those deep pockets. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I, I reach in there, I can't get the money out of them. 
the money's like actually stuck in there. I have to pry them out. You know, I, I, listen, I'm very, very sorry. I don't know if this is true. I'm, I got a text uh, after the, I hung up on the call to listen line from the 352, and it says, I heard a rumor that there won't be any radio this summer because Benjamin's mom has left Todd. Uh-oh. Well. <laughs> what is that about? Well, she is leaving. On, on mm. June 6th, she is leaving me, but, uh, but then she's coming back to me uh, later in the week. It's, it's only a temporary leave. Oh, it's a, ske- it's a schedule. Why are they thinking there's no radio the whole summer and that your baby's mother left you? Well, she's leaving on a trip for about a, uh, five days next week, and then uh, so I'm going to have a very hard time doing radio. We'll have to do like either very late at night because between your schedule next week and between I'm going to be a busy boy next. Well, I know. Week. I so, and and I won't be able to do it during the evening because of Benjamin. And then, uh, and then the following week, I will be a very busy boy. I'll have events scheduled every single day the following week. So we're going to have. And our- it says also, just so you know, Todd was releasing your secret information on radio. I, I was. That means. I, what I, is that? <laughs> I was releasing uh, the beginning of your schedule. So if people want to stalk you, they know oh, where to find you. Well, I'm just that one guy in Florida, but besides that, it's fine. Okay. That you know, one guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just released the, the beginning of your schedule. No, I was That's releasing fine. it only so uh, people could understand how it's going to be tough to do radio the I, next two weeks. I don't care. So anyway. Uh, no, wait, drop. I just want to make sure you're – Trader Ruski? Yes. What's happening, Bandit? Hey, buddy. How are you, sweetheart? What's going on? Good. good. Everything's good. Where are you at these days? Are you at home? Are you traveling? I'm in L.A. just working, and then I'll be. I'll see you on the 10th. What are you coming? You're going to be here for the what? The horse or what tournament? No, I'm just going to be there. I'm not sure what I'll play. I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. But... Doesn't your assistant handle those menial things? Yeah, he's busy right now with some events that we're doing. But, uh, you know, How's we're going to be there for Belmont. Has he got any good roles? Actor's good. No roles. But he's got some new, some new thing other than Tinder, like Bumble or something. Oh, yeah, I know Bumble, yeah. yeah, yeah. What about the other guy that you support, the one with the nice kid? But he doesn't have a job as of yet. Yeah, well, he's coming. To, he's coming. That's why he's coming with me to see if we can make you some know, money on Belmont. Did either of you guys or any of you, uh, Trader Roos, could you any, watch the show on HBO? Remember Entourage? Did any of you have to watch that show? I've heard of it. I didn't oh, watch yeah. it. Oh yeah, I watched it, it. You're like the Vincent Chase of of your crew. You're the only one with money. You pay for everybody. You take care of them. Everyone's livelihood depends on uh, you getting a four of a kind. It seems. <laughs> Trader Ruski? I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know. Well, that's good. He's he's uh, he he's contributing to the economy. He's uh, taking care of people who he does take care of people who need who need, uh, who need help. This is great. Very generous guy. He's always generous with poker fraudler too. Trader Ruski, I'll, I'll see you then in uh, what ten days? You said. I'll, yeah, the te- yeah, exactly. You want to do days. something different, maybe, and we'll eat at Spago this well, time. Yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah be- maybe we'll go. You know. Well, I got, I got to join too because different. I'm going to be there on the 13th, so I, I can wow. join as well. You know, we have a lot of dinner reservations at Bobby Griffith. He uh, still wants us to come to that new steakhouse on him at the Orleans. So That's right. Well, yeah, the, the truth is here with, with all these different listeners to the show that want to invite us to things, uh, I, I can't turn that down. So uh, it's something that uh, I'll have to find time for. Even if I have events, even if I have to uh, squeeze it in or eat, eat a few dinners in one night when I'm not really hungry – one thing I can't really do is turn down these offers for free meals. So if, if you want to take me to dinner, whoever you are out there and you're in Vegas, I will be glad to redeem that offer. 
You know how I am about redeeming offers. Okay, so. No, wait, the draft, my comment was, I just wanted to make sure your girl's not going to some girl's retreat in Huntington. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Sater, yeah, that, that trick's already been used 20 years ago. I've, uh, yeah, that's, you know, she actually, she goes on, uh, business trips, not a whole lot, but sometimes this is, this is one of them, and. I will say that at these business trips, there are – it's mostly men there. And uh, so, you know, some of them are married, but that doesn't matter. They're away from their wives. And, and she has had incidents where, where these guys have tried to hit on her. And these guys have you – know, some of them are unaware she's with someone, and some of them are aware and don't care. And they're sometimes with someone too. They, they sometimes have a wife back home, but they don't care. So uh, – yeah. They say USA Today did a poll. They say 76% of businesswomen have affairs. Oh, boy. So you're in that 24%? I, I, mean, I, hope, I hope so. Yeah, you know, it's uh, – and that's the problem is in, the, in these business environments, uh, especially the the men, but I guess the women too apparently, they, they, they get to feel like they're kind of like isolated away from the rest of their life and almost like they can do this and uh, they won't be known. There won't be any consequence. It's uh, – now, let me ask you this, and you could edit this out of the archives later. I assume you put some sort of tracking device on her when she goes on one of these things, <laughs> knowing you and your well, you know, some no, IP finder or no, something? No, no, well, actually, what's funny is uh, I actually do. You're not even, I'm not even kidding. I, have a, I can see wherever she is on her iPhone. <laughs> now, uh, there's, the, there's the Find My Friends app, which you add someone as a friend on your iPhone, and they can see where you are, and you can see where they are. And, uh, you know, it shows by the GPS the whole time. And uh, now this wouldn't be that helpful to me in these situations because if she's on a business trip and she, yeah, I know where she is, but I, I don't get to see what she's doing. I only see where she is. That wouldn't help me very much. Or if she left the phone in the room, though, and then went on a little fiasco, you wouldn't know that either then. Th- that too. But, but still, yeah. I, I see, like, if she's in the hotel, like, I don't even know what hotel she's necessarily staying at. Like, I, it wouldn't give me very much useful information. But I, I, I wouldn't expect that, that anything like this would ever happen. But I'm saying there, there have been uh, guys that have made these attempts that, that she's worked. Even when she doesn't know very well, they just figure, oh, I'm away from home. She's away from home. You know, like, they, they, they mentioned something about wanting stuff to happen. She's also had it where guys that haven't made any advances at her that their wives find out that she was there and their wives start accusing them of like messing around with her when it's not even true. They just assume that if there's a woman there working closely with them, that's that's happening. Now the 805 wants to know, is it possible that Todd and his girlfriend broke up because Benjamin's mom in gold is too expensive to put at the bottom of the pool? Too many words. (laughs) Well, thank you. 805. What I would do in that case, I, I would not break up with her in that in that situation. What I would do is I would just downgrade to silver. <laughs> I, I, that's the compromise I would use. So okay. Uh, so we threw the intro. By the way, speaking of silver, you know, back in like 1980, there was a um, there was an attempt to pretty much buy all the silver in, in the world by uh, one family, and. Uh, that sent they sent the that sent the silver value. This is back in '80 when the money was worth a lot a lot more, more a lot more than double it was than today's money is worth. It went from like seven dollars and something cents to to like over fifty, very quickly. It, it multiplied multiplied by like seven times the value silver, and and some people in my family, not my parents, but some people in my family, 
had a lot of silver when this happened to occur. Kind of like people who were holding a lot of Bitcoin when Bitcoin shot up. And also like a lot of people who held on to Bitcoin, they didn't act on it. They didn't sell it. And then it came crashing back down and they lost their opportunity to make all the money. So so they, they were very disappointed that they didn't uh, take advantage of that. I, I wouldn't have – if I watched it rocket up like that, I, at some point I would have sold and said, you know, I, I've made enough here. I, I can't risk a crash at this point. They could have realized a huge profit then. They had a lot of silver, these people. And they uh, they, they blew it. They, they could have done it. I remember, I remember hearing about this in, the, in 1980 when it occurred. I was only eight years old. I remember my parents were talking about it and saying it was a – Big mistake not to have uh, sold at some point. Now, uh, two things. Number one, I sent you a text because uh, I was on the call to listen line. I pointed out to you that if, if like most people, you're browsing the WSOP for updates on your phone, you get n- nothing. There's no pop-ups or you don't have to register through anything. Did, did you read that text? No. I, I, let me see. And then you, you, I saw you mentioned something about Netscape works too. That was a joke. Uh, okay. oh, that, that's confirmed not true. Okay. No, no, but it actually does work on Internet Explorer. And then you, right. yes, It's good the phone works though. Because a lot of people use their phones. No, the I, phone does not yeah, work. It worked for me. I just went to uh, my Google app. Well, let's solve this. I sent WSOP updates and it took me right oh, there. Maybe, it's, without... maybe the Google app. Maybe the Google app does and Safari doesn't. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. WSOP update, and then it just takes me right to the event. I click on it, and the updates. Like, look, WSOP yeah, updates. I, yeah, I, I can confirm that the. the then right away, I'm there. Okay, WSOP. so I, I can com. confirm. Yeah, so I can confirm. 40, I'm, I'm Forty-one conf- remaining. A dealers uh, dealers tournament seven or casino employee tournament. There were 731 entries, which is down a lot from last year. By the way, hmm. it well over a thousand, um, and they're at twenty five hundred, five thousand with a five hundred dollar ante. And uh, who do you think the chip leader is? Uh, Matthew Tyler. Don't know him. Uh, where does he work? I was, I, hoping, guess... I, I was hoping it'd be Chad Holloway again, but I guess it's not. Let's see if there's anyone even. Uh... Actually, what would even be the odds you'd know somebody? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I don't. I'm trying to look. Yeah, for I, I don't know what the odds. The would name be, yeah. even be. Yeah, most of them I don't know to be honest. There's uh, a flag is now the only there's only two non-Americans it seems that are being reported on one is you know, we have to cover everything a uh brit carrie jane craigie and then i don't even know if, if you can look on your phone either any of you what's the flag for the third place person tanya vujanic is that a it's not a russian flag let's see Let if it says it it's the third place person tanja or tanha i don't know it's tanya it's tanya okay tanya well i don't know how the j is yeah, it's it's, uh, it's you know think think of uh, in, in Spanish like it's not it doesn't say the J sound either. Yeah, uh, some countries it's an H, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but y, anyhow, that's y, what but... I was saying earlier. You wouldn't have to worry about a mass influx of people calling in tomorrow not working because there's only there's forty left. Yeah, I see. What you're so saying. it's only yeah. Goes, I see they go down very fast. They must have a fast structure. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. That flag looks like the Australian flag to me. Ah, you know, it's funny the year that. Uh, I played it. You started out. I only played it once, but you started out with twenty five hundred in chips. Yeah, it is, it is Australia, by the way. Oh, is it okay? And I remember it was very, very fast. I mean, I, I, even if I worked in a casino, and I wouldn't play it again under that structure. Twenty five hundred in chips, and it, it's. I think every thirty minutes the blinds went up. I mean, it was pretty speedy. 
But uh, so it's Australia. Yeah. Hmm. So she probably works at uh, what's that one big casino in Australia? I don't know. I'm forgetting what that's called. The Where Crown, they have right? Million? Yeah, Crown. Is it Crown? Yeah, it's a Crown. I think yeah, so. yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. So anyhow, what, what have we covered so far? I'm looking at the uh, agenda for tonight, just so I kind of know where we are. I can't imagine we're far. We're, no, we're, we're not. We're, we're still talking about the world. So I was just giving various uh, suggestions. Like I was talking about how the late registration is awful. No, it's unfair. So they tried to get me on that Twitter yesterday to join that Colossus. I was getting tweets telling me to reconsider and this or that and the other, but I'm I'm going to be steadfast. No, it's a waste nope. of time. I'm not doing it. It's a waste of time. David Jewell texted me. Uh, <laughs> He said, I need to be at the Colossus. Uh, Bill D, that's Skidman61. He just said, shout out to polyamorous osteopaths at Brandon Gerson PFA <laughs> hashtag. That's cute. But speaking of hashtag, if anybody is playing tomorrow, uh, you can tweet with the hashtag PFA02, and it will automatically post to Poker Fraud Alert. Uh, Poker Fraud Alert uh, user at Tom Snively. He wanted to know if the stud Annie's going to be one again. See, I told you that's <laughs> the World that's Series a, should have that. They should they should have a one anti tournament. Just the whole time it's a one anti. They should bring in one dollar tournament chips and just make one anti the entire time. That's what they should do. Yeah. Now uh, an update. You know, I don't I don't see this on the agenda. You know, there's a uh, five million dollar first place, three hundred thousand dollar buy in tournament going on at the Aria as we speak. Uh, do you know about this? No. You didn't know about this. No. It's on your site. I, I, They've been talking about oh, it for oh, oh, the, oh, the high roller tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do we have an update as to... No, I haven't really been following it, to be honest. So I know that Helmuth made the final table and... Uh, yeah, Dan Shack, something like that. Did Dan Shack make it? I know Let's Berkey see. had a big stack at one point. You know, it's funny. I, read, I don't even know some of these names on here. I guess some of them are just... Uh, High rollers. Okay, let me go and look and see. Okay, Helmy, funny enough, just got eliminated. He bought him for three hundred thousand, which I don't know this, of course, but I'd imagine he sold some of it just because he's seems pretty uh, smart about variance and money. I, I have it on good info that he does have a backer in, in these tournaments. Of course, I'd imagine he would. Um, he sold it. In, he finished in fourth. Uh, I would imagine moments ago, because it's on the front page. Of Poker news: cash for one point six million. So. Uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Even before the series starts, he'll make more of a profit than most people will make in the entire series, probably 95%, 98% plus. So the three people left, and this is the one name I, I've never heard of, Rainer Kemp, I believe. Yeah. R-A-I-N-E-R-K-E-M-P. Yeah, I haven't heard of him either. Never heard of him. Uh, he's crushing. He has 8.3 million chips. Fedor Holtz, never heard of him either. Yeah, he's a he's an online crusher. He's pretty well known. Okay, yeah, five point two million, and this guy just—I really, in my heart, I believe if someone said to me, "You can back any tournament player in the world, a big bat, you know, big buying tournament," I have a lot of money. I'm going to back this guy every time because it just seems like in all these big tournaments, he always either wins or, or, or cashes. And who would that be? In third place, I'm going to guess Seidel. Eric Seidel, like he's <laughs> such a sicko, and he's short. But you know what? I wouldn't even count him out. I mean, he's only got. A little less than a million compared to the Rainer guy with eight million. But uh, anyhow, Helmy finished fourth. Berkey finished fifth. Burn Kenny, uh, on, former online player, sixth. And Dan Shack, 
was the first to cash. I don't know what it paid, but he finished seventh. You know, I, I, Eric Seidel, I, I think I mentioned a few like two years ago, he was at uh, a, an event I was playing. I think it was uh, – Oh, he's a taller Jew than you too. Yeah, I think it was the anti-only, <laughs> something like that. And, uh, and he was – there were people who were coming up to him and discussing with him about – Investing in the million dollar one drop tournament because he claimed his quote backer fell through. I think he was referring to Guy Le- Liberté, probably wasn't going to back him anymore. And uh, they say so he was trying to get investors. And I remember Bill Chen went up to him and was discussing being one of the investors. And uh, and so I remember Seidel was discussing that with trying trying frantically to raise the money to play in that. I don't know. If I he can't imagine it'd be frantic. I mean, no, he would he, be able to get money from anyone that has money. I don't know. He was he was acting like it was it was maybe he was just putting on a show, but he was acting like uh, that. He, I mean, he, okay, look at these stats. Seriously, he's second all time on the United States money list. I guess who would be first? I don't even know. Would it maybe Antonio? I know. I, I, no, Negreanu. Antonio. Is it Negreanu? No, but Negreanu's Canadian. Oh, U.S. Yeah, it says U.S. I don't know. Who, uh, it probably no, is, I, it probably is Antonio then. Yeah. Uh, he's number one in, in New, the state of New York, which obviously makes sense. That's where he's from. He's third all time in the world, and amongst anyone in cashing, um, I don't know what. How do they? Feel, what is your popularity? Oh, that's how many people look you up. Oh, okay. Anyhow, he's cashed for almost thirty million dollars. I mean, that's insane. I mean, I know he's probably in. I mean, what could he be in lifetime in tournaments? Maybe even if he's in ten, fifteen million, it's still, you know. Yeah, still- yeah, he's obviously way up, and and but I'll say with Seidel, uh, he he really did seem kind of frantic, and I think it's because still to raise that type of money, it's not like raising ten thousand dollars to play a tournament. This is big money you've got to raise, and some people just don't want to put that much money in when with the overwhelming chances that you're just going to get nothing. Yeah, I mean, look at look at his last year and a half. I mean. It seems all he does other than WSOP is play these insane uh, – what is Hong Kong dollars in – or I, I, is HK Hong Kong? Yeah, HK Hong Kong. So what would 480,000 HK roughly be? Uh, I think it's like six to one. Let me, I'm forgetting what it is. Let me see. No, it's about, it's about uh, eight to one, seven to eight to one, seven and okay. a half to one. That's or still so. a pretty big buy-in tournament. He finishes sixth in that for 1.7 Hong Kong dollars. He plays another one of Monte Carlo for 98,000 euros, cashes for 2 million euros. This is in the last year. I mean, he's cashed. Yeah, crazy. There's another. He's cashed for about 6 million in 2015. I mean, that's just sick. And then he had that ridiculous year a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what about you? If, you? if you three could have your choosing and in, in being a backer for one player in a tournament, a no-limit tournament, who would you pick? Uh, that's my choice, Seidel. Because it's just he's so consistent. Druff. Um, yeah, Phil Helmuth would be another good one. He when he wins, uh, he he just seems very very good at these. I mean, just look at all the bracelets he's won. Look at he just uh, he he just seems to always really uh, know the right moves in these in these tournaments. You know, and, and this is just seems kind of like Seidel is kind of timeless, even with, as the styles yeah. change over time, he just manages to still win. He does. And it's funny, the, the, uh, Seidel tweeted yesterday, I think it was, oh, Christ, nine, uh, I think it was 92 or whatever it was, they both started playing tournament poker the exact same year. Neither one of them had, had started playing tournament poker. You know, they, Basically, they both, their careers have, have just been parallel. Are you talking about Helmuth? 
Helmuth and Seidel. Well, well, yeah. no, he, goes, Seidel. he goes back further because he won the... Or 80, what, in 89, he won. Maybe it was 86 then. But whatever it was, they've both literally been playing tournaments. I'm going to find the tweet. but Anyhow, so uh, Kalawa, who, who would you back? One player. Uh, I mean, it would honestly decide, uh, depend on the size of the field. Uh, but I think Fedor Holtz is... Uh, well, turn, okay, a big, buy-in, a big buy-in tournament like this with 50, 60 people. We're putting up 300 to half a million dollars. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think Seidel is is a really good choice because uh, a lot of people underestimate him. You know, some of the younger kids just think he's some old guy and he's always got it. But the, he's got some moves, and I think he's really good uh, at live tournaments as well. And I think his fundamentals are good, and I think that he's really good at uh, at, at live reads too. Trainerowski, yes. you awake? Yep, I'm here. No, I was gonna, I was gonna go with Kalawat. I think this Peter Holt guy, or however you pronounce it, he, he's I a think beast. Did, didn't he just turn like twenty one two or twenty? Yeah, I'm just, I know, I'm just, I'm just afraid with some of these, some of these online guys. As, as much as they may crush online, I think sometimes they get live and they don't quite. I know he's doing well here, but sometimes they don't. It doesn't translate well. Sometimes they don't yeah. see that the differences between the two, and they don't. Uh, I would go more with someone who has the experience live and recently is still winning a lot live. By the way, this was uh, Eric Seidel's tweet yesterday. I just got the year wrong. Fun fact. At Phil Helmuth and I started playing tournaments the same year, 1988. Most people we play now weren't even born yet. Yep. I mean, that wouldn't apply to you or me, but we weren't yeah. even close to uh, of gambling age. Yeah, I was, I was five years away from being able to even play. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, normally, you know, you look at the way tournament poker is, and it seems to be dominated by just this younger class. But these, you're right. These two guys have uh, definitely stood the test of time. Especially Seidel. I mean, that, that you know, I don't. Uh, you know, I live in Vegas, obviously, as everyone knows, and I'm around and about. But I never see mention of him, or, or you know, in Bobby's room or at the Aria anywhere playing cash games. So I kind of, I don't know, but I guess I kind of have to assume he probably makes his bread and butter just surviving playing tournaments. Yeah, which is very hard I mean, to do. Yeah, which is insanely hard to do, and obviously maybe. He'd play like a five ten no limit game or something, you know, just for fun. Yeah, wherever he lives, though, I don't know. He, did, he did make money. He made a lot of money on full tilt before the whole thing crashed down. He, he wasn't on. He it wasn't his fault what happened. Yeah. He wasn't on the board, but but you know he he did make a lot of money from it. But it's amazing, even to think someone like that, and, and it's smart that has thirty million almost, and and he will have thirty million most likely after this, in lifetime caches has a backer. That's <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of crazy. You think that he's the one backing. People, well, but, at least for the million dollar way, probably the other ones he enters on his own. I'm guessing, but I, I think for the, I, you know I don't even think he'd put up three hundred thousand for himself. I mean, yep, there's still a lot maybe, of variance in that. Maybe not. You know, he doesn't, and he doesn't get a whole lot of. There's not a lot of discussion about him because you know, unlike Helmuth, he doesn't have a, an interesting or outrageous personality. Uh, so, and he's not young. He's not good looking. So it's, it's, it's like this, this, this you know, balding uh, middle aged Jewish guy. Uh, who, who, well, I would who, guess he's probably close in age to Helmuth. Yeah, he, he is. No, he's around fifty. Yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 like, he's someone who just personality-wise uh, isn't very interesting. But, but play-wise, as far as the results he gets, well, hold it's on. Very you shouldn't say. Per, you, you, well, I'm just. I'm saying like table personality-wise. Yeah, right. He's not someone that. He's not someone that. He's not someone. No, I'm, I'm saying he's not someone who's fun to watch at the table as far as his personality. But so that's that's why he's not. Uh, uh, he doesn't get a, as much attention. Where someone like Helmuth, who's always outrageous and, and, and says all these crazy things, with him, people enjoy watching. Even if they hate him, they, they, they enjoy watching his antics. I yeah. guarantee if, you, if you polled the top 100 poker 
tournament players of all time, you know, and, and we're not talking to younger kids, but just the older, well-respected crowd, he'd probably be in, I, I bet money, he'd be in everyone's top five of the greatest tournament players ever. Yeah, yeah, he probably would be. And that's, that's that, I'm just saying he gets less credit than yeah. he deserves well, here then, just because of, because he's not a, uh, entertaining presence at the table. Well, well guys, about, he also, he also is really good at a number of, uh, the mixed games too. I mean, he's not just a, uh, no limit prodigy, but, I mean, you're right. He gets less attention. I mean, if 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 they were women, you know, Helmuth would be having his tits flopping out on the table and everyone looking at him, and Seidel would be conservatively dressed. You know, okay. just like that, Seidel doubles right as we're speaking through Holtz <laughs> on the button. You know what? Fuck it. Can we have some music? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have that one ready. I had the Law and Order okay, ready. You don't yeah. have to do it. So, Anyhow, something happened. There was a button somewhere. Holtz raised to something. Seidel pounced. With an all-in shove, uh, and then uh, he uh, let's see. Seidel had the queen eight of hearts. The other dude, the Holtz kid, had the queen five of clubs. Mm. And uh, oh, it was a bad flop. He flopped a five, but with two hearts. And on the river, the three of hearts to give Seidel the flush and the double. Yeah, oh. it, also, it also helps to run well. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't get that heart there. When, when I, I've I got when I've got that, I don't get that. It's, yeah. uh, and, or if I if I do get it in the next hand, I take a horrible beat. Get the queen, then I get excited for a second, then I realize, but it made him two pair. Yeah, no, no. Or I'll I'll get some lucky wins, but then I've got to follow it up with with taking a bad beat within like half an hour. It, now, it, do you do you remember when you first any of you, you know, all the hosts? Do you, uh, any of you remember how you first heard about this, Mister Eric Seidel? Because I I know I do. No, I, I I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't. I just kind of heard of him as as a player. I no, I bet you didn't. Rounders, yeah, yeah Rounders. Oh. No, I actually, I, I I heard of him. I didn't see. I actually started playing poker before I saw Rounders. So, oh, yeah, I stand corrected. But I'm saying, well, well the first time I ever heard that name was watching that clip because I, I I I'll be honest, I never saw like the old ESPN highlights of the airing. But when I saw the Johnny Chan. Uh, clip of knocking him out in rounders that was the first time i ever knew that name but you guys the same yeah i was playing poker before then too but that was the first i heard his name yeah i i wasn't playing tournament poker i don't know who these people were i mean i knew who phil homeath was i remember reading an actual article mainstream like in usa today or maybe it was like the new york times and his father you know it was a whole story and the, the whole premise of it was uh, Helmy's father, I would imagine he's retired now, but he was the dean at the University of Wisconsin or he maybe the, the provost or in charge of law school. He had a very high position. Oh, that's why, that must be why he lived, lived in Madison. I never knew that. Yeah. So his father uh, had a very, very high role at the University of Wisconsin. I'll look it up and I'll tell everyone what it was in a second. And for a number of years, and this is how the article portrayed it, that they were somewhat um, – uh, I guess separated. They, they had a contentious relationship because the father was an educator, and Helmuth, you know, didn't. I guess dropped out of college and wanted to play poker, and you know, they kind of had a contentious relationship. But then once he proved to his dad that you know he had what to take, you know, or it took to you know be a successful poker player. And I remember when he won the uh, main event, he even made comment of his father in it. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's where he's from. He's from Wisconsin. I know that his family still lives there. Um, but I'll, I'll let, me, let me do a little research here. Producing the show during the show. Oh, so we have a caller on. Is this China Maniac? Yeah, hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things to add. I remember um, 
when Seidel, I think he was that the event you're talking about. What he was trying to, you're saying he was trying to raise money, but I don't think he played. Right? I'm not sure if he. I never followed up if he played. I think it was two years ago. It was it was one of the million dollar one drops. You know, they do it every other year. It was something like two years ago, and I was uh, I was playing a. Uh, uh, I think it was the anti only or something like that. Uh, no limit event. Not, not a huge buy-in event by any means. And Seidel was at my table doing very well, and he uh, he was trying to raise money. And I believe Bill Chen is one of the people that went up to him. I posted about it, and, and he was discussing yeah. buying a piece of him. Yeah, I don't think he played. I think that was for the million dollar one drop. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, that's a lot of money to raise. Like, if it is. Backer, like doesn't want to invest or whatever. I mean, even in these like smaller fields and you can't even really call them smaller because they're huge the 100 250 300k whatever like even these things i mean these most of these guys don't have more than like 10 20 percent of themselves i mean yeah, some do but otherwise it's just, it's just so much variance you'd have to have such deep pockets to to play all these because you, you have a bad runner that's going to wipe you out and by the way his father was uh, the dean of the university of wisconsin so i mean that's a pretty you know high roll right uh, the other thing I was going to say, this kid, uh, Fedor Holtz, he, he's only 22. He has like $9 million in cashes already. You're saying online? That's pretty. What's that? You're saying online? live, I think. All live, yeah. Well, where? Where? I, 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 I haven't heard of him. <laughs> no, he started last year and crushed it. Didn't he tell what? I mean, he, he is that what it is? So, he's, he's, been, he's, he's been crushing online for quite some time. But, what, but where is the $9 million coming in? Is it live or online? All, all live. It's you can look at his hand in mob. Oh wow! Well, you know what though? I um, think though, in today, right now, in, in the age that we're at, it's a little bit, a little bit misleading because they do course. have so many of these tournaments around the world that are, you know, you cash for one point two million and it looks, oh my god, but you bought in for half a million. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> right. and they didn't have. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, they I didn't used to have I, that. I remember when you know people, when the the players championship. You know, first started off, I guess it was like the Chip Reese Memorial, uh, and people were like, oh, my God, $50,000 for a buy-in? Are you crazy? Now people don't even, uh, you know, 50000 they just yawn. It doesn't even excite anyone. Yeah. But you remember it when, hurts. you know, that first came out, everyone was like, yeah. oh, my God, fifty. Well, also, what's interesting about fifty k is, do you know, that uh, the early days of the main event in the early 70s, that $10,000 you bought in for was worth more than 50000 today. So you were actually the main event actually was yeah. more like a fifty thousand dollar event back then, or sixty thousand depending on when it was. Right. Yeah, if you look at any one of these guys that probably played this tournament, uh and mob, besides the um the businessmen, I mean everybody has like five million in caches. It's like Yeah, I know it's, it's just it, crazy. I know it's it misleading like because that, there's yeah. so many big buy ins to enter it, it it can add up so fast. I mean it's just uh you know, you you can you don't realize how quickly a regular tournament schedule of a number of big events can just uh, add up into the many millions very quickly. So, yeah, I mean he's the real deal, though. I mean, if you look at his uh, Hendon mob rating, he's got a ton of wins, and then he also has taken down uh, a W coop uh, and has been crushing online for quite some time. So, I mean, he's he's not a fluke. Where is he from? Uh, I think Germany. he's German. Yeah, I think he's German. What, his sorry, online. What's his, his online name again? Name, Fedor Holtz, uh, H-O-L-Z. His online name it's is Crown, Crown Up Guy. It's, it's, it's crazy these like, 22-year-olds who do that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of him. Yeah, I hadn't either. But He's sixth all-time on Germany's all-time money list. He's 61st in the world. 
Well, and his but, and his online winnings are are quite impressive. But too. look at these buy-ins, though. I mean, okay, uh, he played in a fifty thousand dollar high roller. I guess I don't know. You didn't even hear about this that started three days ago or May twenty seventh that he cashed for one hundred twenty two thousand. Then he played another fifty thousand dollar buy-in. Before that, a twenty five thousand. This is just this year. A twenty five thousand dollar buy-in. A hundred thousand dollar buy-in. And then a two hundred thousand dollar buy-in in the Philippines. Jeez. So I mean that's that it's just kind of misleading, you know what I mean? I mean it's not it's still a hell of an accomplishment, right. but I'm just saying it's not. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's all just relative. Yeah, that, that's definitely right. true. He also plays high stakes cash too online. So I mean, he's. I mean, like who ever? I mean, I, this is how much poker has evolved. That there is a hundred ninety six thousand plus four thousand. This is U.S. currency. So a two hundred thousand dollar buy in tournament, a super high roller in the Philippines. Uh, in January of this year, that he finished first for $3.4 million. I mean, if someone put a gun to my head, I wouldn't know a thing about this. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's a $200,000 <laughs> high roller tournament. No one, uh, yeah, you know, I know. So, They're just becoming so common. It's funny. Exactly, right. So, I mean, and then look, from there he goes, and it's like literally the smallest buy any cash in this year was a $1,000 no limit hyper turbo in Monte Carlo, and then a $2,200 tournament at Paradise Island in the Bahamas. You know, if I. Let's say I was playing these and I was getting backed by by some people. Uh, I I would even if it wasn't my money, I, I would feel so much pressure when people put that much money up for me to to perform. I, I would feel so bad if I, if I do that and fail, especially if I do that and fail with with a make some kind of move that that wasn't correct. Like it, I'd feel like it was too much pressure. I, I already feel that a little bit when I play. Uh, the World Series that people buy pieces of me, but at least nobody has more than four percent of me. So at least no one person is getting hurt much if I make a mistake. But but uh, like I would feel I, whenever I bust an event at the World Series now, and and forty uh, percent of me is sold, which it is. I part of me feels bad for the investors. Going, oh man, these people were counting on me, and I and I didn't get it done. But I can only imagine when you, you're entering the, these events that are hundreds of thousands or even a million dollars that people have backed you. I mean, but, maybe some people don't feel bad about it, but I would. Hey, guys, there's some info from the chat. Uh, Fedor Holtz, uh, he's actually from Austria, um, and he actually came 25th in the, the WSOP main event last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that. I'm looking oh. at that now. He finished 25th for uh, – he cashed in four WSOP events last year. His best was a third-place finish in a no-limit six-handed tournament for 268K. Finished 25th. On Hen and Mob, it's saying he's from Vienna, Germany. So maybe yeah, uh, he's he's from he's from Germany. They put a tax law in there, so I think he uh, moved to Austria. Okay, so that's probably why they have an Austrian flag up or whatever. And obviously, the kid has got insane game, just you know, based on the main event deep run. But you know, I'm not disrespecting him of, uh, in any way. But I'm just saying these numbers are just misleading. I mean, he's earned eight million dollars in like two years of playing big right. buying tournaments, but it's, you know, like I said, some of them are like half a million dollar buy-ins. That's sick. Yeah. And they say his yeah, name is it, pronounced Fedor. <laughs> but if you compare it even though to like these guys like Seidel and Helmut and Negrano, he's already cashed for a third of what they have in two years. That's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. It's though, the, buy-ins. Though, though it, has, it has changed the environment since, since most of their careers. So that's, that's, that's the point. And, and honestly, more impressive well, to me is his online results are outstanding, and that's a much, much harder field. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But, okay, so but I'm saying, but looking at his results, China, it seems like this year and last year, all he did, 
the entire year, because there's a cash every month of, of for 2015, is travel the entire world playing these high rollers for someone like Seidel, who I guarantee you, I mean, he's not traveling to the Philippines, and this kid's been uh, in Macau, this kid's been in Malta, this kid's been in Berlin. This is just last year. He's in Barcelona. Someone like Seidel isn't traveling the entire planet like this, uh, you know, playing in these, huh? Well, more the power to hope then. Yeah, no, right. I'm just saying. Yeah, by the way, it's strange to think about that when I was 22 years old, this guy was just born. He was he was born when I was 22. Jeez. Wow. Tell you what, I'd love to have his results. I mean, it sounds like he's having a good well, time. I, I think it's just about anybody. Too. <laughs> I think it's just about anybody. And by, and by the way, they're heads up now, and it's live on uh, channel two. Oh, so I got Direct knocked TV. out. Yeah. Damn. It's, it's 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 live on what channel? Direct TV. Live on uh, two two one CBS Sports Network. Really? Okay. Interesting. Okay, so uh, the I want to talk a little bit more about the. Jacqueline Moscow, Nolan Dalla controversy. This is not going to be a whole long segment about it because we, we had a three-hour show, me and Daredevil on uh, – Daredevil on, and I. On, <laughs> well, that's not proper you're, English. You're, come on. You're, do you want is to that okay? But hold on. For someone I, hey, so prim and proper. I'm not prim and proper. English? No, no. You know how many times I could I could have corrected your incorrect English? But I do it – I don't do it – I do it for my own reasons. Sometimes. Sometimes, no, ninety percent of the time. When you, when you no, the, the comical mistakes, the, the comical mistakes are, but then that's an excuse. I mean, if you you make a legitimate mistake, but, you, but you're the intelligent. You always are prim and proper and whatnot. No, you know what? Sometimes you say and I, and you're actually wrong. We we've been over this before. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Oh, this is just a chicken gonna, thing. I'm just saying. I'm you gonna, said me and Daredevil. That doesn't sound like someone that graduated from. Where did you no, go? That, that that one uh, no, that one was incorrect. But there's been other times you've corrected me. You've been wrong. Well, then you should recorrect me then. I don't feel like it. All right. Okay, let's 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 fair enough. Let, let's go on here. All right, hey guys, I'm gonna hop off the line. Okay, I just got one thing to say. One, one yeah, thing go ahead. to say before I go, and that's uh, Moscow is God. Okay, thank you. Okay, so so uh, look, I, I've been over a lot of this with with, with Daredevil on, a few, and we also talked about it somewhat last week when it just broke during the show. And we had a whole three-hour show, so we're not going to repeat that whole thing. If you want to hear the detailed analysis, you can listen to that. There, there's a few new things. Uh, in general, though, here's what's bothering me. And, of course, this is about her claim that uh, she was motorboated by Nolan Dalla at a bar after the taping of Poker Night in America in Pittsburgh, That at a bar when uh, Nolan was drunk, that uh, he told her that he's always wanted to do this and, and put his face in her breasts and uh, I'll do this sound by popular demand. He went <laughs> and he did this without her permission supposedly and she felt sexually harassed by it and was, was and was felt victimized by it and uh, is finally coming out with it a year and a half later And but there, there's so many more levels to this whole story including my belief my very strong belief that she has been exploiting this the whole way but here's here's my problem Okay, first of all, what's interesting is there's two mostly distinct camps on each side of this. Uh, and she's been on two different podcasts now talking about this. She seems to be drinking in all the attention. She's retweeting anything from anyone that's positive about her. But she, on one side, are all the social justice warriors on the Internet who want a victim. They, the social justice warriors love finding victims. They, they want to find someone who's part of an oppressed class, whether it's a minority, uh, a gay person, uh, a woman, 
anything like that, anything that's a traditionally oppressed class, and then find in some way that they've been victimized, and then jump on it. And these are not people who are in that themselves necessarily. So it can be, you know, it can be a, a white male, a white heterosexual male who's who's jumping to defend a female, or or, or it, it social justice warriors they want to find a victim who's part of some kind of oppressed group or supposedly oppressed group, and then they want to ignore all the other factors around the situation. They don't want to analyze it. They don't want to see who's right, who's wrong. All they want to do is find a victim who's part of this oppressed group and then automatically side with them no matter what because if they're part of an oppressed group, that means they're oppressed. That's the way social justice warriors are. And unfortunately, there's more and more of them in poker, especially with the youth movement in poker. We're having more and more of them. A lot of the younger players are also also the uh, social justice warrior types. So you have the Justin Bonomos, the, the, the Vanessa Selfs, the, uh, yeah, there's several others, Kate Hall, a lot of them who are very into this whole social justice warrior movement. And when they find something like this, they jump on it. And when they jump on it, the problem is it's not just defending someone who claims to be a victim. It's coming at somebody who's supposedly the perpetrator who often is someone else in our community. So we're not talking about just a random person. It's not like Jacqueline Moscow came out and said some random that nobody knows raped her. Well, they're at least, uh, you know, this is supporting her against some random that nobody knows. This is someone else in our community who is automatically getting no benefit of the doubt, and she's getting all benefit of the doubt just because she's a female and he's a white male. And that's the unfortunate part of the situation is regardless of what the facts are, and it's a very complicated situation, it's not, it's not easy on either side, is that these, the social justice warriors who are all on her side uh, do not want to discuss the facts. They just want to, they just want to uh, basically stick to the fact that she's a woman, she's accusing him of this, uh, she has a few text messages, uh, therefore it doesn't matter her motivation, it doesn't matter the way she's uh, – any inconsistencies in her stories, it, it, do, it doesn't matter that there's some, a lot of strange parts to her story, how she was victimized by everybody separately within a 24-hour period. All that stuff doesn't matter. All that matters is she's female, there's some motorboating that took place supposedly, and therefore she's a victim and, and deserves all the sympathy in the world and is a hero. That's all that matters to them. Then on the other side, we have another camp on the other side, and that's a combination of people, number one, like me, who are just kind of uh, skeptics of everything and want to uh, always look at all the facts and make a decision based only on that and not the, the identity of the victims or anything like that. And you have other people who are old school poker people that are friends with Nolan Dalla or just like him and, and are, are biased and want to defend him. So that's you have. So you have the two camps there. You have like the old school poker people who want to defend Nolan Dollar or friends with him, and the people who uh, who are objectively analyzing the situation and and looking at all the facts and ignoring the the hype and the hysteria on one side. And then you have the social justice warriors on the other side. And unfortunately, uh, as we've seen, there, there's between the social justice warriors and the people that they have bamboozled over the last week. Jacqueline Moscow has become a hero and a martyr, and I don't think she deserves it. I do not feel that she is a victim. I'll tell you what I feel has happened. I feel that they went to this bar after the taping. First of all, it's very clear that nobody in the production liked her. They, they didn't like her personality. They, they thought she wasn't good for TV, that she was just kind of annoying to them, whatever it is. They, they didn't like her, and fine, that, that happens. You know, people, people will sometimes not like you. There's plenty of people out there who don't like me, as a lot of you guys know. So... People just didn't like her there. 
she went out to this party afterwards, and everybody got drunk. And I don't know if it, you know, she was obviously sensing prior to that people didn't like her, and she was. It was very very important for her to get on TV and get the maximum exposure possible to for you know to become the next female poker star, instead of just being a, a Florida short stacking grinder, which is what she was. So, I think that she was flirting. I think she was uh, being overly friendly, trying to get them to like her better and trying to get in with those who seem to have power there, like Nolan, and therefore get on the show again and get a lot more airtime the next time. She thought this is probably her last chance to do it. And I think in all the flirting and overly friendliness and all the drinking that was going on, probably on both sides, she was probably drinking. Uh, Nolan, I'm, sh- I'm sure, was drinking. He loves to drink. And, I, and the, you know, you can say, oh, this is wrong, this is terrible. The bottom line is you're in that environment, you're putting yourself in that environment, you're flirting, you're, you're, you're getting with these drunk guys, you're, you're acting like you're having a good time with them. Drunken stuff like that will happen sometimes. Now, I'm not saying if you're drunk, that's an excuse. If, if he uh, threw her on the ground in the alley outside and raped her, no, that's, that doesn't matter if you're drunk or sober. That's, that's a horrible crime. You deserve to, to, to suffer severe consequences for that. Even something less than rape, but that is, uh, could still be like sexual assault, and not not the tr- legal definition, but like real sexual assault in some way. Uh, you know, let's say he just grabbed her breast and pulled it out and started sucking on her. So that, that would obviously be again not just drunken antics. This would be super inappropriate, and again, he would have to suffer consequences from that. But something like motorboating uh, is something that's inappropriate. He shouldn't have done. But these type of things happen. In a drunken environment at a bar, especially with a girl that's not just walking by or, or, or coming up and saying something the way she's purporting, but, but has been part of all the madness and the craziness and, and the, uh, the shenanigans there. And sometimes guys will get the wrong idea, especially drunk, and, and uh, do these things. And while they shouldn't, I'm not defending it, that doesn't mean that something to this degree of a response is warranted. And especially if you are not offended by it to where you... Uh, you still want to work with this person. You still want to be on TV shows that they're part of. You still want to go out socially and go paint. You, you, not socially, you still want to go to paintball events with them and everything. If you still want to associate with them and you want to um, forgive this and go on hanging out with them, then you are not a victim. If, now, and also, one, something we have not heard from her ever in all these interviews she does, she doesn't say one, one thing is never mentioned. When Nolan started to motorboat her, what did she do? Wait, did you say when he started or when he allegedly started? Well, no, according to her story, I'm saying. Oh. According to her story, he motorboated her. Okay, if you believe that, which I actually do, but if, if you believe that, she has never once said what she did then. She didn't say she moved back. She didn't say she pushed him away. She didn't say she said stop. She didn't even go as far to say, I was so shocked, I just sat there and, and, and didn't know what to do, and by the time I figured it out, it was over. She has never given an answer as to what her reaction was. She gives everything else in excruciating detail, but she has never once said how she reacted, why she didn't stop him, how it went on long enough for this other guy, uh, Chris Capra, to cheer it on. So it wasn't like a two-second thing. It happened long enough for you know, him to do it, Chris to register he was doing, and Chris to start cheering it on. This, is, this takes time. So how is she just sitting there in a public place? It's not like she's like feeling she's in a car in the middle of the desert with Nolan alone, and she's trapped, and she's afraid to fight back. This isn't a public place. How how is it that she just lets this happen and doesn't even at least push back and say, "No, no, no, don't do that, please," or "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you doing?" Nothing. Well, she has not described at all 
in all these long interviews she's done. She did one interview for like 90 minutes, another one for 35 minutes. She typed long blogs. Why, why have we not heard once how she reacted? And I'll tell you why we probably haven't heard it. Because she probably let it happen. My guess is that after she was flirting and doing whatever she was, being part of the whole scene that night at the bar to try to you know, kiss ass to Nolan, to try to use him for a, 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 a subsequent appearance on the show, that he went and did this. He got the wrong... He was very drunk. He went and did this. This is all my speculation. I have no evidence this occurred. But he, he went and did this, thinking she'd be okay with it, and he wasn't really thinking straight anyway because he's so drunk. And I, I, she probably was a bit shocked by it and wasn't expecting it and probably didn't want it, but thought, all right, you know, he's getting a, a little farther than I wanted him to, but hey, if this is going to get me on the show, cool. And that, that's why she said nothing about it. Then afterwards... And she went home. She's like, oh, you know, I realized something. I think I might have some leverage now because he shouldn't have done that. Oh, 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 I've got something here. I've got something here. I've done this before myself. I've had it where, like, you know, uh, I'm looking for something, and uh, I I don't think I'm going to get it. You know, like, uh, I, I don't know. There's some problem with some service I've bought or some product I've bought, and I want some kind of uh, refund or discount, some kind of exception made, but but I'm afraid they're going to say no, and I don't have any legal standing to force them to. But then some employee misbehaves in the way they deal with me. Maybe they, 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 they snap at me. They say something nasty or rude. Something happens to where then I talk to the manager and I say, you know what, with, with all that's happened here, maybe you can do this for me. And usually they say yes because they know I'm right about you know, what occurred was inappropriate. And then they backed it. I think she, she thought along those lines. Like, okay, Nolan shouldn't have done this, and it wasn't that big of a deal, but this looks pretty bad. So now I've got something. Now I've got some, uh, uh, something to hold over their heads. And she started right away with the text messages to Chris Capra from 888, who had a lot of influence in the show. And she started right away with the text messages mentioning this. And, and, and claiming about this Jew stuff that nobody was even, uh, you know, all these an- supposed anti-Semitic comments from uh, Chris Hansen, the, the host of the show, that nobody else heard except for her, uh, as, as ammunition, as a reason why she's like, well, you know, a lot of people would make a big deal about this, but I'm thinking it's better just to keep quiet. So uh, when am I going to be on the next show? Like, that's so transparent what she's trying to do. That's not a victim. That's someone trying to exploit a situation. That's someone exploiting a minor situation that did not bother them that much. To, for personal gain. Now, I, I actually am not going to hold against her the fact that in an attempt that something you know, inappropriate happened to her, not terrible, something inappropriate happened that she wasn't expecting to occur, and that you know, she was hoping that she could leverage that for some appearances on the show, fine. I, I don't even hold that part against her, but at that point, she's not a victim. At that point, uh, she is... Uh, she, she's just attempting to get something out of something that wasn't that bad. I don't, I don't fault her for attempting it, but she's not a victim. So, Drove, I, I got two questions for you yeah. that I think will kind of bring this into focus. Um, do you think that if she was paid the $100,000 that she asked for in the settlement, do you think she would still be traumatized by what happened? No, she wasn't traumatized until I'll say when she began traumatized. She became okay. traumatized. One other, one other question. Yeah. If 
she got the appearances on Poker Night in America that she was angling for, do you think she would have been traumatized by what happened no, to her? No, zero chance. There you go. Yeah, Brandon, what, what's we haven't heard much from you about this. But you haven't been around. I'm, li- I'm listening. No, I'm just what what is what is your take on this so far? Do you, do you do you have an opinion or? I mean, that's kind of a vague question. Opinion. Well, I mean, just well, I mean, just in general, I, I can keep talking. I just we haven't heard from you in a while. I just want to see what your take. No, on. no, I'm I'm listening. Um, I, I I tend to agree with a lot of your points. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm still of the mind that I want to just I don't want to really go on the record and say anything based on innuendo or, or things that I don't know until everything that's going to be, that's going to come out factually comes out. Um, but in, in terms of, I guess what you're saying and what's been discussed, um, I do think that a lot of things don't make sense. I looked more closely at some of the texts that she wrote versus what she claimed. And I, I, I found, you know, as you know, some inconsistencies. Yeah, I'm going to discuss those yeah. shortly. I know the same ones. Yeah. Uh, but I guess getting back to what you said in the beginning in regards to, you know, the social warrior type justice thing. I mean, I've been watching that and just how all this has played out. And, and to me, it's just utterly ridiculous. What's even more ridiculous, and, and this has affected me and people around me on a personal level, is that, you know, and I get it in today's day and age, people express their opinions or beliefs on, on beliefs on social media. But I, I know people that have been in so strong towards one camp or the other that, it's caused rifts between friendships. Mm-hmm. People have, you know, unfollowed other people, or you yep. know, things have gotten ugly on social media just for expressing an opinion. Um, you know, of course, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to offer a stance be- because of the things, you know, such as that. But, uh, you know, like I, 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 I'm on Team Nolan. I mean, I, I am. I'm not convinced anything happened until I see some proof. Um, I think that. As, as I said when this first came out, that the timing of this was definitely to fuck with him, you know, right before the WSOP, that that's why it was done. It seems like it was done maliciously. Um, and I, you know, I maybe something happened, you know, maybe something minor happened. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But either way, uh, I guess how, what, what, you summed it up best. You wrote a post before and i read it and it said something like what the hell was it that you wrote uh, basically well, i wrote talked about the timing of it and and just uh oh the timing she put this out yeah i haven't discussed this much but yeah this is if you look at when she brought this out she brought this out on may 25th now what's the big deal about may 25th well first of all she mentioned in in uh february and march that she's about to bring out something big about poker night in america and then didn't She's like, okay, I'm about to reveal something. Then it stopped. There's nothing. There, you can go Google her, her name, and you'll see articles from March. I wonder what Jacqueline Moscow is hiding. What is she not revealing? Well, we know now. But what happened between March, like early to mid-March, and two and a half months later in late May? What, why did it take so long? Well, I, I know what took so long. I don't know 100%, but I think high chance what took so long is that she figured out the ideal date to release this to cause the maximum damage to Nolan Dalla. And why is May 25th the ideal date if you want to really, really screw over Nolan the maximum? Well, that's a week before the World Series starts. Now, Nolan Dalla is an employee of the World Series. He, he works at the World Series. He's, he's 
seen all over the place there. It's, it's, it's hard to be at the Rio for that long without seeing him walking around. She wanted to release this, I'm pretty sure, with enough time right before the series to where this can become the big story of the week and everyone can discuss it, everyone can, be, can become aware of it. It can become a very big deal for that week. Then the World Series starts and it's fresh on everyone's mind right when they get there. And then every time you see him around the World Series, oh, that's the guy who sexually harasses women. That's the guy who motorboats women who don't like it. Oh, look at that jerk, Nolan Dahl. That's what they're hoping. They're even hoping that it will create enough of an uproar to where the World Series feels pressure to fire him, even though this has nothing to do and with the World at Series. At the very least, it's just going to make things very awkward right, for him. Right, it make things very awkward. Now, if she did this in March, the same blow-up would have happened, but then two and a half months would have passed, and everyone would have... Not forgotten, but it would have gotten off their mind. Now, why didn't you do it during the World Series? Well, because the World Series itself is a big story. The World Series now, itself. If this would have come out during the World Series, it would have just it wouldn't be as paramount. Yeah, it would have it would have been drowned out as it is now. Right, it would have been drowned out by a lot of the other yeah. coverage. This time, she did it in the week before when there is nothing else going on, so we all have a week to talk about it and obsess over it, and and that's the only story out there for a week. Then the World Series begins, and it's fresh in everyone's mind. It was the absolute perfect date to release it to do maximum damage to Nolan Dalla. This is not a coincidence. She did not just randomly decide May 25th, especially when she said back in March she's going to release I mean, it. Just that, you know, what really made me uncomfortable with all this, and even, listen, you know, even if someone is my friend, whether it was you, Todd, or somebody else, if you did something that I was not comfortable with, I would call you out on it. You know, something at this level, you know, meaning, you know, sexually harassing somebody or, you know, being evil or mean or racist or, uh, I mean, you know, you're Jewish, so it wouldn't be anything anti-Semitic, but you know know what I'm saying. You know, in reading that letter that she wrote with basically her demand letters. It just doesn't seem to me that that's something a victim is going to do. I mean, just the tone of it. It just, uh, you know, and again, that's not to say something minute maybe didn't happen, but the way it's been escalated in, you know, these women, and I'm sorry, people, fine, call me out, insult me, I don't give a fuck, but these women that don't even know the facts, that just because somebody makes these accusations, she's hailed as a hero, that really bothers me. Yeah, and it bothers I mean, me. It bothers me when there's someone who has been trying to exploit the situation for so long, for 18 months, has been trying to exploit the situation, no matter what happened, and then only when the exploitation fails, only when mm-hmm. the angling fails to, to get something very beneficial and advantageous for herself, then suddenly she's the victim who's trying to help all these women, and she releases it at the time when it's most likely to do the most damage. To the people involved, so it's something very vindictive. And I mean, that letter basically thing. was extortion. I mean, yeah, it was. It's... The whole thing was like a shakedown. It, so it was. this is this is not a victim. This is someone who, even if something happened that was inappropriate, and it's not like I'm, you know, if she was raped, okay, fine, then go for blood, then then go really to you know to, to harm the person the most you can. I, I support that fully, but but not not when you're out in a drunken environment and the guy motorboats but, you. And but you're even, not even even more so than that, the problem that I have is if somebody has a stance. It shouldn't be your position, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you have integrity, it shouldn't be a situation where money or compensation will just end it, you know, would make you agreeable. So, you know, if these things are true, as she said, $100,000 shouldn't make her all right with it. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, it, yeah. It, or how, how about the you fact have that a stance and your integrity is, you know, based on what you, you feel you were victimized. There should be no price. Yeah. You know, 15000 isn't the price to make me feel good, but 100000 is. It just it doesn't come across. As a victim, right. It, it, yeah. It's, it's I mean, that, just, that's just, 
Yeah, someone who's angling for something. They, they, they realize something was done to them that many people would think would make that person look bad. And they say, ha-ha, now I can angle for something that I want. I mean, it's like this. So, so say the offer was ten or 15000 or, or this or that and the other, and she didn't accept it. So now we're here and we're talking about it and it's everywhere. But if somebody would have wrote a check for 100000 none of us would have ever known about this and it – it would have been swept under the rug. It just or 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 if they, or if right away they just said, "Hey, sorry about that. Uh, how about we put you on every poker night in America for the next five episodes and give you the most screen time?" Okay, then there would have been zero reports of this. She would have gone on right. talking about how fun it is, how great poker night in America is. How she was even saying that in interviews after all this stuff happened, before she was turned down. For for uh, for appearing on future shows, it's all sour grapes. It's all you're not letting me be on a show I want to be on anymore, and now I'm mad. And and my angling because of the the the, the motorboating that supposedly occurred because you're not giving me what I want and and putting me on despite that you don't want me on. Now I'm going to ru- really ruin it for everybody. I'm going to make the show and look that, bad. And the thing that I find the most laughable about this is that you know I guess in a sense she got what she wanted. I mean I didn't know who this person was. You didn't know and. Chances are, unless maybe she won a World Series tournament or went really far, we'd never know that name. And, and even with that being said, in today's day and age, none of that even means anything. And this poker climate, you know, in, in 2016, it means nothing. This isn't going to – I mean, you know, I guess what I'm saying is in the mainstream world, you can be notorious and even if it's for something bad, you can unfortunately profit off it. Yes. You know, but – Something like this, I don't see a way that she can profit off this. And I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Well, it, it, you'd be surprised. You know, unfortunately, that, well, that, that's unfortunately not true. I'll tell you why. But I, I mean, meaning she's not going to get some sponsorship. Well, she's not going to get a book deal. Believe it or not, not, not a book deal. Believe it or not, she might. Unfortunately, and I watched this all happen in a totally different industry. But there's a thing called GamerGate. You may have heard it mentioned before. Yep. Gamer, GamerGate was uh, is about the video game world and. Uh, there was a big controversy a few years ago that that still some degree rages on today that where uh, supposedly women were being shut out of the video game world where any number one all the it was an accusation that all the games being made were made to appeal to men and, and number two that any women who were involved in video games were pushed out harassed insulted things like that so now there's some degree of truth to this that uh, that some male gamers are, are hostile to, to women being involved in it and don't think women belong but unfortunately we had some women who decided to exploit this because there were a lot of social justice warriors in gaming too and some women realized that they can exploit the this perception and make themselves look like victims so there are some women who came out would make some sort of you know some kind of videos or statements about uh, you know, pro women in gaming and take a very strong stance on it and then lo and behold they come out with claims that their lives are being threatened and, and this and that and threats and, the, and that they're so scared and then a donation page would pop up and and you could donate to uh to them making more videos about this. And there was one woman named Anita Sarkeesian who many people proved to be a big fraud and that, that the threats were, were manufactured, but she took in like $160,000 being a victim. And, she, and I believe all of this Anita made up. And so the thing is there's a lot of people who can exploit these social justice warriors and the desire to uh, want to support these heroes, these supposed heroes who are victims, who are standing up and uh, – Announcing their victimhood and, and saying they're not going to take it, and the social justice warriors just want to throw money at these people. And so, like for example, if 
Jacqueline Moscow, before all this, had tried to get staked for the World Series. And by the way, she's not coming to the World Series. I think she feels uncomfortable. I think she feels there are too many people who are pro-Nolan out in Vegas and that she, she'll feel uncomfortable there. I think that's why she's not coming. But if she was willing to come, before all this happened, if she was asking for stakes, maybe she'd get some ass-kissers who just because she's female and uh, you know, under 35 and has blonde hair and big tits, maybe they would have staked her. But it's much easier now. If, if now she wanted to come to the World Series, you would have all these social justice warriors lining up to back her because of all the terrible things she's been through. And that, that's the unfortunate thing. And I, I could even see some sites sponsoring her. People will say, oh, she's, she's dead getting sponsorships. Not necessarily because uh, – I don't know how much I agree with that, but maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of those types out there who are actually influential in poker. And that's what's sad. She came on these podcasts and she was – she had these text messages she presented and she – She's not stupid. I mean, she was she was smart enough to get all the way through a, a, a doctor of osteopathy program, which we can laugh at the doctor of osteopathy. But the truth is, you know, you can't be dumb and graduate from one of these things. Uh, this is obviously someone who has a brain, and she was who was smart enough to feel to realize what text she had and how she can match up these texts to her accusation. She she even mentioned in her original blog, "I have the proof." So everyone's of course okay. Well, show it to us. Well, she showed it on the on this Joey Ingram podcast and. That convinced people. People were like, oh, well, you know, Chris Capper's saying, oh, I'm sorry for what Nolan and Chris did. It was inappropriate. There's inappropriate things happened. He didn't specifically say motorboating. He didn't specifically say. That's also very vague. It was very vague, but it was enough to convince most people that this wasn't just made up. So uh, th- she knew that would happen. And then, of course, everybody said, uh, even the, these people like Chris Moneymaker, who before were skeptical. I saw that. Uh, came it's out and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Even even Andy Block, who's, who's a, a friend of Nolan's. Uh, wrote a very critical Facebook post of him, and uh, which surprised me. And Andy Block has some social justice worry in him himself, so it doesn't completely. But surprise I, st- me. I still don't really get it. I, where is the smoking gun? There isn't one. See there, it? There's no, there's no smoking gun. But I will say that there's uh, not a smoking. Whatever gun. Whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? It yeah. seems like in the court of public opinion, he's already been pronounced guilty. Yeah. And, 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 and here's the other. The main problem to me is like I can believe from everything we've seen that probably something did happen at that bar similar to or actually was motorboating. I would believe, if I had to guess, if someone said, uh, um, you know, let, let's say God came down to me and said, I, I, I can show you a video of what happened, but first you have to bet, you have to bet uh, $100,000 on the outcome. You can't, you can't pass up, God tells me. You have to bet 100000 either way. Uh, he did Wait, motorboat her or didn't? I, I would definitely vote on did. Ten thousand to win a hundred. No, hundred. No, even money. No vig. God doesn't no. charge vig. God doesn't t- charge vig. A hundred to hundred. It's plus one. A plus one hundred bet. A hundred thousand win. Hundred thousand loss. I have to bet either way. I would definitely go with that. He did motorboat or do something similar, rather than she's making it up or, or greatly exaggerating that. I would. I would guess that. But I would. I would also bet on even even at vig, even at at odds, is that. This didn't just happen out of the blue, and that she has been exploiting this from day one. And as soon as this happened, that her first thought was not, oh, my God, this is so awful. I feel so victimized. But ha, 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 now I can get on the show again. Yeah, Druff, if I, if I could, I think I, I kind of agree with Brandon a little bit. I don't think that she's going to really be able to parlay this into anything too interesting. I mean, if you are someone that produces a uh, you know one of the few uh, poker on television uh, shows – you're definitely not going to invite her. No, but I mean like uh, a sponsor. You don't, you don't need right? any of these kind of problems. But, but I mean it, like a sponsor, like just a sponsor, not not being on another well, show. Well, sponsorship is kind of dead in poker anyway. I mean, for the most part, uh, 
except for you know poker stars uh and she but, obviously it's not going to be much of a, a draw there because there isn't much but i could see um, you know i could see like if they want to impress the social justice warrior types like they're supporting women look how inclusive they yeah. are they're sponsoring a victim now of this i could see that but wouldn't it be funny i mean th- this would be hilarious if a year from now that the attention that she ends up getting is uh you know some uh someone says hey uh you know what i i Think you look kind of good. Uh, do you think you want to be a royal flush girl? <laughs> Can you imagine? What, what if she's offered to be in porn? Like, uh, hey, you, you, give... what if what if she parlays this into being, you know, like a royal flush girl, where you know her job is walking around with her tits hanging out? Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, notice when she was on that video, she she made sure not to show them. She she made well, sure. Of course. To, yeah. Of course. Keep keep those puppies away. Now, I want to point out something that uh, about these texts that was sent. Now, I, I thought I posted all the texts, but I guess I missed one. I, I reconstructed all the text, which is a pain in the ass. They've never been released. They were just on that video, and I had to like capture them off there and, re, and, and paste them together. But I actually missed one somehow that someone else sent me. And I want to discuss – I'll read it to you, the one I missed, and, and, uh, and tell you something that she says that is inconsistent. Now, one of her claims about why Nolan was lying – and this is something new, by the way. We didn't, we didn't discuss this a few days ago. One of her claims about why Nolan is lying is that Nolan said that she just showed up in Florida – after he emailed her on November 18th saying, don't show up, you know, we, we don't have room for you, thank you anyway, we don't have room. That she just showed up and that he just found her at the table, like that she somehow weaseled her way on. He didn't realize she did it until she was already there and it was too late. That was his story. She proved him wrong and made him look like a liar by showing texts where she had a discussion with him about appearing on Poker Night in America in Florida, and, and, and I did post those texts, and, uh, and I was critical of Nolan there because it's clear in this text exchange that he knew she was coming, that he knew she was going to be on there. So, but the, here's the important takeaway. There's something new to this that doesn't make her look very good. First of all, it's very clear that you know, they had no text between November 18th and November 30th. November 30th was when the Florida thing started. November 18th was the last uh, interaction they had where he basically told her that she's – not going to be on anything. She said, Nolan, was that in regards to the mixed show or the all-girls show too? He said, both, sorry, referring to you're, you're, you've been disinvited to everything, sorry. So that was the last thing they talked about. So as of November 18th, between both an email and text conversation, she knew that Nolan told her there's no room for you in Florida, where she lives, by the way, but even though you're close by, don't come because you're, there's no room for you. So 12 days later, on November 30th, this is according to the text she posted. She, or not posted, but shared on that Joey Ingram show. Knowing that he just arrived in Florida, she texted him out of the blue. Hi there and welcome to Florida. Can you let me know where I have to be tomorrow and when? I'll probably stop by the taping tonight to say hi, but just in case I don't make it over to the Hard Rock today. uh, But hi, just in case I uh, don't make it to the Hard Rock today. Thanks. So this is already manipulative because he already said, like, you're you're not invited. Don't show up. And she's like, accepts that. Goes away for 12 days. And she's like, hey, welcome to Florida. So uh, can you let me know where I need to be? (laughs) <laughs> what the hell? Like, she, can you imagine if someone said to you, uh, you know, well, you're supposed to be, you're, you, at first you think you're going to be part of something, and then they say, sorry, we don't have room for you. Don't show up. That's kind of how I felt on this podcast the last couple of weeks. No, come on, Brandon. So, so, like I've been waiting in the green room. Well, but that's why I asked you your opinion. I'm before. kidding. Go ahead. So, so if someone says, don't show up, you're, you're not invited here anymore in a polite way. You understand it, and then 12 days later, like, hey, so where should I show up? Where should I come to? Like, you look, you, boy, is that aggressive. 
you're hoping the person is like changed their mind or is going to feel awkward enough to where they they uh, they either have to tell you again no or they just kind of reluctantly let you come. So instead of like, hey, I'm just want to know, Nolan, uh, has anything changed? That's what I would do. If I really wanted to be on there, I would message him on the day of and say, hey, I know you told me there wasn't room for me 12 days ago, but has anybody canceled? Is there any room? Instead, it was like, uh, hey, can you let me know where I have to be tomorrow and when? Like what the hell? <laughs> like, that, yeah, that, that reminds me of every psycho ex girlfriend I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's crazy. So so instead of just saying, "Hey, okay, like he should have," he should have said, "No, I told you twelve days ago we'd have room for you." Sorry. Instead, uh, well, first he didn't know who it was. He says, uh, "Sorry, but this is a new phone. Who is this?" And she said, Josh, "Jacqueline Moscow." So he says, "Okay, might have a spot in the game an hour from now if interested." So so there must have been some openings from cancellations or whatever. So he he actually wasn't. He should have run away from her at this point after everything that happened, but I guess he was uh, just wanted to fill the spot. So, so at that point, you know, she said, uh, you know I'm always interested. Might not be able to get over the floor five. Uh, we'll come by either way to say hi, and if there's a seat, I'll play. He says, okay, stay in touch, please, and we'll see how it goes. She said, sure. So everyone took that to mean he knew that she was coming, and she, she didn't just surprise him there. Now, that part's true. And that part, I, I don't know why he claimed he was surprised to see her, because he said – Okay, come down and stay in touch, and, and we'll give you a seat if there is one. But she did contact him out of the blue with the presumption, like she's still playing, even though he clearly told her and she clearly accepted it, that she wasn't invited. So she reinvited herself, and he, he because of the awkwardness of it or whatever, she, he, and there was a seat op- open probably, he said, uh, okay, fine, come down. So well, no, no only means no if you're female. Yeah. So, but here's- Also, I'm just getting this in uh- – from very reliable sources, apparently tomorrow night on a podcast called LastRoundPod.com, or is anyone familiar with this? No. LastRoundPod.com, or I'm sorry, the real, wait, hold on. Okay, I'll, I'll get clarification, but it's a podcast hosted by somebody named Jim Cooley, C-O-O-L-E-Y, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, this is going to be tomorrow at 7.30, and uh, my confirmed sur- sources are telling me that Karina Jett will be on this podcast at 7.30. Uh, regarding the topic we're talking about now, I'm not sure what exactly she'll be asked, but following her at 8.30, Moscow is going to be on another uh, podcast, the same one, following Karina. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to find out more what this is actually about. Uh, I don't know. What you know, basically, from I guess my understanding, Karina's going to be on first. She's going to be interviewed about these allegations, and then the Mos- Mos- Miss Moscow will be on. She's on one like every after. few days. She huh? never. She's on one like every few days. She's on a different yeah. podcast about this. Like she, she loves the publicity over this. Now, just, by the way, trying to get clarity on. I, I just got two different lastroundpod.com and the realpod.com. So I don't know what what which what side it is, but it's Jim Cooley. It's at seven thirty tomorrow. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to try to get more clarification before the okay. show ends. Now, but, uh, I, I want to tell, tell you something else that's, that's very misleading that she did. That was, just shows you how sneaky she is. And you can see this is in the text that were shared on that uh, broadcast. I can I, Somehow I missed these. I didn't post these, but I'll, I'll post these shortly because I got a copy of them from someone else. Um, remember I told you she just messaged Nolan out of the blue on November 30th, acting as if she was still going to be part of the show. And he, she messaged him at 3.15 p.m. on November 30, 2014. That was the, uh, can you let me know where I need to be? Okay? And that was when he kind of reluctantly said, okay, yeah, I may have a seat. So that was at 3.15. 
at 3.39 the same day, just 24, days late, 24 minutes later, um, Chris Capra messaged her. And I'm not sure why he, he sent this, but he said, to, hey, I'm down in Florida. We're streaming live from the Hard Rock today. So she responded, hey, I know. Nolan just hit me up and said there might be an extra seat in an hour, LOL. Well, wait a minute. No, he didn't. He didn't just hit her up. She hit him up. She, she, she sent him a message acting as if, as if she's still invited. And then he kind of reluctantly said, eh, there may be a seat for you. That, that's not hitting you up. And that's not just semantics here. She, she was acting like Nolan was inviting her. Like Nolan just sent her a message out of the blue and said there may be a seat for her. That's not what happened at all. He wouldn't have contacted – I mean when she messaged him, he didn't even know who it was at first. So uh, that, that's, that's very dishonest, right? The, the whole thing was she tried to manipulate her way back onto the Florida show after she had been disinvited. So uh, this is someone who's constantly engaging in angle shooting, in, in sneaky behavior, in self-serving behavior beyond what a normal person would do. I mean, everyone is self-serving to some degree, except for Trader Ruski. He, he, he seems to uh, just be generous to everyone else. But, but everybody okay, except- I'm getting a message here. I'm not going to reveal my sources, but text says, Brandon, Chris didn't contact her. She just didn't show the first part where she contacted him uh, – Add around signed, and his response was, "Hey, I'm in Florida." Oh, I see, I see. That makes sense. I just want to correct you. I'm that getting makes sense. This in right that now. makes sense. She's like she, and it makes sense because it's right around the time she messaged Nolan. Like she yes. messaged Nolan at three fifteen, and then at three twenty nine, she's uh, or three thirty nine. Yes, uh, I don't think Chris would just happen to text her then. Yes. Yeah. See, this is this is so manipulative. Okay, how can you look at a person like this and say that's a victim? You you tell her you can't come to Florida. Sorry, we don't have room for you. Okay, I accept it. Hey, so when should I show up? Oh, yeah, okay, I guess, yeah, you know, yeah, you can have a seat. Okay. Hey, Chris, Nolan just let, just hit me up and let me know there's a seat. Like, how manipulative is that? I mean, this is, this, this is not speculation. This is, the texts tell the story that she's doing this. There's no question this is what she was doing. 100% this is what she was doing. So with all of this type of behavior, with the fact that we don't hear about it, the motorboating motor boating and everything else for a, a year and a half until after it happened, supposedly, because... Yeah, you know, we don't hear all this time, and it's because she didn't get what she wanted. This is a very, very manipulative person. This is a very, very self-serving person. This is not a victim. No matter what you think of Nolan and his behavior, whether he should have motorboated her, whether that was inappropriate, there are women out there who are victims of guys who are chronic sexual harassers. Guys, there's women out there who are groped, who are touched, who are uh, uh, degraded sometimes even raped by, by predatory men. And these guys are scumbags. These guys should be known. These guys should be exposed. You know, there was talk, I remember Justin Bonomo released that blog where he talked about three different uh, poker pros who were routine sexual harassers of women, and one of them was rapists. He didn't name them. Well, provided he wasn't making it all up or repeating unfounded rumors. Uh, I'd love to know a credible story of a, of a poker player who is a rapist, and provided he really did that, he should be shunned. And he should be looked down upon if, if, if we really have yeah, a, a well-known poker pro who, who's raping women. That, that's awful. And the, like, I encourage all women who are actual victims of, of men who, who are doing inappropriate things to them to call out these men, no matter how powerful or influential they are. And I, if the story looks credible, I'll be the first one to defend them, and I'll be the first one to call out these guys for being scumbags. And I, I'm not going to just say, 
now I'm going to be fair. I've got to try to try to analyze it, and sometimes you can't tell either way what happened. Right. But 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 I I think women should feel empowered to do this. But the, but you should. But this is not the case. You shouldn't have. That's not the same thing as a woman who tries to exploit a a minor uh, case of what she calls can sexual I, harassment. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. We have a uh, a female viewer and or listener, I should say, and, and obviously a friend of ours that's listening right now, Karina Jett. Um, I asked her if she'd be willing to come on the air and, you know, of course, say hello and off, also offer her insight, which I don't really know too much about. You know, we Car- really Karina, yeah, this. we can call her. Yeah. yeah, so let's let's give her a call and also obviously a respected uh, female poker player. Yeah. Um, okay, do, you, do you have her number? I, I do. I do have her number, yeah. yeah. Okay. In fact, I, I I should have called her. This, I, I've had so much to do the last two days and I, I meant to call her and I, I didn't. Okay. Well, she's listening live now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone is condoning the the boorish behavior. It's more that you know it's pretty obvious that this uh, it's exploited and, and it was yeah. and, and what happened was my. It's not an accusation of rape or something similar. To rape. This is so minor, uh, and, and the way it's been blown up and, and exploited and it's terrible. Karina. Hello. Hi. Yes. How are you? Good. You're live on the air. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So, so, Karina, this is Todd. I'm sorry for uh, I, I didn't get back to you. I, I, I was actually thinking today I'm going to call Karina. I'm going to call Karina, and then suddenly I find it's like it's like 7:30, and then I, I've got to call someone else. You know that I'm not going to mention. I so. know, Todd. You when when you need me, I answer the phone. When I need you, I, it takes me a month. I know how it goes. Don't <laughs> oh, worry. Oh, Karina is calling me out on radio for uh, for not uh, being there for her. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. I still love you anyway. And Karina, also on the line, I don't think you've met him before. Kind of a new addition to radio. His name is uh, Calwatt. Uh, he's our third host. Uh, Calwatt, have you do you know Karina? Have you met her before? Um, I don't know. It's possible, but I, I figured I was just going to shut up and let you guys talk. Oh, no. <laughs> introduce you. He's friends with. He's good friends, Karina, with that Hanson kid, that Bart Hanson. They uh, have some business together. Oh, right. well, congratulations. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, that's, that's uh... so. Okay, Karina, I, I was reading what you were saying, and I, I might have not understood it correctly. But what I stated about tomorrow, the podcast, Jim Cooley, uh, is that correct? You're going to be on at seven thirty, yes. and you're going to be yes. speaking about this Miss Moscow uh, situation, and then Miss Moscow is going to be on following you around eight thirty. Is that is that accurate? That's what I've been told. Okay, and what what exactly? I mean, have they given you a, a range of what they're going to speak to you about, or, or I mean, is it just going to be a vague interview with your feelings, or what exactly is going to be discussed with you? I don't know exactly yet. I mean, I'm sure that he wants to get my take on the whole story, or I guess my opinion, but um, you know, I don't know. I don't know to what extent. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want my whole interview to be all about her. Like, I have other okay. things to talk about, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, we're friends. You know, I've known you for a long time. Let's not just wait for this to come out on that Cooley show. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you feel comfortable with in regards to your feelings on this or whatever you want to share? Anything you, you may uh, think that we've interpreted wrong? I know you've been listening for a while. So why don't we just turn it over to you and just uh, – Speak. Tell us what you think. Well, I mean, what do you guys want to know? Ask me a direct question. Well, okay, so uh, 
How do you feel about uh, you know, whether Jacqueline Moscow, is, is she a victim and a, a hero to women for coming out, or, or is this uh, the opposite where, where this seems like exploitation or, or somewhere in the middle? Well, you know, I, I feel like something probably did happen at the bar. I don't know to what extent, but, you know, you have to question the fact of, like, if she had something disturbing happen to her, why didn't she report it right away? Why did a year and so long go by? Why did all these things happen in between? You know, it just really questions, you know, if she's saying, you know, I'm the one that's the victim, then why didn't the victim come out? Why did she wait till all these other things happened that didn't happen in her favor happened to her and then she decided to call them out on it? That makes me feel like maybe her intentions were not sincere, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm not there to witness it. I just don't know. You know, these are the questions that come to my mind. Well, now, if this happened to you, here's a good question. So you're a woman. See, we can't completely relate to everything that's accused to have happened because everybody else on the line is, is male. But but if you were at a, at a bar, and forget Nolan, who I, I know you probably know personally, but but uh, some just a guy in poker you know of, that, but that you're not uh, friends with or anything, and uh, don't know all that well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he did this to you. Uh, at the bar, mm-hmm. what, what would your reaction be? What would happen if, if a guy tried to motorboat you at a bar who wasn't like a, a good friend of yours? Well, that's another thing. Like if my husband was at the bar and somebody tried to motorboat me, I just don't see how somebody could be so disrespectful when my husband is in the building to do something like that. With that being said, I've seen crazy, you know, I've been in really crazy situations in my 20 plus years being in poker with that kind of stuff happening and, you know, been sexually harassed many, many of times, um, you know, if I was uncomfortable about it, I would say something, I would say something right away. I mean, I've been, you know, like being married for the last 15 years didn't stop people from making comments to me or being inappropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah, and but if, if and if this happened here, like like if if a guy started trying to do, can, can you picture a situation where if a guy started to try to motorboat you out of nowhere, where he could continue for for enough time for another guy to be cheering it on or anything with without you stopping? Like, would do you understand how she? This could Nobody have has motorboated me without me letting them motorboat me. So I don't know how that can happen. Yeah, like like how can it occur for that long? It's, I, I'm not understanding. Like you, you would for think me, that... it's more like a two way thing. You know, like you know, have you ever tried to motorboat a girl without a girl trying to help you motorboat her? No, no, I would never do that. But uh, but yeah, and but if I if I tried, I wouldn't try. <laughs> but but if if I had tried that, if if I had tried that, and and she didn't want it, what she would do is she'd back away or push me away or say she'd something. Back away or push your head away. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Right. So uncomfortable. That's what I'm not right. understanding. Or, or right? slap you right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm not understanding here. Why? Why did that not happen? Why are we not hearing any narrative about what occurred while he was trying, while he was doing this? Why are we not hearing? And I think the reason we're not hearing is because right. she did and nothing. Why are we not hearing? You know, for me, like if there's all these people and colleagues at the bar, how come nobody was a witness to any of this? But apparently there were. But nobody wants to come out and defend uh, her. That you know, that doesn't make sense me well i can believe see if, if only a few people saw it if it was something let's say it went on for 10 seconds okay it's it's believable to me that in 10 seconds that this could have happened in, in an area of the bar that, that if they were in the center of the bar or the dance floor that, that would be seen but if you're kind of in the corner 
at a table or something. Uh, it, it went on for 10 seconds. It's possible everyone could miss it except those in the immediate area. And if everyone in the immediate area was close to Nolan, I could see why they're not ratting him out. Oh, yeah, I saw it happen. He was motorboating. Like, like I could see if you're his friend, you don't do that and screw him over. But So that doesn't shock me. But what, what, what uh, the thing I just don't understand, she won't even explain it, is how did this happen for as long as it did without her resisting it? And nobody noticed well, yeah, but, you know, my question is, too, okay, if that happened, which, you know, let's say it did happen, okay? Let's just say, for example, okay, she never reported it, but not until she didn't get what she wanted, yes. all of a sudden her feelings changed. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes, that's what I've and been saying the whole time. And maybe it yeah. very well did happen, and she didn't have a problem with it then, but as the time went on and she didn't get what she wanted with Poker Night in America, maybe... She did have a problem with, it. and that's the problem. That's, that's, and that's it's a good point. That's a problem with these type of claims after the person is bitter that they didn't get something they were angling for because you don't know when if it even did occur how consensual it was. If the person Correct. was totally fine that's with it, at the, yeah, they were totally fine with it at the time, and then when they don't get what they want, then suddenly they're not fine with it anymore. That's why you have to report that's- it quickly, and that's why you also don't angle for things before reporting it or, or telling the public about it, because then all it looks like is you were trying to use the situation that didn't even bother you that much or at all to, to get what you wanted, and then when you didn't, then you were going to change your story and say, I don't want, didn't want it anymore. Right. And maybe if they did pay her off the 100000 we would have never heard about this story. Yeah. Like, like, Definitely. Think, think of this hypothetical situation, everybody. What? Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, these are questions that yeah, they are. haven't been asked. They are. They are, and think of this hypothetical situation. Say, say that I was single. Say that a uh, a girl who who thought that I was a, a Jew who had money and she could take advantage of that uh, slept with me voluntarily. Didn't you know? There, there was no pressure, no rape, nothing like that. It was t- totally voluntary. And then afterwards, feeling that you know, since she had sex with me, she's a pretty girl, and it's it's going to open up the Jew wallet. And she said, "Hey, uh, can you back me in the World Series?" And I go, whoa, 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 no, 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 I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't back anybody in the World Series. And then she gets mad. And let's say the World Series is a few months later. She asks me a few months later, can you back me in the World Series? I say no. And then she comes out and says, you know what? Uh, Todd raped me. Todd, Todd pressured me into sex. Todd, you know, all these awful things about what I've done. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, I have no way to, to prove I didn't. Uh, I, I know I did have sex with her, but I don't have a way to prove that it was consensual. And I'd say, look. The, the the thing that's most in my defense here is she didn't report this until after she wasn't getting something that she was trying to get out of me. And and in fact, don't you guys see she had sex with me so she can ask me for a World Series backing, and once she doesn't get it, then she changes her story about how consensual it was. And that's the problem. You can't you can't claim to be a victim after you've tried to get something out of someone and they don't give it to you. Then then it, your story right. becomes questionable. Even if you really were a victim, at that point, you've just called your own story into question. That's why you can't do this. Well, Todd, I, I actually right. had exactly that happen to me, uh, exactly the scenario that you're describing. And I, and I don't mean to uh, condone boorish behavior at all. Uh, and I definitely uh, do believe that women are, are victimized all the time. Uh, but I had that exact scenario that you describe happen to me uh, back in college. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, kind of dating a girl. We we had sex. It was the, her first time that she ever had sex, and actually that night we had sex twice. You know, whatever. Ended up uh, breaking up with her. Now he's Not, bragging. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I, I was a lot younger. Okay, 
I could, you could do that kind of stuff back then. Now, kind of roll over and pass out. But, um, you know, I, I broke up with her not too long after that. Um, and the next thing you know, she told her uh, roommates that I raped her. Mm. And I had, uh, you know, the, they slashed my tires and all sorts of fun stuff wow. happened. Obviously, you know, no charges were brought, but it was, I mean, it was, it was a horrible situation for me. Now, thankfully, not too long after that, um, you know, her true colors kind of shone through and uh, her roommates came up to me uh, about a year later and apologized and didn't say we didn't realize what a, what a crazy bitch she was. But I'm, that kind of thing does happen too, uh, where if women, uh, not, not all women, but it, it, it happens that if someone is upset about something, they can use that as a powerful weapon. Yeah, and that's you why, and, right? And that's why, and that's why we need to, when when analyzing who to believe, people say, "Oh, you've always got to believe the woman; otherwise, you need to discourage other women from coming forward when they get harassed." No, you don't. Just, but then you can't always believe the woman, or or in situations like what happened to Calwad here, uh, then the victim here is is the man who's being wrongfully accused. So you can't just automatically believe someone who claims to be a victim. It, it's a delicate situation, yeah. here, right? Here's I mean, the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I was kind of disturbed. Okay, Vanessa Phelps. Did you see any of her tweets yes, regarding this? Yes. Okay, like she said, public service announcement calling authenticity into question as first response when somebody comes out with a story of sexual abuse is not appropriate. Well, you don't think calling somebody out with a 20-year career Uh that he's built up and not having, you you better have the goods to back it up, to destroy somebody's career? Yeah, exactly. And then she compared it, and then we have Bill Cosby. She's she's (laughs) comparing this incident to a a guy that raped, you know, over a hundred women. Yeah, that's horrible. This is not the same thing. No, it's not even close. And and And, and it it really diminishes what did the horrible things that happened to those women. Yeah, and 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 right, and and the other thing here is that. It's not saying that you should call into question every claim a woman makes about this. You should call into question any woman who brings up a claim like this that has been angling for various money. advantageous things and or money the entire time prior to coming out. That that's who you need to call into question. Right. You don't if, right. if the ones right. you should, the I ones you should you. believe more, the ones you should really give more support to are the ones that just come forward with with the accusation that have had nothing to gain and tried to gain nothing from it before coming forward. You don't you don't believe automatically somebody that comes forward that has been angling for a lot of advantageous things for them and money for a year and a half before coming out. Listen, I've seen numerous girls do things that probably they didn't want to do because they thought they could get a deal or they could get advance in something, okay? And then they didn't get what they wanted. And then all of a sudden, they claimed that they were, you know, inappropriately touched or they did, you know, it, it happens all the time. Yep, yep. And that's why you have to watch out. And that's why all the social justice warriors who think that they're cheering on a woman for, for calling out uh, a, a terrible sexual harasser and poker who's part of the old boys club who thinks he can get away with victimizing women, that's not what's happening here. And they, they've got to see what's going on on the other side. You can't say, oh, it doesn't I mean, matter. We don't, you know what? Here's the thing, Todd. We really don't know what happened. There's two sides of the story. There's actually eight sides of the story in this particular case, and we've only heard three sides of the story right now. We still haven't heard from Todd Anderson. We still haven't heard from Chris Kappa. We still haven't heard from Chris Hansen. We still haven't heard from probably many numerous witnesses. Yeah. We still don't have all the facts. And on a brighter note real fast, I was uh, just informed, Karina, that 
Uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Amanda Wheeler is 30-handed in the casino employee event. Huh. Wow. 30-handed? Yep. There, she's, uh, according to uh, WSOP.com, she's 14 out of 30 uh, playing for a cool 75K. Now, she's not related to Lisa Wheeler, is she? Hell no. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah, please, Todd. I know. Uh, uh, speaking of WSOP, Karina, the, you want you want to bring her up, Todd? No, I would just say that. I, I brought up I brought up the uh, the taboo topic here. Yeah, Lisa oh Wheeler God, is like your tide. Like that's you know. Anyhow, speaking of the WSOP, Karina, what what are your plans? When are you, what are you playing? When do you play first? Tell us what's going on for the. I am playing, my first event is at the Horse uh, Tuesday. I still have about 15 uh, shares left in my package that I'm selling. Oh, wow. If you want to look it up on Facebook or Twitter, you can. What is your Twitter name? Is it, it's Karina Jett. Karina Jett. J-E-T-T? Yes. Okay. Yes. How many, how many events are in the package? Five. And what are they? Um, that's a good question. I believe it's stud high low. Okay. She said horse. That's another one. I am bringing it up. Horse. Horse, uh, the millionaire maker and Raz and another horse for 3000. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, anyone interested in, uh, buying some shares of an accomplished poker pro holler at Karina, they're on Facebook or Karina Jed on Twitter. And Karina, I have to ask, where are you going to be July 2nd? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Trader Ruski, are you still with us? He just texted uh, me. What am I? I'm sorry, buddy. I forgot, dude. Karina, uh, this is Trader Ruski, uh, kind of like our producer, uh, Trader Ruski, Karina. Trader Ruski? Trader hey, Ruski? That's the brand Hi, nice Ruski. name. How you doing? I'm doing great. Better now. Awesome. Good. good. So, um, nice so crap for the interview tomorrow. <laughs> Karina, where are you going to be on July 2nd? Because I know where I'm going to be. July 2nd at noon, I will be at the Celebrity Poker Tournament hosted by Brad Garrett, benefiting the Maximum Hope Foundation. And they are actually giving a $10,000 grand prize for a $250 buy-in. So wow. that's your chance to get your main event money. Wow. And they're having a special. Uh-huh. Go on. They're having a special. If you have, if you purchase two rebuys in advance, they'll give you a third one free. And Brad Garrett, that was a funny guy from the Raymond show. Like the real funny that's brother. That's right. And, and, and this isn't going to be, be like. other celebs and Procol Pros there too. And, and they're, they're going to really, uh, the rebuy money is going to really, uh, uh, go go into the prize pool and to, and to the charity, not to not like in the Colorado uh, Golden Gate Casino where they steal the rebuy money, right? Uh, no, I'm just I, no, I'm not accusing. Them. I'm just joking. Right? That's a that's a topic later in today's show about uh, rebuy money being stolen. So okay, yeah, I don't know anything about that because I don't accept rebuy money. The no, casino also- is supposed to accept rebuy money. Now, also, Karina, I've been told, I don't know if this is even true, that on long holiday weekends, you can often be spotted uh, as an EV player playing camel racing at Circus Circus <laughs> properties. Oh, wow. Is that true? That's what I, I don't know if this is true, that you're a plus EV yes. camel racer. Tell us about that. Either I'm at Disneyland or Camel Chase. 
Okay, tell what, what for those that don't know, what is Camel Chase at Circus Circus? Camel Chase is one of my favorite games of all time where you take a ball and you roll it down a lane where it ha- and it has holes that say one, two, or three, and depending on what hole you get, which is the hardest, your camel will go as fast as your number. Oh, I used it. to play that like back in the 70s, yeah. Wow. So you're, you've somehow become Don't a Don't tell plus. everybody how old you are, Todd. I tell everybody. They know. So, Karina, you've, you've basically become a plus EV camel racer? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I'm ahead. I'm ahead for all time, yes. Life, you're a lifetime ahead. You're not. So, yes. But, 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 but she's playing against, she plays against like five-year-olds, though. It's not much competition. Doesn't really matter, Todd. No, that is not true. <laughs> now, and I hear that whatever you win, the prizes you just donate, you're kind of like a, the Peter Pan of camel racing. Is that correct? Well, I do or... donate them to my children, but then my children donate those toys to other kids. Oh, that's so nice. it's really fun. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, though, if I uh, if I bring Benjamin to Circus Circus, I'm going to have to have him avoid the matches that you're in. It's like table selection. You know, he's going to have to he's going to have to table select. If I see Karina there, I go, no, 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 Ben, wait till the next one. Wait till she leaves. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you will have to wait till uh, I leave. Yeah, I will. Cause I'm not going to have Ben competing with you. He's going to have no shot. That's funny. No, no shot. So the the one thing that uh, you know, getting back to the original topic and, and why you know we called you, the one thing that Todd and I kind of disagreed on, I guess even Callawat uh, tended or sided with me regarding uh, Jacqueline Moscow, was that Todd was of the belief that this could somehow possibly benefit her, whether it's in the form of stakes or even a sponsorship. I don't think that to be the case. I don't think this is going to benefit her, uh, not in today's market where people that are even. Mm-hmm. Winning players, uh, you know, female players, even male players can't get sponsorship and not really many money-making opportunities, you know, in that arena. Do you agree with that? Or no, do you I don't that- see – you know, it might benefit her because now everybody knows her name because everybody didn't before. Um, but in that respect, I don't think it's going to benefit her monetarily um, because just for the fact, simple fact that – Sponsorship deals are far and few between right now. I mean, it's harder than ever to get a sponsorship deal. It's just like, you know, the percentages are so unlikely. I but mean, but would you say this, has, this has increased her chances before it was just about zero, and now it's now it's gone uh, well above that because now she's become much more well-known and someone who, who maybe wants to – uh, make it appear like well, their, co- their companies. She's like more of like an infamous person. Well, no, but right? what, what if it's what about like, a company? Well, there's a site, online site called FemaleWarriorCrusaderPoker.com. Well, no, but what about some company that wants to appear like they're they're progressive and sensitive and and that they're supporting the victimized woman? I could see they such they as wouldn't... what? What company? I don't know. I, I don't know which Give company does example. this. I, I don't know. I don't know which company would want to do this. Any of them? Of... Any of them could do it actually. I don't know which one that would, would. Just take us ten steps backwards. Well, I, mean, I just don't a, a, think that wow. a lot of these. I, I can tell you that if I'm Maury Escandani, I'm going to be inviting Karina on long before I would invite this Moscow girl on. Now, because... Karina single-handedly uh, chopped up that Annie Duke on that poker night, uh, poker after dark night thing. Do you remember that, guys? I Anyone do. I remember. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, the the main the main thing is, you know, no one is going to want her. On TV, I don't think because they're not going to want to have to deal with uh, the kid gloves, and it, it, it sounds like 
above and beyond do you think that the... anybody after what poker night in america has experienced with her do you think another show wants to have no not another show i don't think i don't think another show will invite her i'm saying like a sponsor like a poker site where where she doesn't have to she just has to wear their patch i could see that where, where they hope that any company well any company i'm th- saying might it, she might be yeah. a liability she could be but some may feel they're going to benefit with the social justice warriors and they're going to do it anyway i, I can see I, it I, I mean, I guess, but the the potential for lawsuits is just so huge. Yeah, de- like, definitely, no show is going to invite her on again. That I can. Tell I mean, you. obviously, that's why that that you know everybody's lawyered up now because you know these com- these the com- you know Todd Anderson, Chris Hansen, is that his name? Chris yeah, Hansen. Yeah, Chris Hansen. Yeah. Um, Chris Capra. They all work for large corporations, right? They're all lawyered up now. They're all not speaking. There's a, that's for a reason. No, I know that. Because in, in they this have situation, liability. Yeah. I know. She has, they have everything to lose. She has nothing to lose. Yep. I, I, I think true. at best she's going to end up as a royal flush girl. Well, you know, <laughs> let me ask everyone this. Right now it's June 1st, 2016. Six months from now, December 1st, 2016, will we still be talking about this? I mean, any degree, will this just be a story that, that – Kind oh, of God, captivated not. everybody for a week or two. Yeah, and it's going to die down. It, is, it, it, well, yes. obviously, it won't maintain the luster it has now. But I guess what I'm saying is, is this going to be a person that is going to be a whatever happened to XXX six months, a year, two years? Probably from now? yes. That's probably going to be. They're probably going to fade to away. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, I really don't like. Even though I'm sure she was violated in some way, and I don't want to take anything away from that, like in the gist of everything like there's so much hurt and pain in the world that people go through on a daily basis like this is not a big deal it really isn't no, it's not like, it's not if a big somebody deal. said something offensive i get said somebody says something offensive to me every day at the poker table worse than anti-semitic remarks you know i just deal with it i don't think i'm gonna go sue somebody over it you know these are things that like you know people are dealing you know there's people that are hungry in this world. These are people that are like rape victims. There's people like going through so much more than this. Oh yeah. That, yeah. And, and it's and not just that. Blowing this up like it's like this most atrocious thing. It really isn't. Yeah. And at the poker table, it's, I know this didn't all occur at the poker table, but at the poker table, there's, there's always bad behavior and everybody who plays poker at some point uh, is, is treated poorly by somebody else there. I've been treated poorly at the table at times by both men and women. Not the same, you know. Like, like I've had bad experiences with with both genders over the years at at tables, and I'm not right. suing anyone. That's and I'm not, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like I said, like you know, if this happened to her and she feels violated, you know, I feel bad for her. But I don't think, in retrospect, if you look back and think of like how there's so many more like more serious crimes out there, then this is not really that. Big yeah, this of a isn't deal, a big deal. It's, it's a minor thing that's been blown up into ridiculousness. And okay. if he really wants to say, like, oh, well, I was violated or whatever, like, then I just don't understand why she didn't come out with it right away. If she feels so strongly that she was violated, why was that not reported? She's trying to get a hundred k. Yeah, she's trying to get a lot of, a lot out of it. No, well, Korea, then, I, you I know, just, then... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, go ahead. I was going to say I just got a tweet from. Uh, a girl named Melly Bear Go Raw, ah, and it says, "Oh my God, oh my God!" I'm listening to my favorite poker player, Karina Jet, live on the radio now. I got to play triple draw with her in Reno. Yes, I you love her. Talk- yes, 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 I do. It's the girl with the dog. Yes, yes. In Reno. Yes, Karina uh, picked up uh, a uh, admirer. She during triple draw. Hi, Melly. <laughs> 
You're yeah. the sweetest girl. You know, Brandon has a semi-crush on you, too. You know oh, that, right? Gosh. Oh, <laughs> Don't act like you didn't, Brandon. I, I he mean, was the, so complimentary towards her. But she, you have to admit, she was like the nicest poker player like you, I've ever met. Karina busted her. I, I, we were playing uh, this eight-game tournament. Karina happened to actually be seated on my right. And uh, if I recall correctly, Karina was in the big Listen. blind. Was it like a blind-on-blind yeah, blind situation? Yeah, yes, it was like a blind-on-blind, yes. blind and you told her... Not to to play the hand. No, no, no. Oh, we'll he talk asked story. me if I had a good hand. <laughs> That's a collusion. <laughs> okay. She we'll asked, wait a second. She asked me if I had a good hand, and I said yes because I felt bad that she, you know, you know, was short or whatever. And she said, "Okay, well, I call." And I said, "Okay, then I raise." And then <laughs> she called. <laughs> okay, and then. She drew, we were playing no, hold on, seven. Time out. She, she drew said, four. She, hold on, but she said, I, don't, I shouldn't play this hand, but oh my God, oh my God, I just want to draw so bad. And then she called. <laughs> right, she called, right. And then she drew four, I drew one. Wow. Okay, and do the seven, Jeez. right? She drew four, okay. Then she um, bet. She bet. Do you remember that? Wow, she, 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 she draws four cards and she bets. That's it's amazing. Yes. Now, Karina yes, only had the in, She called. I right. only had the wheel. That's all. And she actually made an eight with her draw, and then pretty much that was it from there. She stood pat. Then you flipped over your hands, and she asked if she could change her mind. <laughs> and they said, no, ma'am. <laughs> I like, forgot please, about please, that. I just want to draw some more. She's like, no, ma'am, you said you're Pat. And then that was over, and she said, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she was just like this really young uh, girl, and she was very excitable, very friendly. And she had a chow chow with her that, I mean, it just was the most adorable dog. It was a huge dog. Adorable I mean, dog. Yeah. And this was for the Jason Somerville Classic. And, and – uh, Karina also, during this trip, got to meet, as well as I did, um, a television, a famous television personality, who Karina now... Oh, God. I hope, Mr. <laughs> J- I hope Mr. Jet isn't listening, but who Karina uh, now has a crush on. Uh-oh. And who is that man, Karina? He's so adorable. It's Tom- Austin Robb from Survivor. <laughs> now, I, I am not a Survivor fan myself. I, I know, Todd, you've... Just knowing you, you've probably never watched much no, of that show. No, I don't either. Uh, Kalawat, Traderuski, have you guys ever, do you know anything no. about Survivor? No. Traderuski? Don't watch it. Okay. Is that a don't? No, I don't. I don't watch it. I think okay. Yeah, no, I, no, I've never seen it. Yeah. But anyhow, Karina, just so you know, if you, you want to get into stalking mode, he right now is at the Aria, and uh, he is apparently sweating the I already talked to him today. I already spoke oh, to him today. come on. Seriously? No. <laughs> how, did, how did you speak with him today? How do you just because meet we were discussing? I mean, he started because he gave me his phone number. Wow! So oh now you're just goodness. texting the dude that won Survivor. <laughs> That's how she, she rolls. Yeah, I invited him. I invited him to dinner next week. Oh boy! Is is uh, is Chip going to be there? Yeah, I invited him too. Okay. Where, where are you guys going for like dinner? An, I don't know yet. Look, am I invited? Is that Anna Kay going to be there? Right. No. Oh. I'm not interested. You have to get her phone number on your own. Okay, and listen, uh, I have a big prop bet on this, so I, I need you to answer honestly, okay? So just be honest. You know, no, I'm not going to tell you what set I'm on. 
If I said the name Fedor Holtz to you, what would that mean? Am I pronouncing nothing. it right? Todd? Fedor. She just said, Fedor. Yeah, yeah, she just said nothing. Okay, but say I want to say the name right. Kalawat, say the name, please. Fedor Holtz. Okay, does that name mean anything to you? No. Okay, Kalawat, can you tell her a little bit about this gentleman? <laughs> he's got eight million in tournament winnings, and he's a he's an online crusher as well as he's been just smashing a lot of the really high buy-in tournaments. And, he, and he's twenty-two. Yeah, he's and a beast. He's, he's heads up as we speak. You know what? I'm so out of touch in the poker world in that respect, like with the newbies and stuff. Like just going to Jason Somerville's tournament was like an eye-opening experience to all the new kids on the block, Yeah, basically. I don't keep up with that stuff. I have no time in the day. I mean, I literally worked till like 9.30 tonight. Wow. That's what time I got home. And then wow. I watched Ultimate, Ultimate, uh, what is it? Ultimate Warrior, something like that, something like that I, came I out today know. with my oh. kids, and then I put them to bed. Wow. It's a long day. Well, anyhow, he's heads up as we speak uh, at the Aria, being sweated by your boy, uh, Boston Rob, playing for uh, $5 million right now, this uh, Fedora Holtz. Um, Good for him. So the point I was making is I hope he's I not broke in the next five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually was, the real deal. The point I was making is I had no idea either who this guy was, but apparently – uh, other listeners and, and one of my other co-hosts, you know, just knows about this guy and he's been tearing up poker. But like you, I don't – I couldn't tell you who the new online crushers were or, as you said, the newbies. And uh, just like you, even when I was in uh, Reno, they're cheering for people and applauding and they're like, no, that's – what's his name? He's this and he's that and he's – I have no idea. I didn't know who any of those people were. You know, remember – No idea. No they're, idea. They're pumping their fists and – uh, what was the one kid that won the Asian kid that was like, uh, he ended up being, who was the Asian kid on, on poker he stars? He said that he was from poker stars. Yeah, stars. that, that he had been like supernova, out. he had been supernova lead for like f- five times, played more You're hands. talking about Nana Noko? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yes. Yeah. He, he actually yes. won, uh, what was it, was that the six, what was that tournament? Was that the, what was the one you played in? Uh, Jeannie and I didn't play in it because we were tired, but it was that No Limit. Six, six max. Okay, it was just no a limit. no limit six max. Yeah. So anyhow, he won that, and the place went wild. Like, like you would think that. You know what? Uh, that tournament one of the, was one of the most fun tournaments I've been to in a long time because everybody had good energy. When people would knock each other out, they would laugh about it. They would applaud when people would win. I mean, those are the you know that's what you, they had such a good you know sportsmanship there. Yeah, I play in a tournament. I draw the guy on the turn in Omaha, and he calls me a fucking idiot, and a big brouhaha starts. I mean, that's how bad I run. <laughs> playing a poker tournament, there's this old guy in the You were the seat. only one that they called an idiot, by the way. I'm sorry? That guy called an idiot. He called everybody else an idiot. Right, I know, but I was the one that spoke up. I mean, he kept calling everyone idiots the whole entire tournament, but... Yeah, I mean, I still can't play in a tournament without some sort of controversy, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of fun up there. Uh, and I think we're going to have uh, – Todd and I were talking earlier. I think we're going to have Jason uh, Summer- Somerville on at some point. Uh, very, very you know nice what? kid. He's one of the nicest guys. Yep. Very nice. Nice to everybody. Very humble. And you I know, told, appreciative. I told Todd this uh, via text. I didn't realize until we got there 
and just saw the response, just how big a name this guy was. Like, he's huge. Like, he has a very strong fan base. I mean, there were people, there were young kids. You remember, there was that one kid that was at our table that flew in just from England just to play in this series, like, which I found very, I know. very, very insane. And you know what else I noticed? I'm a fan. There were a lot of young male homosexuals at this tournament. Not that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that that I guess that's what he's doing, or that's part of what he's doing, making people that that are you know homosexual maybe they can relate to him better, they feel more comfortable. But there was a did you notice there was kind of a large contingency of homosexuals at the tournament? I'm okay. not saying that's first not first of all. Is that, is that politically incorrect? First to say? of all, okay, I'm going to say something here. Okay. Jason oh. Summerbelt is not known for being a gay poker player. Well, actually, I disagree. You know, he, he, is, okay. he's no, he was known for that first, and then he became better known for the Twitch. But I'm not saying it in a bad way. Is that is that politically incorrect to say? No, I think it's fine. No, I wouldn't say that. I don't. I don't think he would appreciate that comment. That's no, I don't think he'd mind. It's just okay. no, 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 no. I think Brandon just saying How do you that. Know? No, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think what Brandon's saying is nothing I, bad. I think she's saying that he. I think Brandon's saying he's become kind of a hero to to gay male poker players who felt uncomfortable. Really, because all the other gay male poker players have come out after him. No, that's Ooh. no, no. But but they they showed up there. The point is that he's he's someone who has come out who who everybody likes who has an extremely popular. Uh, it's broadcast. like saying you don't think your people in villages in Vietnam that you're their hero. <laughs> of course, so you don't think there's some little girl right now in Saigon saying I want to be the next Karina Jet. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad no. thing to say. There's a lot of, of of gay male poker players that that look up to Jason Somerville that he's a successful player that he's got the successful broadcast that uh, you know, that he's come out and everyone likes him and they think you know it's a it, maybe he makes them feel more comfortable to be uh, that's that's a, what I was a, a, a gay yes. poker player at the table whereas before everyone was in the closet everyone was uh, was uh, exactly. afraid to be seen as being gay at the poker and, sort of the the Rosa Parks of the homosexual yes. yeah. and, and of course. It's, Maybe it's, being gay in poker is weird to you guys, but because of it's not the weird. No one said it's, with, it's no, not. No, no. But nobody was out. Nobody was out before. Okay, all I was saying, and and when I mentioned this, Todd agreed. I did not know the name Jason Somerville. The first I ever heard of him was, oh my God, there's this really good poker player that came out of the closet. This is his name. That's what I knew him. Yeah, of. me I mean, too. That's just yeah. that's a fact. No, I, I think I knew I knew of Jason Summerville before the gay thing. Okay, but you did, but I didn't. A lot of people that was their first exposure to him. Right, and that's all I meant by that. that yeah, I'm that's sure. Not, that's not in any way because it was a big story. Because because I know I know Vanessa Selps was out a long time ago, but she's female. It's a little different as far as a, a gay male in poker that was out of the closet. There there were pretty much none in, until right. he did it. So it, so it, that was a big it, deal. You know what is so bizarre? There's such a big. It's such a bizarre thing in poker because in for women in poker, it's very open and accepted that there's plenty of gay women that play poker, okay? But on the male side of, of the coin, it's not very, you know, accepted or, you know, I don't think it's well... I could personally received. care less. It doesn't really matter to me. I, I understand, mean, but I think... I mean, you're not going home with you. Know, I mean, there's what, only... What, I don't even know there's what that very means. Few people, there's very few people that have come out publicly 
There are. That, that's why we think that, that he, Jason Somerville has a following. Even if these guys haven't come out yet, it's, it's, it's encourages them. They see that he has and everything has worked out fine for him. That it's not, he's not getting harassment at the tail for being gay. He's, he's very well liked in the poker world. He's, you know, he's, he's got all these fans who watch his Twitch broadcast. That, that, as you said, he has now – you don't even know him as a gay poker player. Now You, you now know him as the guy who's got uh, 25,000 people watching him play poker on Twitch. That's what people know him for now, not for being gay. And so, this, so he has uh, – despite being the first male to come out as gay in poker, that he's gotten past that, and that doesn't define him anymore. And, and that's, right. that's where they would look up to him, saying, I can come out too, and it's not going to define me. And I think that, that's great. That's, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah. think the, the bottom line for me is that, uh, you know, he's a really nice guy, and it's 2016. I mean, to me, it's not a big deal, no matter what field that someone comes out as gay it's just kind of like you know whatever it it really makes no difference to me but if his uh you know being a publicly gay guy that plays poker encourages more gay guys to play poker then great you know we could use all the help we can get (laughs) unless unless they're good then i don't want them well uh, (laughs) obviously you want them to be bad yeah i mean that's the same way i feel about women in poker why we have these women events okay it's the same reason why we have these to encourage more women to play poker not because we want to be separated it just encourages more women to play and that's fine i i, I don't object to there being women's events they want to the only thing that got ridiculous is that that uh, one ept event where there there is no restriction for the gender so there was tons of men in the women's event and tons of women in the men's event <laughs> you look like the top 10 i actually don't have a problem with men playing women's events, actually. Well, that defeats the purpose. Then that's fine. I mean, I was at the final table, the the poker event where the guy made the final table. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were heckling him. You were at the the final (laughs) event of the table where I got into a fight via Twitter with... Yeah, uh, yeah, with Jack Effel, and he blocked you. No, it wasn't Jack Effel. It was the other guy. It was a floorman. But didn't Jack Effel block you after that? Yeah, but it was... Who was it? uh, Thompson, Thomas? Yeah, I forgot forgot the guy's name, yeah. Yeah, but... You were at that final table, and, and what did you think? It's funny because this is fucking years ago. What did you think of the way the floor, the, the announcers, and the staff treated that guy? It was guy? horrible. I thought horrible. so, too. Horrible. They were, they were trying to incite you. the crowd to root against him and, and yes. making fun of yes. him and calling yes. him a pussy. Like, that was insanely yeah, – that, that, was, that was very unprofessional. Very un- – yeah, exactly. It was very unprofessional. You know what? Let me tell you, I sat next to him the majority of the tournament, okay, prior to getting to the final table, and they were just mentally abusing this guy. And even though it wasn't directed towards me, I felt that I was getting mentally abused because I had to hear it. And it was very distracting for me to have to go through that even though it wasn't directed towards me, I can still hear that it still affects me. Yeah, the, the, and the I'm staff trying sh- to play a tournament for $150,000. Yeah, the, the staff should never be doing things like that, even if they don't agree with what he did. And I don't agree with what he I don't think he should have entered, and I think he was kind of a jerk to enter. But the, if the other players are going to insult him about it, fine. But it's it, his fine. choice, and I, they I allowed him right. to. No, well, they had to, al- they, had, they had to allow him because of the law. But the, the thing is, they, I, I understand other players being mad and insulting him, and he wouldn't really have a right to complain that women at the table are mad at him and insulting him, but the, the staff should never insult him the staff should never absolutely they shouldn't and you know what that kid the whole tournament did not say one word he was not rude he didn't say one word he kept to himself he was never disrespectful he was quiet the whole time he never even responded to any of the 
the abuse that was thrown at him by, you know, whale birds or anything like that. You know, nothing. He was very, you know, I, I think he handled it unbelievably well because, you know, if it was me, there's no way I could hold back. But, you know, horrible for him. I mean, uh, I actually felt horrible I've, for I've him because you. he was a nice guy. I've seen you go off at Vietnamese restaurants when they don't put enough noodles in the spring roll. So, of course, you're not going to tolerate that. Uh, Karina, let me ask you a question, though. If you are behind having ladies' events uh, with the idea being to get more women in poker, which I uh, 100% support, um, do you think having men infiltrate these events could turn some women off? I mean, isn't the point of those women-only events? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean – Of course. Of course. I'm not saying that – it doesn't hurt other women because they feel uncomfortable when men enter. I'm saying for me, okay, if right, a man entered a woman's event, I yeah. don't have a problem playing with it. It actually puts a target on their head, actually, because but, women go after the male. But maybe from a, a bigger picture point of view. Maybe from a bigger picture no, point of view, it wouldn't be the best absolutely. thing? Absolutely. I agree yeah. with you. It's not the best thing because then people, women are like, what the hell? You know, this is making me feel uncomfortable. Or, right. you know, if a woman was busted out by a guy, she would feel like cheated almost. You know, that feeling of like, you know, I got busted out by a guy in a women's tournament. That would make them, you know, feel worse than they probably already do. Because I, know, I think the, the guys that enter the women's tournaments, I just think they're dicks. And by the way, uh, Karina, Amanda Wheeler now is 10th in chips with 25 remaining for 75000 So are they playing this out all night? No, they're not. Tomorrow it will be uh, – they either play till a certain level tonight or the final table. They're not going to reach the final table, I don't think. So they'll play uh, – let's see what level they're on. I mean, it's been a long day. Yeah, it's a long day. It's, not, it's almost midnight, yeah. Noon. They'll probably play, I imagine, maybe I don't know, one more level. But they definitely – it's – it's it's a three day. Event. They say it's a two day event, but it's a three day event. It, it it never ends in two days. So, uh, but good for her. That's the only name, obviously. I know it's funny. I, I even said that before. I doubt I'll know or any of us will know any names, but uh, I somehow missed her. And uh, she's she's doing good. She's got one hundred twenty thousand in chips. The blinds are. I mean, the blinds are high for everyone. Five and ten thousand. A thousand dollar ante. And. They're going to play – they're on level 20, and I'm trying to see if it says – no, it doesn't say how many more level. Oh, okay. They're going to play one more level, so they'll play – this is going to be it. After level 20 ends, that's it for the night. So Level 20, be, wow. <laughs> yeah, they're on level – well, they're only 30 minutes. Yeah, level. for 30 minutes. So it's like 10 levels of, of yeah. normal. 10 hours, dinner break, and then the other breaks. Yeah. I mean, it's a long yeah, day. Yeah, it's long days here. Yeah. So shout out to Amanda. Good luck. And uh, anyhow, uh, Karina, I know it's late. You got to be up early. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Again, if anyone wants, uh, she only has a couple small pieces left in her WSOP package. Uh, holler at her via and Facebook, Sunday, Twitter, Twitter dot com slash Karina Jet. I'm, I'm sorry, Karina. We have what? You have till Monday. Yes, till Monday. So five days left. Five days left. Yeah, reach in your pocket, Todd. Come on. Oh, come on. I, I have people buying pieces of me. I can't afford to buy pieces of you. <laughs> I, I'm selling. I'm not buying. Dude, I think that you – I actually did not think that you would ever do that, by no. the way. I, well, I don't no, buy it from I anybody. So I, the answer is being sarcastic. Okay, no, I, I, well, I, I, Frina, what is, uh, what is uh, Mr. Jet doing this summer? Is he just going to be with the kids or is he going to venture out a couple times and no, play? No, he's actually playing about 10 events. Oh, Nice. 
Nice. Well, yeah. uh, is, is he, uh, or actually, are either one of you playing the Colossus? Did you decide? I don't know. What's Sunday's event? What's Sunday's event? I think he's playing on Sunday. Well, I guess that? the Colossus. No, I think the Colossus isn't going. Is it still? Well, look, maybe. Sunday. Maybe it's the last. Maybe that's the last starting day. Maybe. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell you exactly what he's playing. It may be the, it may be the last day of the Colossus. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I'm looking he's, playing the six, he's playing the 3 p.m. Dealer's Choice six-handed for oh, 1500 okay. Oh, Brandon, you're playing that, too. Oh, is it, when is that? Is that Sunday? It is, yeah. That's my first. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, Brandon, okay. it's your event, yeah. I don't – I had so much I'm not paying attention. Okay, I didn't <laughs> know if it was Sunday. Let's see, Sunday. So now you know it's Sunday at 3. Well, that's perfect. So I can sleep in. Right, so that's – yep, that will be – yeah, the Colossus uh, starts tomorrow – and there's uh, two starting days tomorrow, two starting days Friday, two starting days Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah, two starting days Saturday. And then the first, uh, I guess, big buy-in turn will also be Saturday at 3 p.m. That's going to be the $10,000 uh, seven-card stud world championship. And then I will be there. Uh, there's two tournaments Sunday, $1,000 top-up turbo. That's the one where you – get a higher starting stack by playing online but of course i've seen no advertising and i don't even know what i would need to do if i wanted to play yeah, this so dumb to get topped up but uh yep 3 p.m june 5th it's a three-day tournament i'll be there my first tournament it's a dealer's choice it's six-handed uh, it's the same tournament actually i just played the other day with both karina and genie at planet hollywood they're going to offer 19 variants of poker um and for those that don't know the way that tournament works is It'll be six-handed, and you'll play six hands, and then uh, from where the button is, a person to the left will get to pick one of the 19 games. Uh, they include, of course, all the horse games and the split-pot games, such as Badusi, Badesi, the draw games, etc., and you'll get to pick whichever game you want, and then you play that for six games, and on and on and on it goes. So, uh, anyhow, Karina, thank you so much for coming on. And, again, it's Karina Jet on Twitter going to sell out soon and we'll have you on i'm sure if not i'll talk more uh before july 2nd in regards to the brad garrett uh charity so is there anything else before we go that you want any shout outs anything else you want to promote any thank yous anything i'm good thank you guys for having me on all right thank you for coming on korea have fun at Disneyland. Right. You're going to and, Disneyland, oh, I heard, I can right? Plug, I, wanna, I do want to okay. plug the radio show I'm going to be on tomorrow. Okay. Again. Go ahead. Do it again. The last round. Lastround.com. Lastroundpod.com. Lastroundpod.com? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I will listen I'm for sure it. I'm sure you guys will be listening. No, I actually will. I actually want to hear it. By the way, Karina, uh, before I go, a friend of the PFAs, you know, that's just the site you're on right now, Text me and said that uh, he had spotted the criminal at the WSOP the other day walking around. So we probably will be seeing him, uh, unfortunately, this summer. You know the one guy that fled from the law? He, he fought the Which law. That? He fought the law. The one, and he, he the won. one guy that you fought with at the stud game and you got kicked out and sent home? Oh, God. He will, <laughs> I never he will told be that there? story. Yeah, he will apparently be there because he was walking around. But next time I have you on or we have you on, tell the story about how the World Series of Poker sent you home for a day for fighting with the criminal. They, they sent her okay. home. Okay. I, yeah, I will. Keep the listeners uh, I, interested. They, yeah, they kicked me out, but then I said, okay, don't worry, I'm leaving. 
It's a good I didn't story. want to play poker after that disturbance. Yeah, it was a disturbance. Yikes. All right, well, listen, get some sleep, and uh, I will see you, uh, I guess, at the horse tournament, if not sooner. I hear you're going to Disneyland this weekend, and you're going to be also doing some camel uh, racing, correct? No camel racing, just Disneyland and Universal Studios. I'm taking my kids on a trip before I don't see them for the next 45 you, you know, days. You know what you may want to do since you're going south on the 15 anyway? Either when you're going south or when you're going back north, if it's during the day, you may want to get off in, uh, in Jean. And uh, there's that weird new display called the Seven Magic Mountains. Those like where they piled a bunch of. I colored... was what I I saw that you know I saw I've seen that going back and forth, but I didn't know like I thought it was something like some EDC like advertisement or something. No, but you, I didn't no, realize. It, no it's, it's an I art see display. People you, taking pictures with that. Yeah, it's an art display. You can oh, get, okay. I, I think your kids will like it. You can get out and uh, you know it's right by the freeway. You get off in Jean. You go to the uh, the east side of the freeway. And uh, and uh-huh. it's just right there, and, and you can go in and stand by it and take pictures. And it's like it's like thirty feet worth of rocks, colored, you know, painted rocks that are stacked up on each other. There's seven of them, so it's it's not something worth driving like twenty eight miles each way for from Vegas. But if you're passing by it, especially with kids, uh, I'd suggest stopping there. Yeah, I think I will might do that. That would be a great photo opportunity. Yeah. So, all right. Well, nice talking to you guys. I'm going to head to bed now. Okay. Good night, Karina. Good night, Karina. Good night. Talk to you soon. All right, so it's Karina Jett, longtime uh, poker player. And, and so, friend of the various shows. And friend See, of that's the various a good shows. thing. I could have a, a podcast called Chop Liver, hosted by me and Trader Ruski, and she would still come on. That's true. She's a very loyal podcast listener, friend, what have you. Yeah, so. I remember I, I played with, with her husband at, at some tournaments, and he told me that, that he listens to, to every episode. I don't know if he still does, but a few, a few years ago, he told me he listened to every episode of Poker Fraud Alert. Oh. So, uh, so anyway. Uh, we checking with Trader Ruski. I feel like we've neglected him. Trader Ruski, you here? I'm here. Oh, good. Have you we t- have Trader Ruski, can we have your thoughts on the whole Karina Jet segment? What do you think? Good segment? Bad segment? Nothing. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fine. So okay. So so moving on here. We. I'm back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Oh, here, let's. let's uh oh. Uh oh. Can't hear you now. Something's happened. Can I hear you? It's, it's like it's like it's like muffled. It feels like you're. It sounds like you went under under a blanket and you're now talking to us through the blanket. And I cannot hear him at all. We're having trouble here with Trader Ruski. Hmm. Well, I'm. I'm. What I'm going to do. Is I'm going to cut him, and then when he's ready, he can come back. And uh, he, he, some kind of connection problem may not even be his fault. Maybe Skype, but whatever. Okay, so we're few... going to have a within the hour. We're going to have an actual live update from the Rio, Todd. We have a PFA listener, oh, long time, long time poster, long time radio listener. That's at the Rio now. That is willing to provide us up to the minute coverage of what's going on down there. Okay, I'd, I'd like to hear that actually. Yeah, so, so would I. Okay, so uh, here, here's a topic that dates back to 2013. I'm not going to spend that long. And by on the it. way, I love it when people text me at midnight and they say, "Is radio almost over?" Like, what are they thinking? Yeah, that's more like, like the first time listening, especially when it's people I know listen all the time. Like, yeah, it's just getting started. Like, is it almost over? Like, we're, what do we do? We just did the first topic, right? Yeah, it's just getting started. Yeah, we we're actually less than halfway through. Much less. Okay, so I'll give you a semi-live update, Todd. Uh, Tuckman just busted from the employees event. Yeah, I saw that. I, I was short of the mile. You saw that too. Yeah, I didn't even see him listed in the on the updates on uh, <laughs> WSOP. He's not even listed. How can they not list him when he was like the broadcaster of all the events here? I mean, 
What does he play under? The same name? Tuckman? Yeah, David Tuckman. Da- yeah. David Tuckman, yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't. That's crappy. I've been looking for a while. I don't. I mean, okay, look. I'm... How long ago did you say he busted? Uh, I mean, he just sent it to me, so it's got to be pretty recent. Well, if you look, unless I'm uh, missing something, and I'm, I don't think I am, I'm looking at every player, and these aren't like glamorous big name, like, you know, oh, it's Bob <laughs> from the Horseshoe in, you know, Ohio. Like, oh, you know, like these aren't big name people. There's no Tuckman even. Yeah, it's pretty bad. They missed look, him. Somebody else look at this and tell me what I'm missing. So, so by the way, uh, Kyle Watt, when are you coming out to the World Series this year? I do not know. Oh, wow, know. Amanda Wheeler with the double up. For those who don't know, Amanda Wheeler is the wife and also a, a floor person in her own right in, in Las Vegas, a poker room. And she's also the wife of uh, Leon Wheeler. Hmm. Uh, do you know who Leon Wheeler is, Todd? I don't. But Really? Uh, no. And, maybe, uh, maybe if I saw him, I'd, I'd know him. But I don't know. Kind of related to this update stuff. Um, does, does anyone see Tuckman? That's what I uh, want to know. I'm I'm about to look for him, uh, but this is kind of related to that. You know how you were ranting about the, the chip update stuff, Todd? Yeah. Um, I found a, a Chrome extension that lets you disable that. <laughs> what and, was the name of and it? And I, I tweeted about it, and I also found an app for your iPhone that you can block it on the iPhone, too, so oh, you beautiful. can bypass all this bullshit. Beautiful. I, I really am going to message Seth Polanski tonight. I'm going to send him an email, and he will respond. He always responds. I'm going to send him a polite – I mean, you know, I'm not going to – I know I went off on it in the show and I said how pissed I am, and I, I kind of am, but I, I'm going to be polite in the email and, and, and very businesslike and just explain to him you know, calmly that this is a mistake and that uh, especially older people are, are not going to appreciate this and it's going to be hard for them to follow the World Series. Yeah. So, so maybe they'll – they do sometimes change things in the middle, like when they realize they've made a mistake. Or if you're blind. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't that also affect you? I don't know. They, they have special computers. I've seen blind people use computers, and it's really weird because their computer has screen no – Screen reader. They, they, yeah. they have no screen sometimes. Yeah. I've seen some some blind computers that actually have no monitor, which is really odd. Well, then, wow, then what, what do they need a monitor? I, it just seems weird. <laughs> who's this Jim Cooley? How, I mean, how many people have fucking poker podcasts? It's getting out of control. It is getting out of control. Seriously. <laughs> I know. You everybody's just can't got one. turn on the computer and download something and have a poker podcast. There should be some license. Yeah. In, the, in the Skype chat, I'm uh, giving you a link that shows you how to do all that okay, crap. Okay, beautiful. Anyway. Uh, uh, so, do you agree, uh, Jim Cooley? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Well, someone was mentioning in, uh, on our forum that uh, she will appear. I'm saying she mean Jacqueline. She'll appear on anything, it seems, except probably uh, this uh, one. Except this one because they know we're not going to softball the questions. They know we're going to. Yeah, when I messaged her, she never wrote me back. Yeah, of course not. She's not going to appear on this show. There's no chance. So, so okay. You think she knows of this show? Oh, I'm sure she does. I'm sure, at least someone told her about it. I'm sure you know, like she says, and I believe this part, that she doesn't read or listen to everything that people email her and tell her. But, but well, she, she's swimming in the ocean. Yeah, uh, call her. You're on the air, but turn down the radio. Uh, right now. Kill the radio. Hopefully. Fast, fast, fast. This is Jim Cooley. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Yes, it? it is, and I do not have a poker podcast. I have an MMA, boxing, and sports podcast, but I bring yeah. poker players on. There's no way this is okay. We have to. We have to, we have to validate you. Yeah, how do we validate you? Bart Hansen. They claim to be Chuck <laughs> Lydell. They claim to be. No, no. This so is... hold on. Oh, you're, you're claiming that you're Jim Cooley. Yes, Karina was messaging me to listen to your guys' show, so I just wanted to clarify I do not have a poker podcast. My show's called The Last Round. It's a boxing, MMA, wrestling, slash sports podcast. So I have had Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, guys like that. Well, I think I believe him. I think it really is Jim Cooley. All right, hold I on. I'm so looking too. at it right now. Uh, Mike okay, Gut says yes. Is, Mike, Mike Gut says he's this real. This is Jim Cooley on Tuesday night 
April 14, 2015, uh, you were at the real Jim Cooley was at the Baloney Blowout Awards Dinner. What was the name of the club this was hosted at? Cauliflower Alley Club Reunion. This is Jim Cooley. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jim, nice to meet you. It's Brandon, uh, Kalawat, Druff, uh, Trader Ruski. Thank you for calling in. I no offense. I, I did not know who you were, and Karina had texted me and <laughs> told me, but it was never made clear in the text. Nor did she state it was an MMA show that you host, yeah. which is kind of odd. So why would uh, Miss Moscow be on an MMA show slash? So actually, the show the show is all sports, but it's slanted toward MMA. I'm an ex MMA fighter, but I'm also an ex poker player. So I bring a little bit of everyone on. It's mostly UFC fighters and boxers, but I've had Vanessa Russo on, um, and Brunson and other poker players, you know, cause it's, it's something I did. So it's, it's easy for me to talk to them. So when there's a big story, like when Vanessa was on, um, uh, Big Brother, we brought her on. And then, you know, the whole thing with, with Moscow, I saw Karina post it and I said, wow, that story looks crazy. So then I went and read the blog and I, I talked to Jacqueline, who I'd never spoken to before. And, I just kind of got in, entrenched in the story, and and so I reached out to both of them. Wow, you're actually you a big any... time. I'm look, you're a, you're a ring announcer. I'm reading. I am. Wow. Yes. Announce you know, com. You can find everything out about me. Let me tell you, myself and another member, actually, basically our whole entire forum, lost a uh, basically a mansion uh, <laughs> late last year betting on Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Uh, do you remember Ooh. that fight? We, we lo- oh, this, yeah, absolutely. This isn't a joke. We lost a a, a seriously a uh, medium income size house for like a family of four <laughs> with a pool. Okay, with a pool, and we'll throw in like landscaping and all that. Like, yeah, we the, lost the forum collectively much. lost a six-figure sum. Tell me the truth before, you know, obviously don't be result-oriented. What What did you predict before that fight? Well, you can go back and listen to the show that was the week before that fight. And I said that Conor McGregor would knock him out in the second round, late oh, in the second God. round. Where the fuck because were you? He was, <laughs> he was too this. heavy. He was just too big for Aldo. And Aldo had taken too much time off. I knew he wasn't going to beat him. Yikes. So. This is awesome. I, you know, I always love when we talk about somebody on, on our show and then they call right in. Yeah, then they're right here. Yeah. Met them. Like, it's, it's very, very cool. Uh, you know what? I mean, since you took the time to call, tell us about yourself. Promote the shit out of... You're, you know, we only get a couple thousand listeners. We're not, you know, a big heavy operation, but promote the hell out of what you do. You know, tell us some interesting stories. Uh, you know, uh, tell us, educate us. Uh, on Jim Cooley, <laughs> Who is Jim Cooley. So, tell so us. I was a pro. I was a pro wrestler and an MMA fighter, and then I became a ring announcer and a commentator. And I started doing a podcast with a podcast called Inside BJJ on InsideBJJ.com, which was they're huge. They're in the top fifty on iTunes. Uh, it's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu podcast. And then I spun off my show off of theirs. I now have a studio in Northern California. Um, like tonight I had media passes. I went and I interviewed Donald Trump here in Sacramento where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because of my connections from fighting and wrestling, I, I and because of some of the events that I work, I tend to get pretty big guests. Like I said, I, I've had Tyson in the studio, Evander Holyfield, Larry Holmes, Wow. Uh, Fred Blitnikoff was in the studio not too long ago. I don't know if you watch football, but he's one of the of greatest wide receivers of all time. Um, he's the, so, the you know, title, I, the namesake of the Blitnikoff Award. They have an award. There you go. Yeah. Every, every year in college, yeah, the best wide receiver gets the Blitnikoff Award. Um, so he was in studio not too long ago. You know, I just I commentate a lot. Like this weekend, I will be announcing and commentating in Modesto, California, for um, Cage Bound Fighting Championships. 
following week, I'll be in Oakland announcing for Osric Pratt Promotions professional boxing card. Uh, my show is normally the same time as your guys. That's why I didn't want to plug it. But we're doing Thursday this week. But my show doesn't come out. Uh, we tape at that time, but we don't really come out till the next day. We're, we're pre-recorded. We don't have the fancy live like you guys do. <laughs> wow. Now I'm looking. I'm looking at your. I guess this is your fight history. You've had two two professional fights. Is that correct? I've had seven seven professional fights. Uh, SureDog has me as the last two that were when SureDog started, which I believe was '99. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so I think the the two fights they have on there were Steve Cutler and David Valasquez, yep, and then absolutely. prior to that, I uh, I fought uh, Nick Tupper, I fought Dennis Hallman, and I fought Kaja's Cage Combat in L.A. Three times in one night. Actually, the first guy I fought was 342 pounds, and I was 165. So wow! But that was that was before regulation, and uh, we were stupid back then. You know, we didn't train, we didn't go to camp. We just kind of, hey, you want to fight Saturday? Sure, I'll fight. And you just fought whoever they kind of put in with you. So that's why you see, you know. And I wasn't, I was no, never a tremendous fighter. I was a good street fighter, but it didn't exa- exactly equate well, to the case. You know, it's very <laughs> interesting, and actually, maybe it's not that interesting because our site. PokerFraudAlert.com is uh, predominantly followed by men, so there's you know a big following of of UFC. Normally, before every fight or when there's a fight about to take place, or even during it, people commentate live about it and you know chit chat. So it is very popular. Uh, maybe before UFC 200, if you'd be so kind, maybe you could actually come on our show, maybe handicap some of the fights, give us your thoughts, your opinions, because I know a ton of listeners that we have would love to hear that. Uh, and we have a very yeah, big UFC following, and maybe in return, you know, if you want to have a limit hold'em or poker, you know, World Series of Poker bracelet holder, we have one right here. Todd will tell us the uh, other host of the show. Maybe if you want him on your show, or you know, okay. you yeah. do some kind of crossover. I mean, would you do that, Todd? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then you know, because I, like I said, I'll, I'll, whether it's gambling or strategy, I mean, UFC, Todd, you'd agree, it's pretty big on the site. On the yeah, front, it is. Right? It is. Yes. Yeah. So maybe, you know, there's a lot Absolutely. of buildup about uh, UFC 200. Maybe you come on and, and just talk to us and handicap some things, and I know the listeners would love that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that for you guys, no problem. Uh, I'll, Karina has my number. It sounds like you're pretty close with Karina. I am. Uh, or I can text. It looks like there's a text number on your site, so I can, I can shoot it over there as well. Okay. Well, you know, there's two of them. One is uh, for Todd, and then the, I'm, I'm Brandon, by the way. So you could okay, actually Brent. send one to both if you wouldn't mind. Just send, you know, there's two numbers. Uh, what, Todd, what does yours begin with? My, mine begins with uh, 775, and his, yeah, okay. his begins with two, uh, Brandon's 203. Yeah, so Jim, if you have time, whenever, you know, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, just shoot each one of those numbers a text with your number, and we'll, we'll stay in touch. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk poker at all, we'll have Todd come on there, and we'll have you come on before UFC 200 during the summer. I mean, that, that'd be awesome. Very good stuff. Perfect. Let's do it. And uh, I'll promote you guys uh, on my show tomorrow with oh, Karina and Miss Moscow. So very nice. Uh, Tell us one. But more anyway, time. now you know. Now you know who the fuck Jim Cooley is. Okay. Well, you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, <laughs> no. I, hey, listen. I our show is insane, and we is. we would have said the same thing. So you have nothing like, to worry about from me, brother. Brainers. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I just – it wasn't meant to be rude. I'm just thinking I don't even – how can there be another big podcast that's getting – I mean, I just never heard the name. So, But now it makes yeah. sense. And Karina did not specify in the text that it was a MMA slash boxing podcast. Yeah, now it makes, makes more a sense. ton of more sense, except for it still doesn't make that much sense why Miss Moss yeah. was coming out there. But, uh, anyhow, tell okay, – I, so, I think I, – go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, no, you go ahead, sir. I think that she's um, – listen, I don't want to say a lot right now because if she hears this and then decides no, she doesn't no, want to come on my show. Uh, get her on the show. I think she's a, Absolutely. Yeah, I'll call you guys back. But, you know, I talked to her <laughs> for like an hour last night, and uh, she seems all right. We'll, we'll talk. I'll be on before 200. Listen, we'll talk. Jim, you got to take care <laughs> of your podcast. we got to take care of ours. We know how it is. So one more time, it's, it's 7.30 Pacific time tomorrow. Is that when it starts? Is that correct? You know, that'll be that'll be when we tape. Um, our show will go up Thursday at 7.30 um, at lastroundpod.com. Okay. Um, you can also search iTunes for the last round. We also have an app in the app store. Search uh, last round hyphen. You can also download our app there. But uh, every Thursday we pop up there um, around 7, 7.30. You can get the new show. You can subscribe to it on iTunes. Um, and you can go to my site, announcechampions.com, and it has everywhere I'm going to be and when my shows are going to be and who the guests are going to be and all that good stuff. So. All right, very awesome. good. All right, well, listen, cool. send, us I appreciate a, you guys. Yep. send us a text, promote the show for us. We'll do it likewise, and let's form a uh, brotherhood, a foundation, if you will, and we'll definitely have you back on before UFC 200. Sound yeah. good? Sounds good, guys. All I'll right, talk to you soon. Thanks Thank for calling in. Thank you so much. Have right, a great bye-bye. night. Bye. See, that, see, Brandon, see, criticizing people sometimes no, is good. I didn't criticize anyone. I just said, who the hell is Jim Cooley? No, I know, but, I'm just kidding. But it, it actually, it was good. But I love he, when that happens. When we talk about someone we don't know or just somebody in general, then they call in, and now we have like a brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. So, so, that's so, what we kind of awesome. need. So, so it so was this, awesome. This is what's funny is that that's a good intro to the next topic because we had the same thing happen three years ago, but it wasn't as good of a result. Here we, oh, here yeah, we the made the same a, thing happened uh, six years ago. So, so here we, we made a, a, a new friend with, uh, with Jim Cooley here, but – this three years ago, it wasn't as as nice. I was talking about Sean Deeb three years ago. Oh, hold on, real fast before we move on. Do you like how I vetted him with the? Oh yeah, yeah, that was club? great. Yeah, that was a great question. I mean, who would know that? No, Only I knew the real Jim Cooley. I knew that was that was a great question that only he would know, but others wouldn't be able to know that like quickly. Baloney would ever award at the Cauliflower Club? How yeah. could you make that shit up? Yeah, you couldn't. Like he couldn't just have that off the top of his head if it's not him. All right, but you right. promised to go on the the yeah, yeah. show. We'll get him back here and yeah. talk to UFC, and maybe yeah. our boys can make some money off his picks. I mean, yeah. the guy was a fighter. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, right. so here's ahead, here's, here's what I'm with Sean Deeb. I'm excited now. That was a good Jeff, second. Just just real quick, because it, I, I hate to go on about uh, the, the the good doctor, but I think this is pretty fucking hilarious. So. About who? And the doctor Dr. Jacqueline Moscow. Uh, osteopath Moscow. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So in. <laughs> In the thread on 2 Plus 2, someone posted that on her website, she mentions being friends with uh, David Sklansky. Yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, he said it's, uh, and this is really just hilarious coming from David Sklansky. He says, uh, uh, when I wrote that, I was considering writing a book entitled Algebra for 10-Year-Olds and Maybe You. <laughs> apparently, which, I don't know why this guy's writing kids' books, but. Uh, <laughs> Try to meet um, new girls to, to come live with him. Well, and apparently she contacted uh, him in hopes of being like a co-author of the book or something oh, like that. I just found it hilarious. Yes, yeah, by, by the way, uh, this Holtz kid, he was actually short from when radio started. He's uh, ahead now. I mean, he's just playing terrific poker. Yep. He's this, a beast, uh, man. I'm telling he's you. He's playing the poker of his life, and I'm just reading these stupid well, updates. I, I, ho- I hope at whatever No Limit events I end up at, I, I hope he doesn't. I hope he's not at my table. That's, yeah, that's your luck. You don't, you don't have him. him. Uh, yeah, I have him to my, le- to main my event, left. Main event day one, you have him immediately uh, to my on, left. You know, on your left. Yeah, on my left, and he'll get a big stack like right away, too. And then I'll be stuck with like, him with a big stack on my left. And then he looks at you, and even though it's German, he says, I must break you. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, so Sean Deeb appeared on Poker Fraud Alert Radio in March of 2013, but not under nice circumstances. Uh, Barry Greenstein, in February 2013, put out a blog on PokerStars.com, where, where he was a sponsored pro, uh, alleging that he was being cheated on Open Face Chinese Poker on the app. Not the ABC app that people use today, but some other app people used back then in early 2013. And that there was a way to cheat on it, that, that his nephew, his Barry's nephew, proved that there is a way to cheat through that app. And that uh, a player that he would not identify, who he said is a uh, one of the top players, someone who is significantly better than him, is Barry. And Barry's pretty arrogant, so for him to say like a guy's way better than him, it's got to be someone who's known to be really, really good. So some like world-class open-faced Chinese player at the time in early 2013 uh, was killing him and that just always seemed to know what was coming, always seemed to know when, when he'd be getting the perfect cards at the end and, and was playing accordingly. And then Barry realized there's a way to cheat and, and was accusing this guy of cheating without naming him. So I had someone, usually a reliable source, someone who's given me a lot of information, which has turned out to be true. Uh, that the person that Barry was talking about was Sean Deeb. Now, again, I was not given information that Sean Deeb was cheating, and I didn't say Sean Deeb was cheating. I said that the person Barry was referring to as being a open-faced Chinese app cheater, and this is when they're playing for money on an app that really wasn't designed for that, uh, was Sean Deeb. That, that, that was the person he was referring to. So I said that, and that was what nobody else, you know, that hadn't been posted anywhere. That was me passing on... Uh, Information given to me by a third party Well someone told Sean Deeb about this And he immediately called me up Very outraged about it First he tweeted that he's angry about this And then he actually called in This is the way the call went And I'll tell you after this why I'm bringing this up again Over three years later But I have something else I want to talk about That's not related but that just came in Over the wire Sean Deeb, who's never been on this show before in any incarnation, has tweeted at me. And he's welcome to call in. In fact, I wonder if that's the guy calling in. Like, there's a guy hammering me from the 518 area code. Maybe I'll try to call that person back. Tweeted at me, Todd would tell us, how about you stop slandering me when your claims are impossible? Impossible, he says. Well, Sean, as I said when I started to make the statement about you, I wasn't trying to slander you. I was reporting what was being reported to me. And um, I'm really sorry if you're being falsely accused here. It's more like gossiping, really. Just, it is more is like gossiping. And something I tried to put, you heard, and you're just kind of repeating it, but you're not sure if it's true. And I tried to, by the way, that's seriously serious. Who's talking? That's the other host with me at, at the time. I put as many disclaimers. Hello. Yeah, hang on a second, caller. Uh, I tried to put as many no, disclaimers. I'm, hold on, you've been talking about me, so I would like to interrupt. This is Sean Deeb, by the way. Okay, well, Sean Deeb, welcome to the show. Look, I'm sorry that uh, I, I had to bring this up like this, and I have nothing against you. I, I don't even really know you. I know of you. I know you're a very good player. I don't know much more. Uh, but um, th this was what I was told by someone who every piece of information this person's ever given me in the past um, has been true, and this is not someone who has an axe to grind with you. So that, that's why I repeated it at all. Well, I don't, first off, I don't know what you said. All I know is someone talking to me said you said that Barry, I cheated Barry on the app, which is probably the funniest thing I've ever heard because me and Barry had played zero hands on the app. Um, Barry will confirm this. Barry even stopped the suspicion because I'm one of the biggest winners on the app. Confirming, like, because I'll play anyone on OpenSafe live as big as they want. Everyone knows that. So, I mean, 
to think that I'm cheating is probably one of the most ridiculous things. That... So, so, you, so you've never played against Barry, though. You know, you've played a ton of people on that app. You never played against him. Yeah, Bar- Barry's always denied me action. All right. Well, um, you know, if that's true, then I, I'm very sorry for even putting your name out there that way. Uh, as I said at the beginning, sometimes I get info that even if it comes from a good source, is incorrect. I mean. You guys understand you could easily find a way to contact me to talk instead of straight up slandering someone with no prior knowledge of one source. Well, then that's why I gave a disclaimer, and I I apologize for this. I I didn't mean to, uh, you know, trash your name here, and I even tried to say that even if you did play Barry, that didn't mean you were cheating him. That just meant that Barry felt that the person he was playing was cheating him, but that doesn't mean he's right. I mean, people have been saying this about online poker forever, all being cheated here, being cheated there, and they're really not as good or they're not running as well. So, uh, well, I mean, I'm one of the first people very call when the situation happened because he knew I was very familiar with the app. And the, number, the rate that Barry was losing at was so much higher than anything. I've played like ten to 15,000 hands open based on the app. So, I mean, considering I would have probably seen some variation of... Um, Variance to be as large as the numbers he's been losing the sample size. That was clearly when I said new, as well as I've been hearing any stories that something had to be up because. Now, it's hard to understand him because uh, he was on a, a phone that didn't have very good reception or wasn't very good, and he also was talking fast, so it may be hard to understand. But what he was trying to say there, if you listen carefully, was that he was consulting with Barry. Barry called him saying, Sean, you know this app very well. You've been playing it so much. What do you think? And I've been ru- I've been losing at such a high rate, much higher than anyone else that I've known. Uh, is this normal, or has this person got to be cheating with the rate that they're beating me? So he claimed that Barry was consulting with him, not accusing him of anything, and that Barry was accusing someone else and basically saying another guy's cheating him. That's why he's saying it's so funny. And he also insisted that he didn't play any hands with Barry. So he claims he was helping Barry catch the cheater and analyze whether he's being cheated, not that he cheated Barry at all. In fact, he said he didn't even play Barry because Barry would not play him because he was known to be so good. That was like a top reaper type um, so far off the norm that it had it to cheat. So that's just what I know. So, so, so you feel he was being cheated, but the person he was playing was not you. Is that, that what the uh, you're trying to tell us here? Yes. Okay, I mean, and that's, that's, and that's very possible. That's, I, I have no information other than what I was told, and I, I don't, I, I know the You're source, but I don't have any... To feel free to contact me if they have any questions. I really would prefer no one to be going behind the back and saying anything about me. Cause, I mean, I know that I was assumed to be the person who people were talking about. I understand that it would make sense. Just because that's an offer to play everyone in the app all the time. But yeah, it's clearly not me um, that ever played Barry. I've never cheated anyone on the app, and I still play anyone live or on the app for any amount of money. So. Yeah, I mean, I will say, when I heard this, I was surprised, because I know you've been very successful in poker. You, you even won a, a million-dollar tournament last year. And um, I know you're not someone who, who I believe needs the money, and I've never no, heard I, any... I think, that, I mean, Wait, uh, hang on a second. You, your sound is having a lot of trouble. Hang on, your, your sound's having a lot of trouble here. I'm having a real hard time understanding you as are uh, people okay. in the chat room. But, uh, yeah, so I don't think whether my success in the previous year has any dictation of whether I'm going to cheat or not. I mean, if I was completely broke, I would assume I'm just as ethical with lots of money. I mean, that's kind of character, and that's one thing that I pride myself on, is I've always had a strong reputation in poker, and if anything, I've caught more cheaters than... 
All right, so I'm sure you guys get the point here. I'm not going to play the whole rest of it. Uh, but that, if you want to hear the whole interview, you can go to the March 5th, 2013 episode of Poker Fraud Alert Radio in the archives and listen. You can catch it. Uh, I forgot what point. You can. It's kind of near the beginning, kind of near the thing in the first hour. You, you can find it by skipping around. Anyway, uh, the reason I played that wasn't just to give myself a five-minute break, but because... Sean was recently on, also with uh, Joe Ingram, just like uh, Jacqueline Moscow, because Sean was uh, a subject of her accusations that he said that women can't play poker basically out of nowhere. Accusations I don't believe, by the way. I think Sean... By the way, they're saying there's a new PFA drinking game. You take a shot every time Druff says Moscow, you're drunk before the intro even ends. (laughs) So, so if this is what he said on May 26th of this year, just a few days ago, or last week, I guess, in reference to Barry Greenstein and the open face thing. Now, keep in mind, he's talking at first about Melissa Burr, who was accusing him of cheating in early 2013, you know, same time period. And then listen to how he refers to Barry. This is about a minute long. Just like there's been plenty of interactions where she's like called me a cheater. And I'm like, listen. I was better than you at open face. I'm literally at that point. I was the best person in the world at the game. You lost to me. You didn't even lose a lot of points. You actually probably ran above expectation. My win rate was probably more points than what you end up losing to me. But you're just totally oblivious that you were convinced by, I think Barry Greenstein, when he thought everyone was cheating in open face, that I was one of the people cheating because I was beating everyone on the app. Well, just because I was beating everyone, I was also beating everyone live and the best player in the world at that version. So of course I'm going to win on the app. So that's interesting, isn't it? Barry thought everyone was cheating. He said she probably heard this from Barry Greenstein. Barry thought everyone was cheating. So he thought I was cheating is what he said. Now, that's that's quite different than what he said to me on that show. Now, now some people on the forum were defending Sean, saying just because Barry thought a lot of people were cheating doesn't mean that Barry was saying that Sean cheated him. And, and it, that is possible. It is possible, and I think probably likely, that the person who was cheating Barry or at least Barry thought was cheating him. I'm not saying someone was cheating Barry, but the, the person that Barry thought cheated him was probably not Sean, but that at some point Barry came to the conclusion that everyone who was kicking ass on that app around that time in, in early 2013 was cheating, and that apparently he believes, and this, this is, these were Sean's own words I just played to you, apparently Sean believes that Barry Greenstein told Melissa Burr that there were several cheaters on that app, Sean Deeb was one of them, and now she believes she was cheated. That's that's what he said. These were his words. So I don't understand. Why was he so outraged at me? For It's not like he called him and said, yeah, I know Barry's been saying this about several people, and I'm one of them, and even I didn't play him. He's telling other people that you know I'm one of the cheaters. That's not what he said then. He was acting like I was crazy believing unfounded rumors about what Barry had been saying, when in reality it, it seems like uh, now he's saying that Barry was saying everyone who was successful was cheating. And it was even telling people specifically who had lost to him, oh, Sean was probably cheating. Now, again, I'm being clear here that I'm not accusing Sean of cheating. In fact, if I had to guess, I'd guess he wasn't cheating. Uh, but, but that Barry was just being paranoid because maybe there really was a person cheating him. And then once he saw evidence of that, he thought that anybody very successful at that time also had to be cheating. So uh, there's a good chance that Sean Deeb was not cheating at all. That's probably likely. But... Barry thought it. That's what I said. I said Barry thought it. Now, the only thing I may have gotten wrong is that Barry may not have been describing Sean as the guy who cheated him. But Barry was going around at the time telling people that Sean was one of the cheaters. He told this to Melissa Burr, and we know this because Sean Deeb just said that on May 26th of this year. 
So what annoys me here Now you could say Okay maybe Sean didn't know that at the time Maybe at the time he thought Barry wasn't saying this about him Since then three years later He learned that Barry was accusing him as well Maybe that's possible But Something happened involving Sean Deeb That he called out some, some scammer And he wanted to discuss it And we invited him to this show And Sean refused to come on Saying no I don't trust Todd and, and and everyone assumed, and I think it's true, the reason he, quote, doesn't trust me is because of that, that what just happened in 2013. Not what just happened, but what, what happened back in 13 of where he felt I was falsely accusing him of cheating or, or, or being the one Barry was saying cheated him. But how could he be mad about this if he knows now that Barry really was telling everyone this? I, I don't get this. Like it's a, At the very least, Barry was going around, according to Sean. At the very least, Sean believes Barry was going around saying people that, uh, hey, Sean's a cheater on open face, among other people. So, so how could he be mad at me now for saying that Barry was going around saying Sean's a cheater? I don't, I don't get how he – especially since I, I kept disclaiming many times, including to him on the phone, that I am not saying that Barry's correct. I'm just saying Barry's making the accusation. You think Sean Deeb or Sean Deeb will call him like that Cooley guy? I hope he does, but he probably won't. But he, I mean I hope he does because this is uh, – he just was so mad at me. The one he should be mad at about it was Barry Greenstein. He should say, well, you know, I don't know why Barry's going off saying this, but I've never cheated anyone just because I'm, I'm a good player. And, and Sean is insisting that he, not only was he crushing everyone on the app, but that live he was also crushing everyone at open face at the time. And I have no reason to disbelieve that. I, I think – it's very possible he was the best player or one of the best players in the world at open face at the time in early 2013. And that, uh, so just because he's winning doesn't mean he's cheating, even if there are other cheaters out there. So, uh, much like on apps. By the way, the app that I play on now isn't, isn't the same version. So no, it's not even, it's not even the same app, right? It's a different app, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it's called, I thought it was ABC. Well, that's the current app is ABC. What was the name of the app that this was going on? I, I don't know. I, oh, okay. I thought it was different, though. So I looked at the screenshot. It's not the yeah, same. Yeah, totally no. different. I think it's a different app. Whatever it is, it doesn't look anything like the current app. But I still, I've still told people, and I know, Brandon, you sometimes play people for money, but I've still said these apps are not built for security. They're, supposed to, they're built for fun. So uh, don't be shocked if someone can find a way to cheat you on these. They're, these are not built for real money play. So, so only play people you sure, you're sure would not do this to you. So anyway, uh, that's playing that Wisner for money after no, no worlds with friends fiasco and lock poker. Yes, remember that words with friends fiasco yes, yes. where she accused the, the Indian guy and I stood up for her and I got some backlash on that one. Yeah, well, it it just seems like scandal follows Melanie wherever she goes. It's it's uh, she is going to be doing seminars for a very reasonable price of twenty five hundred dollars per hour. The WSOP. So let me ask you a question, Druff. If uh, <laughs> if Nolan Dalla motorboated. Uh, Wisner, do you think uh, she would try a little lawsuit, try and get some money out of him? That's a good question. That's a good one. I mean, you know, when you talk about lawsuits and such, the fact that she's been so openly uh, public about discussing it, wouldn't you kind of be led to believe there's not going to be any? No, any- there's probably not a lawsuit coming because I, I think she wouldn't. Would she just shut up then? Yeah, not only that, but it's it's harder to sue for the people don't realize this isn't a workplace situation. This was a bar that everyone was seeing each other socially after a TV show, and he wasn't her boss just because he has uh, just because she has something that she can gain from him. Like yeah. like like for example, if uh, let, let's say I went uh, I went to a bar where a uh, a director was, and I wanted to be in his movie. And I was really kissing his ass because I wanted to be in a movie. And then, uh, and, and then the director came over and, and, and grabbed my dick. And you know, he was gay and he was attracted to me. And he came over and grabbed my dick. You know, I, I, like, 
I, I couldn't sue him for sexual harassment. I, I could claim he was assault or something like that, but I, I could not sue him for sexual harassment uh, in the in the uh, saying he was my boss because he wasn't my boss. He just now I may have wanted something from him, and and that may be why he could feel he could get away with that. But he isn't. It would be different than if I worked for him and he did that, and I and I sued him for sexual right. harassment. That, no. Then I'd be fired. Here you're 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 voluntarily associating with this person to try to get something out of them. That's different than than, than you already working for them. Now this is just coming in off the wire. Apparently, early Friday morning, uh, 5:30 a.m. Uh, on the Eastern Time, uh, Miss Moscow is going to be on Tales of a Red Clay Rambler, which is a pottery podcast. Are you kidding? Um, Yes. <laughs> okay. But would it surprise you? No, it wouldn't shock me. That's why Tales of a Red Clay Rambler. Isn't that cute? <laughs> That's really the name of a pottery podcast, though. I shit you oh, not. Boy. The Tales of a Red Clay Rambler. <laughs> Maybe next year could be at- making the rounds. I mean, she was on uh, another was podcast. Funny. She was on another podcast the other day. Maybe she can be on, uh, on a Needlepoint podcast too. That's uh, she could just go. She could find any podcast of any subject that will take her. I bet she'd be on there. Do you, do you guys are you aware of that other podcast? Yeah, she's you... been on two already. She's been on like the the, the first the thing the Joe Ingram oh. thing, then High Roller Radio. She was also a few months ago on with uh, Lyman, who we've had on the show. Who does that poker session live at the bike? Uh, yeah, she was on with him. Spring, though. Like 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 teasing that she was going to yeah, reveal yeah. this and then didn't. Yeah, he he got the brass ring on that one, so he didn't really say anything. Yeah. So, uh, and the funny thing is she said, oh, I'm going to give Lyman the scoop. I'm going to go on with him. No, she didn't. She gave Joey Ingram the scoop. Yeah. So she just wanted to be on something fast. She didn't want to wait for Lyman. So I, I honestly, Brandon, I would not have been shocked if she actually was on that. That's, that's a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's the sad thing. It was actually believe. It was kind of like when Mason Malmuth uh, did that thing where, uh, where where he was taking the poll about Dutch Boyd and leaving the sticky up, and then yeah. when everyone got mad, oh, it was a joke. Oh, I got you guys. People were like, number one, no, it wasn't a joke, and number two, the reason this isn't even funny is because you're so petty that we all believed it. Like we believed it because and, that's your personality. And seriously, <laughs> though, Tales of a Red Clay Rambler is the most popular <laughs> podcast in the world. Uh, it features interviews each week oh. with the world's leading ceramic artists around the world. It's amazing. Holy like, crap. Like, I, I wonder sometimes, like, okay, so we have, like, you know, a thousand people listening here, and there's different people. And it's different, like, it's more than a thousand people over time because some people stop listening other people start. So, I, I, like, I got a te- guy texting me today that just found the show within the last month and has been going back and listening to all the episodes from the past and says he's, he's hooked on it. So, and this is another young guy, by the way. He's under 30. But... I like I hear all all these people that kind of come out of the woodwork that found this show and I go oh that's cool and like I'm glad there's all these people that want to listen especially with these long shows and in fact want to go back years and listen to old stuff but but then I'm not that surprised once I hear that like about pottery that, that there's like thousands of people listening to that like that sounds like such a boring subject to listen to even if you are into it yeah. like like well, who I, I, I told you off the air that I had uh uh, a buddy of mine locally that I've known for a number of years, and uh, I, I had no idea that he even listened to the show. But he's like, "Yeah, I heard you on uh, <laughs> heard you on PFA Radio the other day." I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that I makes had me... no idea you even listened to it. Yeah, that <laughs> happened to me in Reno this past week, and I literally had about five people come up to me and and mention something about radio or ask me if I was the guy from radio. One of them was some dude that I guess is a big name. In poker, that won a bracelet, Leo. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Leo Wolpert. Yeah, yeah, he listens. A very to the nice show. guy. Yeah, I, I, I met actually, him at the World Series a few years ago. Yeah, and he listens and felt bad because I met him briefly and I was in, you know, in the tournament. I think we were both in the same tournament. This was, uh, 
a uh, eight game mix, and I meant to go talk with him again because I wanted to ask, well, how long have you been listening? Because it's always just curious, how did you find out about it? And then I just kind of lost track of things. But says he listened uh, every week to our show. Which, yeah, he does. And, and uh, yeah, whenever I ask people how they found it, it's always interesting. Like, there's, like usually they're either just searching randomly for poker podcasts, and then other times some subject brings them to listen to us that they're interested in, that they find through Google, whatever, and they hear it, and they go, oh, wow, this is a cool show. I like it, and then they keep what's listening. His, how do you say his last name? Wolpert. Okay. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because Barge, which I've been a part of now for six years, they have a uh, – it's a kind of ridiculous in terms of just it being outdated, but they have a – the way everyone communicates, there's no forum. It's through what's called a mailing list. Uh, do you know what, what I mean by this, Druff? Yeah. Okay, it's just like a ro- rolling mailing list. So anyhow, a while back, maybe four or five months ago, and I very rarely post in this, somebody asked, what are the best poker podcasts out there to listen to? And I never replied. I just read it, and literally they listed every podcast, I mean, ones I've never even heard of, and ours was never mentioned. <laughs> so we just kept waiting for someone to say, oh, poker, po-, you know, Frawler, and the one guy that comes is even a part. Nothing. I mean, it was... Of course, you know the the ones everyone knows of the the Schwartz one and the Rounders and all. Not I mean, there was probably fifteen podcasts mentioned, and ours wasn't even mentioned. So, uh, you know, and it's funny even to this day when I meet people and they're like, "Oh yeah, I listen to poker podcasts." Sometimes I'll say, "Have you ever heard of Poker Front Alert?" And they'll just say, "No, never." Even That's heard of why it. I think we have a so. potential to keep growing the audience because what we have a lot of. I've had a lot of people tell me the story where they find it either just you know, through searching for poker podcasts or just something brings them here, and they don't even have high expectations. They think it's you know, not going to be that interesting, and then they say, "Wow, I was hooked. I just couldn't wait to hear the next one. I had to go back and listen to all the old episodes." You know, and I go, "Wow!" Like I know not everybody's going to have the reaction, but I think the, the the hardest thing is just to get people over here to try listening. And I think uh, of the ones that are going to try, I think we're gonna, we have a pretty good retention rate of those who want to keep listening in the future. So we just have to get them yeah. to try. We have Shout to out to about. Leo. He uh, actually won in 2009 the 10K World Championship Heads Up Tournament, the WSOP. That's a tough 40th. one to win, too. That is a tough one. First for 625K. Wow. Okay, so, uh, so anyway, that was, that's the situation with Sean. And I, I just wish that – I just – I don't know why he's still holding a grudge about the thing with Barry since now he knows Barry was saying it about him. Even if, it, even if he wasn't the one who was playing Barry, even if there was a guy who was actually cheating Barry or looked like he was cheating Barry and Sean wasn't even playing him, which I'm inclined to believe. Like, at least he knows now Barry was accusing him of cheating other people, like Melissa Burr. So, okay, I should be in the clear now. I was reporting something that uh, was very close to being true. So not, not a big deal, but I just, I just wanted to mention it. Uh, full Flash Poker. Is, is very much – I think, Brandon, uh, you always make jokes about me talking about lock poker all the time. Mm-hmm. Lock poker is down. I don't have much to say about it anymore, but I think I found my new lock poker. Full flush poker in the Equity Poker Network. I mentioned them last week. We have a user who doesn't – he doesn't post in the Flying Stupidity Forum. He posts in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum and How Quaint. He's a big, big affiliate of that site. He's been directing people there. He's been buying up money there at 40 cents on the dollar and probably cashing it out uh, with priority cash outs. But nobody else is able to cash out over there. It's been like a year for some people to get their money off. This guy is still promoting it. He's not answering. He's very selectively answering questions. Like you ask questions of why are you still promoting a site that's not paying anyone? Why why is that still your, quote, featured site of the month? Why are you saying it's 100% safe to play there from what you can tell? Why do you mention nothing of the cash out problems? He, he won't answer. Paying him. 
And yeah, he he won't answer. The funny thing about this guy, this is not some broke degenerate, to my knowledge. This guy, I played Limit Hold'em with him online, dating back to 2007. He's done very well. He's been a very successful Limit Hold'em player. This professional rakeback site he runs is a successful rakeback site. I have to imagine this guy has millions of dollars. I don't know for sure. Maybe he blew it. Up. What about that Tony Betts? They're not paying out either, apparently. Well, I, I, but I don't know for the sure about that. This, Tony G. Never he, heard back well, from him. I haven't heard back. Well, actually, I've, I never heard exactly how to contact Tony G. I've kind of forgot about it. But 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 back to this, how quaint guy. Like this is someone who is successful and and knows what Full Flush is doing, knows what they are, and yeah. So so yes, he could probably just keep riding this and keep playing dumb and keep saying, oh, I have faith in them and get his priority cash outs and have people sell him full flush money at 40 cents in the dollar, which he cashes out for full and, and all this other shady crap. As, as you just said, Kyle, what if they pay him, he doesn't care. But these would be the actions you would think of someone who either is broke or has a lifetime history of being shady and cheating people, a Russ Hamilton type. But this guy, he doesn't. Even though he's been known to be kind of money hungry and greedy, he's never been known to be like like a scammer or, or an accomplice of scammers. And this is just so bad what he's doing here. And and, and uh, it's very clear he's doing it. And I don't get it. Nobody gets it. He had a good reputation before this, but full flush to show you how desperate they are. Here, here's the deal of a lifetime. They have a 100% instant deposit bonus. Yes, folks, up to $1,000. You put $1,000 or less on full flush poker, you will get that same amount as a bonus instantly. You don't, it's not something you have to clear. Now, you have to clear to cash it out. You can't just get 1000 bonus and cash out the whole thing for 2000 But But you will instantly get it to play with. The second you deposit 1000 they'll put 2000 in your account to go sit down at the tables with, meaning if you lose it to other players, it, it becomes real money on the site, obviously. Uh, you can't cash it out immediately, but if you, if you lose it to uh, another guy and he wants to cash it out, he can cash out the whole 2000 That's a very risky thing for for them to do. A, a 100% up to $1,000 they are doing. And they call it the instant deposit bonus. This is desperation. This, this site is broke. They haven't paid anyone in a long time, even though they have Bitcoin. They, you know, they, 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 can, they can't figure out how to... Uh, they claim they can't figure out how to process withdrawals in Bitcoin, because we all know how hard it is to uh, set, send Bitcoin over the Internet. It requires a lot of processing. <laughs> so they, they, they can't pay non-U.S. players either for some reason. For some reason, they can't pay anyone, but they're not broke, so they say. So they're obviously broke. And uh, so no matter how good the deposit bonus looks, no matter... How much some affiliates, like this Hal Quaint, who's also known as Conatron, uh, try to pump this up and claim everything's fine. Don't do it. In fact, the funny thing is, Conatron was saying in a 2 plus 2 post that, uh, yeah, they're having some problems, but the more you give them a chance and the more you play and rake at the table, uh, the faster they're going to be able to pay everyone. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, you go to a live card room and you sit down and, and uh, the, the casino tells you, oh, um, yeah, those chips you just bought... Uh, I know you just bought them and gave up the money for them, but you're not going to be able to cash out when you stand up and leave. But if you hang out here long enough and keep playing like a number of days, maybe we'll be able to cash out your chips. So I hope that's cool with you. Like, like you would say, what the fuck? You'd call the police if this happened. But this is what's happening in full-flush poker. They, you, any money you put in, you will not be able to get out. The bonus is meaningless. They, you, know, you could put in 1000 and in return, they could be giving you... One million dollars. But it, it doesn't matter because uh, it's 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 like monopoly money. It's it's not worth anything until they until they cash it out. 
It's not worth it. It's like anything. the on fraud fraud site poker alert card room money. Yes, I think it's, that I, th- I think it's I think no, the no fraud online poker room. Yeah. But I, I think that's worth more money than the full flush money at this point. Yeah, the, I went to uh, professionalrakeback.com. Yeah, and uh, you know one of the <laughs> first of all, guess what? The uh, I'm sure you know this, but the poker site of the month. Guess yeah, what yeah, it is? That, of course it's full flush. Yeah, right, it's full flush. And then the the second news article that he has is that. Uh, our game dot poker the cautionary warning and I believe you you talked about this down at the end. He's got uh, this big red button that says I like to live dangerously. Uh, take me to our game poker's site. This is basically after he says yeah they're scammers. I, I don't trust yeah. this thing, but you know he still gives you the oh yeah the and, and I, link if you right. want to click and I, it. Right? And I confronted him. I confronted him about this as did others, and he claimed uh, he claimed that button was a social experiment. Right, but. <laughs> The, the, the great part is that if you write down below that, there's a green button that says, I'd like to play it safe. Take me to the legal U.S.-friendly poker sites. And you go to that uh, page, and the first site that's listed is Equity Poker Net- Network Full Flush Poker. That's fair. So, so you, yeah, you're, you're, you're living dangerously either way. <laughs> it's just amazing to me that he's actually writing an article on one site um, you know, saying, I don't know if I trust these guys, and then... With what's going on with the the full flush poker, he's actually like yeah, saying it's one hundred percent safe. Really, really he says no sa- no site's one hundred percent safe, but everything we can tell, it's a safe place to play on. He says something like that. We don't see any problem. Yeah, other and than they're website, not paying anyone. This website has been around for ten years. Uh, professional. Yeah, and he's made a lot of money from. This is what's so weird about it. This is not just some yeah. guy who popped up out of the blue or has a long history of uh, cheating people. I've heard stories about him. Over the years, that are, are not the most flattering, like that, that he's very money hungry, very greedy, that all he thinks about is money. And fi- fine, you know, like, like that doesn't mean he's a scammer. It just means that that's his priority. Uh, but that's this is the first time he's done something like this, and and people are just scratching their heads, going, "Why would he blow his reputation, his site's reputation?" I don't know. Maybe he has leaks in life. Maybe he shot off all his money in some way. Uh, maybe he made bad investments or, or gambled too high. I don't know what the hell's going on with this guy. He's, he's kind of mysterious. No one really knows that much about him, even though he's been around a long time. And but the, but uh, you know, I, I actually took his links down. I let anyone on the Poker Fraud Alert forum advertise their own website in their signature or in their location on uh, on the forum, as long as they're not spamming. Like you can't just come, show up on Poker Fraud Alert and say, "Hey, come to my site. We're doing that's spam. I don't allow it." But if you want to put it in your signature and make otherwise good and informative posts, then I allow it, no problem. But I removed that and said he can't do this anymore because I, I don't want professional rakeback being advertised because of the way they're behaving, because of uh, they are promoting sites knowingly that are not paying people, that are taking deposits where you cannot get paid out. They are, he's promoting scam sites, and you cannot – it doesn't matter if they didn't start out a scam site. They could have started out with the best intentions, but if now they're scamming people to try to get back – uh, on their feet, if the, if the business model to get back on their feet is to cheat people, and then at that point hope that maybe you can make them whole later, that's 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 stealing. That's a, when you're having a business in trouble, you don't have the right to steal from other people to get your business back on its feet with the plan to pay back those you steal from if you succeed. That's you can't do that. It's theft. Yeah, but uh, the thing that is weird to me is if this guy just doesn't care about anything and just wants to make money. Why is he writing a negative review of uh, this R game poker? Like, why doesn't he just promote them too? Yeah, it's strange. I, I mean, it's really weird. It's, it's the whole thing's odd, but but it's it definitely very very shady. Okay, so so uh, I just want to let everybody know: do not trust full flush or professional rakeback. Uh, so, Brandon, have you ever heard of uh, the 
re- tournament rebuy scams where there's uh, the floor steals rebuy money that isn't well accounted for at tournaments? I don't know if I've heard that scam. I've heard of basically the other ones, you know, the high hand and, you know, I mean, that's even happened, uh, you know, jackpot hands and that kind of rake. Uh, but go ahead, please tell me more. Well, in uh, in Colorado, there's a new one of these. Before I get to the Colorado situation, I was, I think, a victim. I can't prove it, but I think I was a victim of this at the World Series of Poker nine years ago. And and there were some different people in charge then. I mean, I know Jack Effel worked there. He didn't have quite the same position. And uh, I don't believe anyone who's still working at the World Series was involved with this. The so. one dude from the Epic Poker League? What was his yeah, name? Yeah, Jeffrey Pollock. See, he was at the top then, but I don't know if he was uh, – I don't know if I don't think he was involved either. I think it was lower level employees. Yeah, but you who, never know how far up it really. No, goes. you never know. I mean, that guy's kind of was shady with the Epic Poker League, to be honest, Jeffrey Pollock. But but yeah. to be fair, everybody who's involved with the current World Series, I don't believe. Had Remember any, how they had a LOL ethics code and they put Chino Rim on probation? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a really a sports league. He yeah. was on probation. Yeah, they should have put themselves on probation after what yeah. they did. But but you know, the, the, to be fair, I think everybody at the current World Series right now is not employed. You know. Anyone who did this back in 07 is not employed in the current World Series, so uh, so don't blame any of the current brass of the World Series for this. But in 2007, there was an event called the $1,000 No Limit with Rebuys event, which had unlimited rebuys. Daniel Negreanu famously – remember that. Was he it famously, 18 times no, or something? 48 times. Daniel Negreanu famously – How many? 48. He famously entered – and he played super wild trying to build up a stack. He famously entered 48 times in the same event and, still, and still did not cash. <laughs> Is that all Poker Stars funny? Uh, no, this was before, no, this was before Poker Stars. This was before. This, was before. He was even... this is when Daniel Negreanu was having some struggles. So, uh, anyway, forty-eight He's gone broke many times. I'm yeah, sure. For forty-eight times, he shot this. Uh, he entered. For, now, I was the opposite. Me being the cheap Jew, my plan was to you could both rebuy or add on. My plan was to buy in once, not rebuy, not add on, and just do with it. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I? I just don't want to forget. Let me ask you a quick. Uh, Trivia question. See if anyone knows. Do either of you know what Negreanu's first big? This is way before stars. Big time endorsement was in poker. Uh, I thought he was endorsing himself with full contact poker. Like he was. It was, it was I mean, this, poker VC or something. No, no, no. This. I mean, he got paid six figures to represent a room in Las Vegas. Oh, the win! I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Remember That's that? Right. Yeah, the Daniel Negreanu challenge where you supposedly would play him for 500,000 yes. heads up, yeah. And that was supposed to spark the win to be able to compete, you know, because the win, even though it's a nice room and, you know, they'll get some big games every once in a while, it never was able to really get on the same par as the Bellagio and later the Aria. And that's what it tried to do. Yeah. And uh, he was signed. It was a six-figure-plus deal, and but – do you know what ended up happening? Why it went badly? Do you, no. Does anyone know? No. Was part of his agreement with them. He was not allowed to play in any other poker rooms, and this was when the games were going off at the height of the poker boom uh, inside Bobby's room, and he wanted to play. So the agreement was severed. I want to say within six months of it. Uh, anyhow, just a little tidbit of information for people. Um, and that was also right around the time, roughly, when. Uh, What's his name? Andy Beal was playing those insanely big games, which took place at the win as well. Okay. I don't know. 
anyhow, go on, sir. So anyway, so so I answered that with just one thousand dollars, just one buy-in, was not going to add on, not going to rebuy, and I, I made it stand. I got all the way down to the final ten people, and I mm-hmm. I would have made that televised final table and gotten money from Full Tilt Poker, who was all ready to give me fifteen k to wear their hat, which uh, this is before any scandal stuff with them, of course. Uh, so I got busted by. An ace on the river, just like Barry Greenstein's book. In fact, the exact ace that's on his cover. The ace of spades busted me on the river on an all-in queens against ace-king, blind versus blind. Standard race, but I was looking what good. What year was this? Oh, 07. I mean, I remember that. I, I was looking good until the very – it was it was all in pre-flop. Good flop, good turn. River ace, I was out. That guy finished third. I finished 10th. What did you cash for? I cashed 23000 That guy cashed 230000 Not a very good oh. – uh, Result for me. So anyway, uh, the reason I'm mentioning this was that I believe I got cheated, not by a whole lot, but by some, because there it was alleged later on that that tournament had thefts from the prize pool. Because the way it would happen, if you wanted more chips, either through an add-on or a rebuy, you'd stand up or raise your hand, hey, I want to rebuy, hey, I want to add-on. They'd come over, you'd hand cash to the floor man, you'd get no receipt, you'd get no record it happened, they just hand you chips. So you can imagine how there could be, especially through the color-ups and stuff, uh, shenanigans to where uh, they keep some of the money. And it was alleged that this was uh, happening. Somehow the World Series got wind of it. It never became a huge public scandal, but they quietly terminated some people who were suspected to have done this. So, And I believe it really happened. I, I thought at the time, even though I was not rebuying, I was watching others rebuy and going, what the hell, there's no records of this. Like, uh, uh, like even for tax purposes, how do, you, how do you prove on your taxes that you rebought when you don't have a receipt? Everything else in tournaments has a receipt. This doesn't have a receipt. Well, so and that brings up an interesting point. Has there been any clarification on the bounty tournament? Whether they're going to somehow have some sort sort of system of accounting for that? I'm sure for they the will. Same reasons. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're going to have something. They, now, now everything is very tight there, where everything goes through the cage. Everything's official. Everything has receipts. So, so I, I don't think that. So, I, what do you? How do you theorize it's going to be? You knock somebody out, and what happens? Normally, well, they, they, had, uh, they know, had it last. Normal year, bounty they, tournaments. Uh, they just give you the cat. The dealer has a chip, you know. Now I get, I get it. This is a you know bigger amount. It's five hundred dollars. But it, even at a hundred dollar bounty tournaments, I played in. You knock someone out, the dealer throws you one black chip. That's no, I, I, no, I think it's very. I think probably each person is given a chip that they keep with them. This is my, they had it last year, so this is my guess. Though it was done last year too. I just didn't play it. I'm guessing each person has a chip in front of them. Maybe the dealer manages it. Maybe not. But about each person has a chip in front of them, and uh, and when they are busted. That chip goes to whoever busted them, and then that person just at the end brings those chips to the cashier and gets five hundred dollars for each. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, that's the simplest way to do it. You, I forgot. Are you playing in that, or you're not? Yes, I am playing. This, so, okay, so this, am I. This year, I'm playing for the first time. Last year, I did not play, just because of scheduling. What was last, the uh, What was the response last year? Was it? I don't remember, but I I remember I wanted to play it, but scheduling didn't work out for it. Just like this year, Millionaire Maker, I wanted to play, and the scheduling didn't work out for me. So this year I am playing that in the monster stack, whereas last year I did not. And so, so anyway, uh, getting back to this thing with with a rebuy, it, this has been a chronic problem across the country. Anywhere where there's no record of rebuys or add-ons, the staff is incredibly tempted when they're handed cash to just take some and then find a way to massage the chips later through color-ups or whatever, massage the the chip amount. To where uh, it looks okay, and they pocket the cash. They they don't pocket every one of them, but uh, they pocket enough to where they you know, they pocket some, and they whatever they can get away with. This was alleged to have happened in the 2007 
1K with rebuys. They did away with that after that. They, they did away with that event, and they changed it to where everything goes through the cage, and there's no more 1K with rebuys. There's no more unlimited rebuys of any kind, even if it is through the cage. There's a second accusation, not about cheating, but just that it was unfair that deep-pocketed people could just buy bracelets this way by just answering over and over and over and over. Whereas people who didn't have that type of money could only you know enter once or a few times, but the bigger concern was about the theft. So now now you can like the Colossus, you can enter six times, but you have to enter six times uh, you know maximum, and it has to be through uh, through the cage in each flight. You can't enter more than once on each flight. So anyway, there's a, a similar story out of the Golden Gates Casino in Colorado, but no one's talking about it because it's buried in a Colorado-related thread. On 2 plus 2, which most people don't care about, because if you don't live in Colorado, who cares about Colorado poker? Here is a report on 2 plus 2. I have not confirmed this, but this report, and we're, in fact, uh, Colonel Fabersham is going to call up. Maybe Alvin Finkelstein will decide at the time. We're going to call up this place. R.P. O'Neill posted this. Maybe I'm overthinking the whole situation, but it seems very shady. My opinions of the floor at the Golden Gates were already very low, but I think that I'm being objective and only giving the facts. Playing, I played the three thousand, the three thousand, three hundred dollar six max CPC event at the Golden Gates. This is in Colorado again, in Blackhawk, Colorado. I late registered around two p.m. then busted rather quickly. I re-entered, and went to my new seat, and I had to sit out until I uh, my big blonde came. I then realized I was not given a receipt for my second entry, and went back up to the desk to get it. So basically, he was sit, he sat down. He wasn't ready to play yet because he wasn't you know in the blind yet. They had to wait. Or I guess he was in a small blind. He had, you can't hit another small blind. Whatever. He had some time to think about it. He goes, wait a minute. I have no receipt. So he popped up, he said, and went to the desk to get the receipt that they forgot to give him. So he said, referring to the clerk at the, at the desk there, he quickly printed it off, and I went back to my seat. I then texted a picture to some friends that had action. That is, he's referring that you know, he's, that he's bought twice now to prove. That's why he needed the receipt, he's saying, is to prove to the people who backed him for this $300 tournament that... Uh, that, that he really bought in twice. It was then that I realized my second receipt was just a reprint of my first buy-in. Uh. So they didn't give him a second receipt. They just printed a second receipt of the first buy-in. It's, it's like it's making a Xerox copy of the first one. That's not, that's not a second receipt. And by that logic, he could print, uh, they could print 100 of those and say he bought it 100 times. So he thought it was just a mistake. At this point, he said, uh, on break, I went to the back to the desk and asked for the correct copy. The floor guy that sold me both seats was no longer there. And the new guy looked in the computer and stated that I had only purchased one seat. Uh-oh. I returned to my table and explained the situation to the guy sitting next to me. Another player at the table was listening and stated that he also entered twice and didn't receive a second receipt, he went to the floor, inquired, and it was the same situation. They need the law and order people on this one. A while later, they brought both of, both of us new receipts. This is, of course, after both complained. Here's the thing. The receipt was numbered alternate 128, which is what the current number of entries at the time. So they obviously just inputted a new entry. What, what he's trying to say here is that uh, they really never entered them in the computer, and upon them making us think about it, they're like, oh, crap, we've got to give these guys receipts or they're going to complain. That They basically went and entered them as new entrants. That instead of giving them, you know, they, they actually, uh, after the fact, added them on. It wasn't as if they forgot to give them receipts. They just were not in the computer at all. 
as as rebought. And then once they make it, made a big deal, they added them right there, and they knew that because they were the last two transactions there as far as the numbers. The more that I think about it, when I paid for my second entry, I was quickly handed a seat card and pointed in the direction of my table. I do not remember him doing anything with a computer, which he's saying is odd because, like, the guy is sitting there all day processing these. How do you forget this time and with this other guy just not to touch the computer? So he's thinking that they're just pocketing it of the people who are rebuying at the end and not putting it in the prize pool. And only when they make a big deal about it, saying, where's my receipt? That's when they, they suddenly add it to the computer and make it right. So this is, and again, this is a small card room called the Golden Gates Casino in Colorado in Blackhawk. I don't expect most of you to ever go there or ever have any reason to go there. The reason I'm covering it on the show, aside from just being a foreign poker fraud, but this is, this is not uncommon. As I said, I think this happened at the World Series nine years ago. This is not going to happen at the current World Series. Things are a lot uh, tighter and more controlled now. But there are other tournaments around the country which uh, this may happen. This is not a, a fluke incident. I've heard of this before at other places. Always make sure when you rebuy, when you add on, that you're given some form of a receipt. Don't ever let a card room tell you, we don't do that here. Uh, sorry, there's no receipt. Here's your chips. Say, I wanted a receipt, and, and I want to know how this ends up in the prize pool. Like, how, how do we know? You know, I want to see the receipt, and I want to see... It's increased. I want to see how this is accounted for. You, you have a right to ask this. And if, if they refuse, then find out whoever regulates them and, and call and report it. Because you, if, if you're not being given any proof of this, there's a good chance that they're just stealing the money. And, and of course, it affects you if you cash, no matter what. If it's not in the prize pool, then you don't get whatever uh, – you don't get that money back. Anytime you cash, you're getting a percentage of the prize pool. So if the prize pool has been stolen from, you're losing that money. You're losing a little money if you min cash. You're losing a whole lot of money if you if you finish first or second place. So this is a big deal. And even if you don't cash, you don't want the money being stolen by the the staff there. It's not right. So well, and it also sucks for this guy if he's. It makes it look to the people that are backing him that he's trying to scam them. Right, right. So that and that's probably why he made such a big deal about this is because yeah, he, I would he didn't want to look like a, a scammer himself when he's legitimately buying it twice. He's trying to show the people who backs him that he spent three hundred, six hundred bucks of this of their money, and he can only prove three hundred of it. And he's like, no, no, I would no. Too. Yeah, he's like, right. I'm not trying to. No, I don't blame him. He did the right thing. So, so yeah, that's uh, so I, this really resonated with me. Because, uh, as I said, I think this happened to me. I think I got cheated at the World Series of all places nine years ago. But, again, I wouldn't worry about this World Series. They've changed everything. It's different people involved. They fired those people who did this. Uh, I wish they publicized more about this. But, of course, the World Series wasn't exactly going to advertise, oh, uh, you know, someone stole from the prize pool. But don't worry. We're not gonna, we fired them. It's not going to happen again this year. This is something you never advertise unless it really comes out. But uh, these were rumors, and I believe them. I, I, wondered, I wondered and worried about it at the time when I watched this happening with how there was no process – for counting these rebuys. So something to watch out for wherever you play, even if it is not in Colorado, where, uh, and especially at small rooms where they feel they can get away a lot, with a lot. Uh, let's see what else we got on our agenda. Once a show, I always lose the agenda. It's, 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 it's a mandate. It's that once a week. It's, it's a mandate. It has to happen. If, if, I just, by the way, read uh, for the first time, Andy Block's Facebook post. I yeah. Mean, blah. Really? Yeah, I didn't like, like it. I, yeah. I Did you talk about that earlier, like in the detail or no? No, I just mentioned quickly that Andy Block, I said I thought he has uh, 
a bit of social justice warrior in him in general from other things I've seen him write, and uh, I think that affected him here. I thought that this was a, you know, since I don't know how good of friends he is with Nolan Dahl, but I know they've known each other for a long time through uh, through Barge and, and other things. So I was surprised that, you know, this is one of these types of situations. It's almost like people are defending her because it's politically correct that's, and, that's what I think and he's a doing. quote unquote cool. That's like what I think he's doing. And I, I thought, well, I think that, that Andrew, Andy Block is one of those like, you know, who, who does have a lot of those uh, left wing uh, social justice warrior type of views. And, and he probably found himself torn between supporting that crowd and, and, uh, and supporting his friend Nolan. But if he really felt that funny, way, not, not that the two are, are, are similar. Cause of course they're not, but you want to be so vocal you know where the hell was he when this full tilt shit was right, going on? Right, right. That's that's, that's I mean, the it point. just like it doesn't make sense. Like, why weren't you? You're going to speak up now about this and use your position and, and your your notoriety, but when people were stealing money from a company or part of you, didn't say a fucking word. Exactly, exactly. That's a just, great. That's a great point. Well, and sometimes sometimes really smart people are are not very wise. Um, <laughs> and again, this is before it, people that are listening. I'm not comparing that on any right. level to what the accuser is alleged but i'm just saying when you talk about just using your platform in general like it just do you, i mean you get what i'm saying Jeff? it's yes. preposterous yes it's preposterous it's just it, it just it's fucking backwards crazy yeah, i was i was surprised and like when you see him at at uh barge like like is, is he close to nolan doll at all like i was surprised yeah, every, <laughs> i mean you know what I, I i can't sit here and say like you know they go out to dinner once a week but i mean barge started as a bunch of people on a recreational news group, is that what they're called? Yeah, news yeah, group? yeah, news group. Yeah. Talking. So yeah, I mean, it, you're talking 20 years. I mean, yeah. I mean, at one point, barge, like the original barge, had like four or five people in it. The first ever barge, like in, in the in the early 90s. So yeah, like they've known each other before any a long time. Yes. Yeah, and, and especially in a, in a situation I mean, like this, this is one of these times where. If you know the guy well and you're friendly with him, and, and it's 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 not clear what happened, and definitely she has has very uh, questionable motivations for the whole thing. I mean, there's there's no way you can look at this subject objectively and, and say that her motivations are pure. When you see that, at the very least, say nothing. It's one of these things where if you don't have anything nice to say, if you're uh, about your friend, then don't say it. Especially in a situation like this, it's not like he did something horrendous that you can't defend, and you've got he's your friend. You still got to come out and 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 uh, say this is wrong. He didn't have to say anything. He could have just said, you know, I, I don't love what Nolan did here, but but I see problems on the other side. I'm just going to keep quiet. But the, to come out here and I, I found that was uh, crappy to, to write that. Again, I mean, my point is I've known a lot of incredibly intelligent people that have the street smarts of a cucumber. And, I, you know, I think, Druff, you're kind of rare in that you're an intelligent guy, um, but you also understand human nature and some street smarts, which, it, I mean, it seems to me he's lacking based on what I read there. Yeah, I, I think this is just. I think it's like the the, the left wing side of him. He just he just can't resist. It. Some of them just can't resist it. They just feel like like they see someone who claims oppression and they're part of what is, they're seen as an oppressed group. And you've got to come out and defend them. You've got to you have, you have to. If a woman says that she was abused, you have to stand up for her. Otherwise, you're not a good liberal. Like I think that's the way he was feeling. I just I, I can't speak for him, but that's that's how I see a lot of them act. Is that they they have to. They they feel this this urge. That they have to do it, or otherwise they're not—they're uh, not real liberals if they don't do that. And I, I think it's just—and and, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of liberals who don't even like these type of people that they complain about the social justice warriors and say that they're full of crap and they're an embarrassment to, to, to other liberals. And I, I have to agree. You know, whether you're a—you uh, know—just because you're on one side uh, politically, it doesn't mean you have to support what everyone 
and your side says and does, sometimes they can be ridiculous. And I, I see that uh, on the conservative som- side sometimes too, and I'll, and I'll call it out when I, when I see it. So, yeah, so anyway, getting to the, the next topic. Oh, we have our man, our PFA man, down at the WSB oh, right the now. You, you want, do you want to call do in? you want to do an hour? Do you want yeah, to? yeah, sure, sure. Have him call in. Okay, I'm going to actually uh, – he's listening live, but I'm going to text him and yeah, just look, uh, keep an eye on uh, – Yeah, or, or give me the phone number to call him or whatever. Okay, you know what? I'll do that. Hold on. But is he, re- is he ready to come on? Yeah, he's ready right now. All right. All right, I'm gonna type it in the, in the Skype chat there. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Incidentally, guys, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna last. I'm no, that's the, fine. Uh, you can, uh, you can bail out. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at the end of a bottle again. Okay. Well, you can you really. Can yeah, it's early. Just, well, <laughs> you talking? It's 4 a.m., man. Yeah, it's 4 a.m. He's got. We've got a three-hour jump on him. You know, it's that's uh, true. This one's a Gewurztraminer. It's pretty good. Okay, I put the number in the chat. Well, how much longer can you go, buddy? Are you about? Yeah, we'll see how – as soon as there's silence, you'll know that I – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, one, one time you actually snored, I had to hang up on you. I'm not even kidding. I heard that. Oh, that's right. You I, heard yourself on the on the, the archives, yeah. Yeah, I told my wife that. She laughed her ass off. Yeah, I hear snoring. Oh, what the – is that really Calwatt? And I see I see it shows on Skype like the sound is coming from your your picture. I go, okay, well, time to drop that's him. That's great. Time to drop I'm him. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay, we're calling up the, the man on the street here, the man in – on the mean streets of the World Series of Poker. you got to ask the hard-hitting question, so we can make this a softball interview. Hello. Yeah, caller. So, actually, I guess I'm the caller. PFA user. PFA caller. user, not caller. I'm the caller. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for, for being our man on the street at the World Series of Poker. And uh, so, so what are you seeing there? Are you, first of all, I've got to ask you the tough question. Do, do you want to identify yourself or do you just want to be the man on the street? Oh, it's Matos over here at oh. the World Series. No, no, but, but are you going to say who he you are? He said his name, Matos. Oh, Matos. Matos. Okay, I didn't hear you. Okay, so Matos, uh, thank you for, for giving us this report. Now, yep. now, uh, my first question, and this no is... No law balls, Druff. No, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is a hard-hitting question. Uh, what kind of lines have you seen tonight for the Colossus event? Um, I don't see any lines for the Colossus registration right now. What about like, no. a few no hours lines. ago? No lines. Do you want to come register? What, what about a few hours ago? At, Were they big? I wasn't down here a few hours ago, yeah. so I couldn't say. Okay, so right now, that's the good news. If you are in Las Vegas right now, and you're listening from your Rio hotel room or any hotel room, and you're saying, oh, I don't feel like it, I'll do it tomorrow. No, do not do it tomorrow. Get your ass down to the Rio right now. Our man on the street, Matos, is saying, there's no line. Go do it. You, you can get in. It's one fifteen in the morning. It's not that late. You can still get plenty of sleep. You can still get, get down there, register. You can get back in your room by 2 a.m. You can get a good eight hours of sleep or more before the event. So, okay, next question. Uh, are you seeing anything different over there from previous years? Are you seeing uh, more or fewer booths? Are you seeing anything that jumps out at you that doesn't look the same as previous years? I mean, there's no chip runners. That's the immediate controversy. But I guess that's already been covered on the floor. Well, what do you that's mean? I, 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 I actually haven't heard about this. What is this about the chip runners? At the cash game, there's no chip runners. You've got to get your own. Why is that? There's some law or something that... They couldn't get the uh, whatever criteria to have chip oh, hunters. So wow. you have Hold to go on. to the uh, – What to go does that chip. mean? 
That means you have to go. You have to go to the, the cage to get to. No, rebut. I know what that means. What does it mean? There has to be a law to have. To there must be some. There may be some sort of regulation they have to that they had to apply for and they didn't do it in time. It's something like so that. Every year they have to reapply to have a chip runner. I, I think they probably didn't, and they just realized they were not complying. Yeah, yeah. Like, someone forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Only the WSOP could do this. So when your big fish is at your table and you just bust and he pulls out a thousand. And he might be steaming. Now he's got to walk through the uh, cash, and maybe he'll come back and he'll play tighter. So wait, you know? does, does cash so. not play? <laughs> so say I bust out. I can't pop $500 on the table and, and say uh, I, I have 500 behind? you got to do the walk of shame. Cash doesn't play. That's Matos, awful. That's awful. is that correct? Uh, that's what I'm hearing. you got to walk. Well, I haven't, bust haven't out. played down here yet. But I'm saying in the past, you've allowed you're, you've been allowed to have money on the table. You're saying you can't right. have on the table. I mean, I'm looking at all these tables. I don't see anyone with cash on the table. Wow. That, that would be awful, yeah, yeah, especially for fish. Like, sometimes I will go – a lot of times I will not use the chip runners and actually go do it myself if there's no line because uh, just, 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 just to have a little, like, a short break here to uh, – You don't want to tip them. No, no, it's not that. It's only a dollar. <laughs> but, you know, now, Matos, what would you describe the general – demographic is being right now is it a lot of nerdy young white kids is there a lot of asians playing crazy is it a lot of females well, what what is it um, i'd say one in ten females you got maybe a quarter asians mm-hmm. maybe like you got your young sunglass kids and then just pretty much the rest just like mutt field you know pretty standard does, does it seem like the same room uh, configuration as before where they have the Amazon, they have the Pavilion, they have the Brasilia. Does it look like anything, there's any other new rooms there that people are playing poker in or is it pretty it's much the same? the same, same room. The other rooms are closed. So I'm in the main room right now where they have, let me see, looks like they got about 50 or so cash games running and they still wow. have a few satellites going, maybe like five tables of satellites and maybe about 10 or 12 tournament tables going. Okay. Maybe yeah. a little more. Than uh, that. What, a very important question: What is the temperature like where you are right now? Uh, I mean, I got my hoodie on, but I'm wearing shorts. So I'm, I feel comfortable, but you definitely need finger hoodies, light hoodies. That's okay. what I would say. Yeah, yeah. That we. Uh, I forgot to mention that this year. That's a good point, Brandon. Everybody, if you come to the World Series, even though it's going to be hot as it always is in the summer at the World Series. Summer, it's hot. I mean, it's been. You know, there's 102 today. Yeah, I know. It's even even LA is going to be like high 80s tomorrow, but but. Uh, Make sure to bring warm clothing for the World Series. Dress in layers. Bring bring jackets. Bring pants. But you know you definitely want to have clothing that warm clothing because the the tournament rooms get very cold, especially at night. Do you remember the one year when the AC broke and they couldn't do nothing, and they were literally bringing people like coats and shit, and like uh, Rio. No, I don't remember that. To cover people with. Do you remember this? No, but I do know that whenever you ask about the, the temperature, if it's too cold, they always say, oh, we'll tell facilities, and nothing ever happens. Yeah. Now, what, now what is that, Matt? Yeah, what's, what's that very loud? Yeah. Sound like a loud, angry Asian yelling. That's what, what it sounded like, miss? yeah. And that was actually, they're announcing a $65 satellite, probably for the Colossus, I'm guessing. Wow. Now, let me I ask you. She, I thought she said she wanted her $50 back. That's what I said. Oh, <laughs> Trader Ruski. Trader Ruski, is that you, buddy? I'm still going strong, buddy. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Now, Trader Ruski, we have Matos on the line. He's live at the World Series. We don't want to ask him any law ball, softball questions. Do you have any hard-hitting questions for our boy in the street? Has there been any motorboating yet? 
now that I can report on. All right. No, I mean the the main the main layout of the place is the thing I was most interested, in, which you already talked about. Now, Matos, uh, without giving you know too much personal information, is actually uh, staying on the premises. Is that correct, my friend? Yeah, I've been here for uh, eight nights. I actually, check out tomorrow, and I'm going to uh, share see about sharing in a, a two bedroom apartment with another poker player for a week. So I can cut down my cost a little bit, see how it goes. Jeff approved. And uh, and it's basically like a half mile from the Rio, and then I'll take it from there. Oh, I, so I, I have another question. Goes. Can you tell us any, uh, if any, fail that you've experienced while you've been staying there? Whether it's food, in the hotel room, dealing at all with the property. Is there have been any fail at the Rio? I would say just the water temperature in the shower is not consistent, and it's usually not hot enough. For yeah, me. I've had that like, before too. I've definitely had that before yeah. at the Rio, where the, where the water. I'm in the Ipanema Tower. Well, they, you made the right decision. Now, now, did you follow yeah. my my advice to not have a room that that has a, a door connected to the other room? Yeah, I don't have any adjo- uh, like adjoining doors. I got two queens because I had a friend stay over for four nights. Okay, so it sounds like you're doing it right. Are you, not a not a poker player. Are you on a are you on a relative? Are you on a floor below ten or ten or below? I'm on ten. Okay, that's good. So you, you did it all right. Are you, are you close to the elevator? No, I'm a very far walk. Okay, the well, that, that's the only thing all you blew there. Off. That's the only thing you blew. You, everything else you did right. Uh, the, the the ideal room you're looking for is the Ipanema Tower, floors between six and ten. Uh, you want uh, no adjoining door. And close to the elevator. That's that's the ideal. Now, but what about food, Matos? What have we been? How have you been surviving on a poker player grinders budget a day? What are we eating? How much are we spending a day on food? Well, I had like just about five hundred dollars in reward credits just from building up my account. So I've pretty much been eating what I wanted. I've been treating uh, my buddy to dinner, so we did the Paris buffet, which was pretty good All yesterday. Right. Nice. Went to the Who concert on uh, Sunday night. That was fun. And the uh, Coliseum, which was kind of uh, surprisingly not as cool as I thought it would be. Apparently not as popular as Celine Dion to uh, no. Vegas tourists and residents. <laughs> now, late at night, show. now, late at night when you're walking around the Strip and the casinos, uh, has there been a high presence of uh, working girls that you've encountered? Yes. Most definitely. Is that in the the Rio? Memorial Day weekend. In the Rio or or just a lot of them? Just on the strip or in the Rio? Um, Pretty much all the casinos I've visited. Not as prominent in the Rio as like walking on the strip or in uh, like around Planet Hollywood, which I was at the other day. The the city is just swarming with hookers. Now, how many of these working ladies or ladies of the night, if you will, have approached you or propositioned you? Uh, spoke with you. I mean, uh, are most of them you could just uh, tell, or do they actually talk to you? There's a few that just, you know, that made eye contact and said hi, usually like black girls, you know, the typical right. like oh, 24 to 34, somewhat attractive black girl, makes eye contact with the intense hi, usually it's a prostitute in my experience. So yeah, there's I've, been a few of those, that that's it. Yeah. I'm not like, kind of the clientele that prostitutes look for. Um, I look younger than I am. I'm in my 20s, so I'm not being sought out. You know, I don't go wearing a suit or whatever. So I'm not, right. I'm not being approached too much. 
And, and uh, here's a, a World Series-related question. Are you seeing any booths or uh, other commercial things around there in the hallway, or is that not up yet? Like yeah, that? there's a lot of them. Actually, I was with my friend, and they tried to sell us hard on this uh, charger for a phone. And, I mean, the guy's a good salesman, but I just wasn't buying it. Also, the tables are branded with uh, Uber and Chip In. Those are the... Uh, Okay, well, at least that at least chip in is use is useful for reporting your chips. I'll give them that. So yeah. So okay, well that's that's a good report. Any any other questions, Brandon? Uh, we have some questions from the chat. Uh, Lou Father wants to know: Do you have anything you want to promote while you're on the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have anything I want to promote. I do have maybe a couple other non uh, non on the floor WSOP things I can talk about. Okay, so, go ahead. No promotions. Okay. Um, there is yours. I had some questions about the WSOP.com and what what the best rake back options are. I haven't signed up for it yet. Um going to. But I don't know what the uh what my best bet is. Well, wait, I figured Todd well, would know. Well I can tell you. So so what yeah, is what is what, what is your tier level at the Caesars right now? I am platinum currently. Okay, so what you need to do is as soon as you sign up, email support like immediately after you sign up and say, I want a status match to, uh, to to my platinum tier, and they will immediately raise your level to platinum so you won't have to earn platinum on the World Series of Poker.com. You will immediately get that, whatever that rake back is, uh, 10% or whatever whatever it is at the platinum. And and that's, okay. that's all you can do until you uh, earn more tiers to get past that, which is going to take a long time. If, if you're just there for a week or something, it's not gonna, you're not going to really get there. And, uh, and that... Th- What's also good is you keep that for the entire year, so you don't have to. In fact, I think you keep it without even having to ask them again. Because I, I did this once to get up to seven star, and even though it was a there was a comical exchange where, uh, um, like almost out of a, a, a skit from Seinfeld, how, how dumb they were with with getting that whole thing done. But it fi- I finally got it done, and since then I have not had to ask them again. And I just have seven star status on there, which means I get thirty five percent rate back. Whereas everybody who has to earn it, like it's almost impossible to earn seven stars through that on the site. So so right. you'll just get there, and then whenever you play it in the future, as long as you're still platinum, uh, you will get the platinum rake back. That, that's what I'd suggest. Other than that, there's not much you can do. And uh, I don't know, any other questions? There's no, like, websites you can sign up for? No, no it's, no, it's not, gotta... no, it's not like the affiliate thing. No, this is the way you get no. rake back. Okay. Now, Matos, uh, have you played any of what they call minus EV games while you've been there? Maybe some I let have, it ride um, three-card poker. I, um, I've played some dice, some roulette, and some blackjack, and I'm actually ahead on the minus EV games right now, so I'm going to stop probably. That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Because so. I have my friend in town, and, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of fun gambling. Not oh, more. Nice. I didn't gamble more than, like, a few hundred yeah. on minus EV games. And, you know, so. I will say for the on the air so he knows – you know our friend, uh, that one guy on the East Coast that uh, had the amputation and couldn't make it out here in time for the series? Druff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, the, I do. The guy. Yes, yes, yes. So he wanted, uh, he wanted uh, I guess every year the WSOP releases a uh, chip set. Did you know about this? Like, No, but I'm hearing a dog. Where's the dog? It's my dog. It's my okay, dog. Okay, I'm okay. in the backyard. Anyhow, the, the, I'll make long story short. Matos was nice enough. To purchase it, I'm you know because it sells out apparently fast, and I'm gonna reimburse him when I see him. And it was for the one guy on the East Coast, you know, the longtime listener. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. So, 
But, uh, yeah, Matos is a, a good guy. I've met him before. In fact, I'll, I don't think he'll get mad at me, so I'll go ahead and say it. He was my uh, source that reported about the one guy that fled walking yep. around there, uh, the drone guy. Yep. The drone racer. He was racer. my source, yep. and, and I don't think he gets I think, well, yeah, well, I'll be seeing him, and uh, I'm sure there'll mm-hmm. be a lot, of, a lot of walking we'll be witnessing during the event. Yeah, it's not really playing. You kind of just go from table to table, try to find a main event winner, a bracelet winner, and then... Like you let them use your iPad or something. Well, there's there's a lot of walking, you know. There's there's a re- there's a reason that he's still very thin and that I I've got some weight on me because I, when I go to play poker I, I sit at the table and barely move mm-hmm. and, uh, and and he does a lot of walking. So you know it's, it's different. You don't different. want to talk to the winner of the EPT Barcelona. And no, get I no I, I don't I just don't do a lot of walking. It's just not, I'm just not there to walk when I play poker. He is apparently so. You don't want to see who finished third in the Aussie Millions and try to get a relationship going with them. No, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do much walking. You don't want to see what Jimmy Fricky kind of went, what kind of cookies he baked earlier in the day? That I might want to see. <laughs> I might actually want to see that. Matos, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I know I've not seen you uh, yet, but I, you're going to be here all summer. I'm going to the whole summer for me starts on Sunday, so I look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, if anyone doesn't have anything else, we'll let them go. And now, Matos, you're you're, uh, you're you're a mixed game player, stud. Stud eight or better, correct? That's your best game? Yeah, I'm a stud player. I mean, I'll play no limit. I'll play pretty much all the limit games, too. So uh, that's, I'll mostly be grinding cash. I mean, there's a couple of the $1,500 events I like to get into. I like to see about getting into the 10K stud eight, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But uh, that's pretty much just going to be mostly cash. This Mostly yeah. cash. And, and, you know, if it, you're not going to be one of those guys that if you do – uh, bink a really big tournament and all of a sudden you blow up you're not going to disown your roots and forget about pfa and and you know like that one guy remember the guy that is in macau what's his name the big big oh, t- kid? oh tom duan yeah yeah remember he was on the one site with yeah, us yeah he was on everyone sudden... poker with all of us yeah and then he just forgot about us yeah yeah but no, i mean i've been us. an nwp here since 2006 so i can't now pfa or so yeah i i can't can't not be <laughs> yeah, that's good. Awesome. Okay. Well, Matos, I'll, I'll text you off radio. Thank you for the update, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, brother. All right. Okay. All thank right. you. Godspeed. Thank you, Matos. So Matos with the, the man on the street there at the World Series. We got a little. Uh, he's another one. He don't post too much, but he's always listening. Yeah, he's there. There's a lot of people. He's who very, very loyal. Very yeah. loyal to the. He told me once that if somebody Sean Deeb came up with a. 45, he would take a bullet for the show. That's good. I, I, Not fatal, but like to the shoulder. Yeah, the that's good. I, I may need that. So, yeah. All right. So uh, here we have another loyal listener, Matt the Rat. Matt, hello. Hello, hello. So, hey, what, Matt. Matt, when are you going out to the World Series? I am going to be there the 18th to the 28th. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll now, be... Matt always comes out for like a long stretch. Yeah. I mean, for a Canadian, he don't yeah. live nearby. Yeah, yeah it is. Last year I was there for 13 days. And I mean, you know, I'm not a pro or nothing, but and, and that gets to be a long time to be in Las Vegas, to tell you the truth. Well, <laughs> anywhere. Well, anywhere. Yeah, it's different than British Columbia, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, Matt Durant last year, if, I, if I'm correct, you didn't have a very great series. And it was looking like, you know, you had a good vacation and you know, whatnot, enjoyed the, the sights, and the wife did some shopping. But I recall you got saved at the end by winning a very uh, uh, high-entry uh, Aria nightly tournament. Is that correct? 
Um, actually, it was uh, the daily tournament. I think it was a 235 buy-in, 235 people, and I, I binked that one first. And then the next night at the nightly, I got fifth out of 175 the wow. very next, at, this, at this Aria 2. So that wow. kind of made me break even for the whole trip, which was pretty nice. And you know what? The Aria, sometimes when you buy it for $235, they put you in a $50,000 buy-in tournament and don't well, say actually, nothing for eight I, hours. I, I won a... Also, but I had to sell it. I won a um, a WPT ticket for five hundred and sixty five dollars, and I I couldn't play it, so I just sold it to the dealer for like three hundred bucks. Oh, you got a good deal on that. Okay, so well, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to sell it. I yeah, I understand. I, I, understand. I don't want to be like bartering for fifty bucks. I'm just like, hey, yeah, I, I understand. So it's okay. So I'll, I'm not sure I'll see you. It's I'll be there during those dates as well. So. Um, now I got something that someone might be able to use. Um, I got, I, I've been getting tons of crap from Caesars, like literally like four or five things in the mail every day for the last year. But one of them I saved. It was um, enjoy two free midnight, uh, uh, midweek nights from and then from me at the Rio. Uh, it's basically good from January 3rd to September 30th. Uh, from a Sunday to a Thursday, you have to pay a $15 surcharge and the resort fee. But I mean, I don't have a need for it, so I don't know if someone wants. Well, well hang on. I, I got that. a question. What about the, during the World Series? Aren't you, you, it can't be used then because you're already going to be staying there, right? Well, uh, that's right. It's not for me. It's for me to give it to somebody. It's a gift certificate. Oh, it's a gift certificate. Okay, okay, but that's sorry. I had to pay to switch channels. What what is a gift certificate for? Basically, it's for two it, nights at the Rio. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had this before. In fact, uh, I think it was I am Greek gave this away. His his wife. Uh, uh, his wife got this, and then he sent it to me, and uh, and I gave it away on the show as a contest. So, so this is basically for uh, a room. You said it's it's fifteen dollars plus a resort fee to stay midweek at at which property? At the Rio for at the two Rio, nights at the Rio. So if you're Sunday through Thursday, Sunday through Thursday. So and it's from January. Now, but Thursday. you can give it to somebody because I've got no. It's so, for somebody. It's yeah, not it's for. It, yeah, I've seen this before. We gave it away on the show before. You, yes, you. It is transferable. You are allowed to give it away to someone. Uh, and, and, but it's it's only redeemable Sunday through Thursday, and it, and you have to pay a resort fee and uh, and then a fifteen dollar. Uh, but those rooms during that time they go for two to three hundred bucks a night. Now, if you have the upper car, the diamond, the uh, the seven star, I assume the you probably CD's get it waived. Yeah, I, I assume you probably do. I'm not sure. Probably, probably. probably well, yeah. You know what? Then Druff and I need one of those. Well, actually, I, I well, yeah, I, yeah, actually, we could use it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because uh, now what I'm doing, I'm going to be staying. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think I'm staying at the Rio for uh, three or four days because, you can, you know, you can only do the five days in a row. And yes. then you have to do 48 hours. Off the property, and the, right. And the 48 hours is kind of tricky in a way. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's, it, it's not kind of really 48 hours. It's two days. It, yeah. So then I'm, go, I'm going across the street to the Gold Coast in the middle of the week for like the 40 bucks a night. And then I'm coming back for five nights at the Rio because all my Rio is comped. And then – so that that usually works out pretty good. Um, but, yeah, if, if somebody – I don't know. We if actually may be able to use it, believe it or not. Yeah, we would. But, yeah, I think we can use it. So if, if we – Drop PM uh, in the uh, PFA Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you box. the information. Now, now, unfortunately, two of the days I have are uh, – let me see. Hey, you, know what? I, I, you know what? I don't think I can use it. It, it falls on the wrong days, the ones I need. <laughs> what about why you? Don't, why, don't one, why don't one of you guys just? I can in use the it, Matt. Room under your name, Matt. I could use it, buddy. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I sure. I don't have any status can, anymore. 
meet, meet up and then, uh, yeah, it's good for two nights. I mean, and those rooms are, I mean, you know, during that time it's two to 300 a night. So definitely I'll bring it with me and then just, uh, I'll, I'll text you whatever. Yeah, so I, what I guess Brandon, need. I guess Brandon needs, it. I, I could have used it, but unfortunately the nights I need are, uh, are weekends. So, uh, I would, uh, I'd sleep in a tent before I'd spend $300 on a midweek room. For yeah, the I'd, Rio. I, you know, I'd, I'd actually go in that gym where the guy, that gym parking lot where that guy got shot you know, sleeping in his car before I would uh, spend $300 to sleep at the Rio. Yeah. Well, Matt, if, if, you know, you want to get rid of it or, you, you know, I'll, I'll bring it I'll with you. I just it. definitely don't want it to go to waste. Right. Well, when, when is it you're coming again? I get there on the 18th and I leave on the 28th. Yeah, that's the only problem. Is it'll be, it'll be, it'll be like, well, he can always mail it, can he, yeah, he Drew? Can, he can mail it, yeah. What does it take? How long is it? Admit? Ten days from Canada? Uh, it, you know, within Canada, it's usually two to three days. But going to the States, it's, you know, it's not like three weeks. But it'll take probably, you know, eight to ten days. Uh-oh. Okay, well, maybe it'll work, though. I mean, I can just bring it with me. That's probably... The, the, only, pro- the only problem is that we may need it before this. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I can, uh, so well, we can, I can mail it. We can talk about mailing it, yeah. Sure. Do they have post offices near where you live? Um, I have to take the sled dogs a mile <laughs> down the road. Yeah, I think that's then... the problem. I, th- I think a moose has to carry it to the border. I think that's, that's the slow funny. part. Well, to be honest, I probably would need it right in the middle of the month. Um, but I'd be willing to split the postage with Druff. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you guys want, just send me the uh, Skype me or send me somehow message me uh, the address, and I can send it out tomorrow. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll let you know. So thanks, thanks, Matt. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll uh, I'll be bringing some uh, treats. Some stuff. Well, Druff likes the uh, the last time I I met with him. I guess he was hungry. I met him during a break, and uh, he opened those cookies and started eating them in thirty seconds flat. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then I got uh, something else, something kind of different too. Uh, it's in uh, is of the liqueur style. It's uh, strictly Canadian, so it's kind of it's pretty cool. Me and my wife went to some kind of um, wife and I. Stop yeah, it, wife stop. and I. We went to some kind of uh, one of those food tasting, wine tasting things, and uh, people are always you know pushing their new things, and it's it was really cool. So. Gonna, I bought one of those, and I'll, I'll bring out. And uh, now, are you coming here with the misses, or are you gonna be this year? She's, she's not coming. Um, oh. She's got a, a big trip uh, to Japan at the end of the year that she's going on, and she can't get the time off work this time. So I'll be going. Usually, I go, and then she kind of comes halfway through with a friend, and then we go for dinner and some shows, and I play poker. And but this time, I'm. Uh, I, I'm on my own and just meeting up with a bunch of people and you guys. And Now, is it true what they say when the wife is away, Matt the Rat will play? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, Matt, I, I'm going to send you uh, my information now. and Sure. I, I look forward to seeing you. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to do it these days, but I'm still hoping we can have some sort of a uh, PFA meetup and at least all have like a big meal or do something together. Yeah, yeah hopefully we can. Yeah, well, so you guys will be there for sure. Who else, like uh, like I said, around that time is going to be there? Matos. Matos will be there. Will be there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've met him before at the at the uh, the DD dinner years ago. I think that I think he was there. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yep, he was there. Um, yeah. Let's see, who else will be there the whole summer? Druff from PFA. I know Jay Staff's coming at some point. Who's the one guy? Uh, how do I pronounce it? Is it Jay Jami? Jalami? Yeah, yeah, Jay Jami. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's he'll be coming there. for he, the limit coming? event at the very least. Well, the Hanson kid's going to be there all summer. The Hanson kid. Now, Kalawada, are you coming out here? 
He said he doesn't, he doesn't I'm know. I'm not sure yet. What about <laughs> Slim T? No, no, Slim T. <laughs> uh, Trader Ruski will be out. Trader Ruski, you still with us, kiddo? I'm here. Oh, my I'll God. And I will be there. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll oh, there's, be there. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, they, even what, if we get he, together at, uh, at the, what do you call it, at the All-American or something. I mean, if we can't go someplace, you know, like if that's a kind of a quick meet up there. Yeah. Well, I was thinking something maybe off property just to get yeah. out of there for a day. Get out of there, go for a nice steak dinner or something. Yeah, we have uh, the round round table at Spago's waiting for us. Now, Trader Ruski, you sound more invigorated tonight than I've ever seen. I almost—if this was an athletic event, I'd almost have to test you for PEDs. What's going on over there? <laughs> no, you know, drink a cup of coffee, but uh, I'm good. I mean, someone from the, getting a text from the eight five zero. It says Matt Durat, or not Matt Durat. Trader Ruski's definitely on some sort of speed. You're saying that you're well, on speed here, I, tonight. I'm going to give some- you. I'm going to tell you something else. We have some other people on speed because I've been looking at the ratings tonight. And while the peak ratings were actually below usual, where we actually at, at the peak listenership was lower than our usual peak listenership, we've people have hung on to where we're not that below, much below peak, even though we're one forty Pacific time. People have hung on tonight. I think people are just they're taking some kind of drugs to stay awake this this isn't like the chat room is it trader ruski has produced an excellent show tonight and that's why we had updates we had a guy from the mma show call in we've had a very uh we're doing a drinking game with the well let me the good doctor let me let me read (laughs) let me read some uh texts here we we had uh from the 512 area code I read that Kevmath made the decision to make people sign in with Facebook. I, I doubt that. Oh, the first, no way. Then the person said, uh, uh, wow, Jews were holding on to silver. How surprising. That's in reference to my relatives back in the 1980s holding on to silver too long. Uh, this is from the 775, just like our main phone number, a, a Reno person, or at least a Reno phone number. Uh, osteopathic physicians this is referring, of course, to Dr. Jacqueline Moscow, are real doctors and do residencies just like medical doctors. They can prescribe medication, order x-ray and lab tests. They're all in specialty areas and perform surgery. And then this guy signed it. I'm not sure if he wants his name read, so I'm not going to read it. But uh, he said, uh, put his name, P-T-O-C-S-C-S-C-S. I'm not sure what all that stands for. but I know who that is. That's Dice Pops. Uh, that's Dice Pops. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look. Uh, is his first initial G? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So no, the, the point I was making about osteopath, and if you, you know, it sounds like you you are one, so I won't be too, uh, I I won't be too dismissive, but I'm just going to tell you that, and this may not apply to you personally. Maybe you chose uh, differently, but I, I know the training is very similar, and then uh, they do residencies. In fact, I've even heard they're going to be merging the medical doctor residencies and the osteopath doctor residencies into the same pretty soon. Uh, the the problem is that. For some people, and again, I don't know if it's your, your situation, some people only go to be osteopath doctors when they have failed to get into medical school. That, that, and so what ends up happening is even if the training is identical, even if the quality of the education is identical, the people themselves are not identical because you, when you have a lot of the people in the class being those who could not make medical school, these are typically – uh, would be the lower tier as far as the ability is concerned. So, so that that can be the problem. Now, now you can have some people who just for whatever reason uh, didn't do well, uh, don't just don't test well, or maybe they they didn't do well in certain courses that aren't going to matter for for being a doctor. So, but the problem is you you do have a lot of people that were kept out of medical school because they just couldn't cut it. Uh, well, uh, let me ask you this: you come from a very 
good bloodline of Wateluses, a long line of doctors and lawyers and judges and whatnot. <laughs> if you would have told uh, your mother and your father that you're going to be a osteopathic uh, Wateluses, how would they have taken? Well, it? what they would have said is they would have said uh, you, you need to try to get into medical school. That, that's what you should, you should try to do. No, but I'm saying they knew you couldn't get into medical school. Oh, so then they, no, then be, they would have been okay with it. It's not, it's not like something you should be ashamed to be. I'm just saying well, that's that, what I'm at. They that, still would have been proud of you. And, and there's probably some people in, who, who go into osteopathy that, that just truly believe in it and choose to go into that even though they can get into medical school. But but a lot of people aren't. And that's why that's why I stay away from osteopaths is because I'm, I'm afraid that these are the people who couldn't get into medical school. And for that reason, I don't want them diagnosing me. <laughs> that, that's why, and, and even if there are some out there who just chose to go there, there's no way to tell the difference. Now, what would you do? Remember the day you had the uh, heart attack a couple months ago, or yeah. weeks ago? If you don't want to do the copay, but say it came down to either having to be forced to go, God came down like he did with the prop bet, and you either <laughs> had to go and pay the copay or go see an osteopath for free, which one would you do? Be honest. Oh, um, well, see, it, it depends how serious it is. If well, it's, no, considering what you just went through, that same circumstance, but you had to. You oh, know, oh, then, oh, then I'd go to the osteopath because there, I, I wasn't going to go. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go at all. So it's, I mean, I'd, I'd, going to that guy would have been better than, than not going at all. But, right. but, but, uh, but look, uh, let me tell you though about MDs. It's not like all MDs are great. In fact, there's there's a lot of doctors who have MDs that I don't trust, like the ones that work in uh, emergency care centers, not not the emergency room, but like the urgent care centers. Uh, those are often crap doctors. Those doctors make a lot of mistakes. They don't know what they're talking about. Again, there might be some good ones, but I've run into so many bad ones that don't know what they're doing. And I've known many friends of mine and, uh, and acquaintances who have been misdiagnosed, including my son's teacher uh, was out for about two weeks thanks to being misdiagnosed by an urgent care. So the, I, I stay away from those. Whenever I get, and I've said this on the show before, when I get sick or injured or something else, I go directly to a specialist MD, never to a general physician, never to an urgent care. I, I won't go to the ER unless I absolutely have to. So that, that's where I go because I, I want to get someone that has the highest chance of knowing what they're talking about and is going to get it right. Because sometimes getting misdiagnosed is even worse than not going to the doctor at all. So, uh, yeah, by what the way, it's worth, there's, a, there's an entry on a really well-known website called quackwatch.com that kind of covers all of these uh, – Weird, you know, fringe medical things. Uh, is is so. that like the Fleckman guy off of uh, Seinfeld? Remember? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it really? That, that probably. Um, That's funny. But they, you know, whenever there's an entry on there for a particular branch of medicine, you know that there's, you know, probably uh, a little bit of a problem. But, um, I mean, they're basically saying that you're right, that it, it sounds like it's kind of like people that couldn't make it into real medical school tend to go into this. Uh, it says the admission standards and educational quality are a bit lower in osteopathic schools than they are at medical schools, and lower GPAs are required to get in, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, so this and, is the problem. This is where it, where it, where uh, it ends up. Uh, this is where it ends up for those who actually chose to do it, even though they could get into medical school. People like me cannot tell uh, if, if that's why you were there. All I can see is that uh, there's a good chance that you became a doctor of osteopathy because you could not get into medical school. And, and that's just, uh, I, I'd much rather trust someone who could get into medical school. So that's, you right. know, I'm going to trust the person with the better credentials, uh, yeah. e even though, uh, because I have no way to tell. And, that's, that I have and to it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's uh, medicine mixed with faith. I mean, it's saying that there are cultist roots uh, to osteopathy. 
Uh, you there know, are, the but not, who, not not all practice. Like some, there are some doctors of osteopathy who really act just like medical doctors, and and that's right. I think that's what this guy. But who there was, are others, and they stick pins in like a voodoo doll or something <laughs> to get. No, no. <laughs> By the way, we've uh, PFA. The curse goes on. Uh, since we were talking so much about him, the Holtz kid ends up finishing second for the first time, like in five years since he was 16 years old, and he's going to walk away with. Uh, let's see. What is he going to walk away with? He's only going to walk away with 3.5 million. Uh, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Not a bad three days work, though. Turned 300,000 into 3.5 no, that's, million. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then the uh, Rainer guy is going to walk away with a cool 5 million. Wow. Never heard of him either. Yeah. Well, okay. So Pat the Rat. Do you know these guys? Uh, 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 Fedor Holtz or Rainer Kemp? Never heard of him. Yeah. See? So, so here, here's here's some other uh, text from the 480 about this Holtz guy. He said he was 25th in last year's main event. I think we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. The 815, there have been 38 $10,000 or more buy-in tournaments between January 1st and May 20th this year. That's a, that's a lot, 38 that's, events. of a, That's a good statistic. That's like a did you know. Yeah. From the 586, uh Mentioning that there is a special about Daniel Negreanu on Netflix, which there is. That's true. And he asked if I watched it yet. I said no. And, uh, yeah, I just saw this being uh, advertised recently. I will actually watch it. I actually do have access to a, a Netflix account. Uh, from the 847, great show so far. This might be from Larry Laffer, by the way. Uh, from the 716. That Laffer kid said that he's been unable to participate with the show. Because of uh, your error with your oh, site. Oh, the chat room. Yeah, I should have cleared the chat. I knew I was forgetting, so I forgot to clear the chat room. Sorry if he says get in the chat for room. a computer scientist, you don't do a very good job. Yeah, I need to re. I need to just deinstall. I don't even. I can't even figure out the problem, but I'm gonna have to just deinstall the whole chat room, reinstall it because it, this is a recent problem. It something went corrupt. Get uh, rid of the flash hey, shit. Come on. Well, hey, you, you know what? You know what, Kyle? I want. I want to tell you something here, since it's, maybe you can help me with this. I I was going crazy. Finding, I didn't want to write a chat room from scratch. That'd be a lot of work. I, I went crazy finding a chat room which can easily be integrated with the bulletin. Preferably has a, already a process to do so. Uh, that's any good. Every one of them I tried was flawed in some way. This was the best of the group. And I, yes, I could just install one that isn't integrated and it just opens a chat room and you enter your screen name. But that, that you know, with our users, I can imagine the abuse that would go on, so I don't want to do it. I, I, want, I want it to be a seamless transition where they, they click the chat button and it automatically uses their account info to log them in. So, yep. uh, so I want something like that, that that exists. And I just I was searching and searching, could not find one. This was the best I found. And it was okay, this chat room. It was okay until the uh, these problems, which just started. I, I just think this would be something to be corrected out of, by just uh, wiping the whole thing and reinstalling it. But if you see one that's better, uh, let me know. This is for vBulletin 4. Here, I'm, here, not gonna, I'm not going to bore everybody, but Google uh, AeroChat. I, I can look at this. So from the 716, just want to chime in here. Found your site. It, at roundersradio.com, but also I want to say I'm addicted to it. Your show, it's very unique because of the subject matter. There's truly no other like your show. I love it, and I think it's a great balance between poker talk and just hilarious takes on everything. By the way, have you heard of Tro- the Trooper 97 on YouTube? He has a vlog that's also funny as hell. I think you guys would like it. I, I don't know the Trooper 97. I really don't know these YouTube celebrities very well. I know they're really 
well-known ones, but, but that's a real tax for from a real person. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't make all that up on the fly. So, wow. so I what area code again? Seven one six. It's a, it's a New York area code. Hmm. I think it is. It's New York, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is seven one six. Is yeah. New York like an upstate area code, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I. I these YouTube stars, even the really popular ones that everyone seems to like, that get millions of views on each video they release, I, I just I like watch a, them. like a kitty cat swinging on a ceiling fan. No, no, these are like personalities on the on, uh, and uh, and yeah. I don't know. I just can't get into it. Like some of them are mildly entertaining, but I, I don't find them as like much watch must watch or really great stuff that some people love. I just I can't get into the whole YouTube. Uh, superstar thing and not only that I feel like some of them are they, they come off like trying too hard like they're trying to get discovered to make it into Hollywood that's, that's the impression I get from a lot of them like like hey look at me look how funny and creative I am oh look at me you notice me at Hollywood okay let me try again like that's what I'm getting from them and that that kind of turns me off a little bit I but, but guys like that PewDiePie or whatever I mean I I only I don't watch his videos I've heard his name but He's got like so many subscribers, and he gets like any video he puts out, he gets like a minimum five million views. Yeah, he's the he, number one uh, he, guy. He, he's yeah, actually he makes, probably makes like uh, probably makes like ten thousand bucks minimum for every video he does. Well, I know he makes millions per year on there. Yeah, he really does, and that's you know that's pretty amazing that people can do. How that. much did that uh, serious guy make from his? <laughs> well, he view bought it, yeah, so he, he, he probably did, didn't he, make much. Yeah, he didn't make very much. <laughs> so okay, let's let's uh, let's go here to how, how do you view bought? Viewbot, what you can do is you can uh, have computer programs pretend to watch YouTube videos and run up the views so this way you look like a much bigger deal than you are. So people click on your video and see it has a million views and, and, and it seems like you're successful when you're not. And this is a So he cheated basically? Yeah, he, he admitted this. Now, now a way to easily tell when viewbotting happens is when you can see the likes and dislikes if they're not proportionate. to Like if you see a million views but there's – 25 likes and three dislikes that doesn't make any sense there should be way more or and also very few comments if there's comments open on the video right. and, and there's a million views but but three comments then obviously that's that's not realistic either so that's why he left in shame no no it, it was just uh he did that on one of the songs he made it wasn't even a poker song just the general song right. that, that people criticize how do they catch him because for that for that reason for exactly that reason the dis- yeah. okay uh someone said uh uh this is from 505. Dr. Moscow's titties will not be denied. And he said, late late registration. This is about an hour later. Late registration problem is only a problem if it's if it's too late. I think an hour longer is fine for those running late, but some tournaments go days go days deep. I don't know what he's trying to really say here. So, well, like the, the, the one that's at the Bellagio, the big one, the 25K, you can register up until like halfway through the second day. That's yeah, too much. I, I, no, I think it's. I think even the World Series is too much. I don't like the nine hour later register and get a full stack. I think that's crap. It, it, it just it just trivializes the first. Last year. It trivializes the beginning of the tournament. It really does. The but, last year, the beginning of the tournament was trivialized. It meant nothing. Well, that, that's the problem. Like, I, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that because when you late register and get a full stack, what you're basically doing is is skipping over all the people who had bad luck and busted early. Which yeah, which is you unfair. get blinded down. Yeah, yeah. You don't get blinded down. You get to skip over. You yeah, but you know what? Like anything else, it's a business decision, and you know that. I mean, they're gonna want to keep it open for people that are playing in earlier tournaments. So I just busted the no limit. Now it's time to. You know, guys like Shannon Shore that played in 50-something events last year and 
those kind of guys, or even a Grano. I bust in the fifteen hundred or whatever the six max is, jump right into the next one. Yeah, I know. I was like, great. That, I remember why. it's money. My, it I know, of course, it. of course, it's money. I just don't like it. Would it. affect their bottom line. It's. I mean, I don't like rant it. about it, but it's never going to change. I, know, I think it's unfair. Just, I think, no, I think at least they should take away some from their stack. That's what I think they should at least do. It's just not fair to let them show up with a, with a full stack. How many people are really going to? In, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you something. A strategy piece for anybody who's uh, who thinks they're a below average player, which most poker players think they're better than they are. But if you if you're realistic about it and say I want to enter a tournament, but I think I'm worse than the average person in the field, here's a trick: late register as much as you can at, at the very last minute. I'm going to do that, and and, me. and you will have bypassed basically by late registering and getting a full stack. What you're doing is getting basically buying in as if you had exact average luck and you were an exact average player to where you didn't win chips, you didn't lose chips. You stayed at the exact same chip stack for th- this many levels. But you're below average. You're below average, but but you but you had this average is, luck. You, you, I went I played in I don't know what 12, 15 events last year. I don't remember the exact number. In the first two or three events I came in, you know, either early or within 30 minutes, 20 minutes whatever it may be. And then I just sat there, and it's like three hours in, four hours in, 100, 200 blinds. And I just realized, what am I doing? All your, it, 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 I, it didn't make any sense because anything you did, you can sit there the first three hours, and you could play really good, accumulate chips, play patient, play tight, play smart, and then you lose one pot. You know, I'm talking limit games. Yeah, now, and, and, you're, no and, limit. and you're, you're back you to where you big were. Pot, you know, when it, when, when it finally got to meaning something, and then all that is gone. Everything you did for three hours is gone in, in 30 seconds. I'm like, so what is the point of this? Yeah, so, that's why it's ridiculous. I, that's why it's not fair. Because but, it's, that, but that's it's, also why I started coming in late. That's what I'm saying. It, it should not be doing this. What it should do is penalize people by taking money off of their, right. uh, of their stack. You understand why I did what I did. In fact, I think you even considered. Yes, I'm still considering it. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or not, but it, it, it's, yeah. it's not a bad idea. But you come in fresh, and you also avoid the early bad luck that can bust you or, or, or severely cripple you. Now, also, you know, all things considered equal, and say you don't know, uh, you know, the, the which most likely you won't. The players that you're seating with, especially in these limit events, I find that in the beginning, uh, they don't balance the tables very well. So say you come in early, and it's not that I don't, I'm afraid, or I'm not very good at playing shorthanded, but there's going to be more variance when you're playing three-handed yes. or four-handed in the beginning than when you have a full table, You know, especially with mixed games, especially with the extra streets. So that's another thing. You can sit down there four-handed even at 25, 50, or 50, 100 and lose a 1,000 like that because you know your, your starting hands and how you play largely change the dynamics because the table is short. So, and you know, that's, well, I'm just saying, if you're not if you're not comfortable playing shorthanded poker, a lot of times when you sit down at, at these events, at the you're very beginning, find yourself, right? Shorthanded, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and that happens a lot. Yep. So, and there's a lot of variance, and I mean, there is. I mean, you know, you're a limit holding player that plays, you know, predominantly shorthanded, so you know, yes. how, how you know. So those are things to think about, and you know, I, I guess myself, you know, normally, especially for like a noon tournament. I'm not going to be up for five, six, seven hours beforehand. I'll wake up around maybe nine, nine thirty, ten, and I'll only be awake for two hours. So sometimes I don't like to just wake up, stroll in there, still kind of a little groggy, and immediately start playing three or four handed. You know, it's. It, I mean, I'm just saying it just depends. Those those are things you need to consider. Yeah. And did you agree? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Now, I, I 
I'm going to show up there anyway, I think, because I actually like the shorthanded at the beginning because a lot of people are not comfortable with it, and I am because I play it all the time in Limit Hold'em. Well, but it depends what you're playing. Yeah, I mean, if Limit you play, yes, but uh, yeah, I know the No Limit. If you play the Omaha, you don't want to sit there playing three. I, you know, I'm it's actually the one I'm considering maybe showing up a little bit later. That's what I'm yeah. picking because, I, because of my, I, I don't have anywhere near the experience in Omaha, especially uh, with shorthanded. Uh, I think I'm probably at this point a much better full table player than I am shorthanded in Omaha. Absolutely, so, I'd agree. So, so, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should avoid the shorthanded and register a little bit late. That's what I'm thinking. Though I might anyway because it's one of those back, it's one of those events I have the next day after a previous event, so I may make a day two and have to register late. So, but the funny thing is it won't even be that bad for me. So, but the other thing I've, I've always I've noticed is if you register, say it's a noon tournament, you register at one and you walk over to your table. I mean. I, I'm just going to say this because it's it's basically true. I mean, maybe it's an angle. I don't know. But you register late. You walk over to your table kind of from a distance, and you see either where the button is, for instance, and you see you're going to be in the big blind, the next hand or two hands. Do you walk around for five, ten more yeah, minutes? Yeah, that's, that's the creative walking and strategy. I do. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say any different. I do. That's what's known uh-huh. as the creative walking strategy, where where people who are, who are, who are uh, when they're either their table breaks or they're coming to sit down, uh, that they will uh, if they see from a distance they're, they're going to be the big blind. They, they they pretend not to see where they're going or walk in circles, and then and then conveniently get over there at the perfect moment to start on the button. Yep, I do that all the time. The cre- the creative walking strategy. I do a lot of creative walking. <laughs> See, see, you do walk. You were criticizing that other guy for walking, but you walk too. What other guy? The the the, the Reuben. He does Reuben. A, he does a lot of walking. The Bitcoin um, minister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's different. That's walking in game walking. No, that that's, that's social walking. You do you yeah. do uh, purposed walking. Yes. Okay. So uh, so let's see. Uh, from the four oh six, I think this is from uh, that clit. He said, uh, "What's he, this is a, He said, "What are you? What's he talking about?" At eleven thirty, the quick pass line by the snack bar. Must have had a hundred plus people when I walked by it. He's uh, quick pass. I don't know what he's talking. Oh, he's probably talking about the uh, the World Series that there is a line. I don't know. He said I just tuned in right now. He, he's at the World Series, by the way. This is uh, yeah, Brittany Griner's clit. Also, known as he's Shula there right Texas. now. Yeah, yeah, he's there. I, I, I'm the only one who have met him from the forum. Hmm. So okay, let's let's move to the next topic. We're actually getting uh, kind of. Down the list here. We're, we're not... I got about thirty more minutes left in me. Okay, that's fine. We're, we're getting down the list. We're, we're uh, I lost the list be again. Up early tomorrow. Let me get back to it. And yeah, we're getting we're getting closer to the end. This we didn't have a huge agenda this week. So this may actually be a shorter show compared to the other recently, though it hasn't been that short. We've already been on for uh, for six hours, so I guess it couldn't be that short. So let me get back to my agenda. I always lose somehow the agenda just disappears. It always disappears during the show. Here it is. I mean, don't you just have a desk with a piece of paper on it? What is it you're going no, through? No, no, I go by the thing. I typed up the official agenda in the Flying Stupidity form. I go back by uh, my own post. So when you say it disappears, you just mean you have to find the right window? Somehow, somehow I – no, somehow I, I end up going to something else in that same window. No matter how much I try, I always end up doing it. Oh, man, That's if how, I knew you posted this ahead of time, I would have studied. No, are they still doing <laughs> – are they still doing this uh, WSOP in Europe thing? Yeah. Where is that going to be this year? Does I anyone know. know? I don't know. Druff, what would ever have to happen for you to go over there, over the pond? Uh, I'd, I'd have to have a, I'd have to have either them paying for the whole Keep thing. Yeah, they had to pay for the whole thing, or I had to be going there anyway for a trip that I'd be taking. I wouldn't. I would never just go there to play poker. Now, what happens if you win two bracelets and you're in care. the contention? No, they, they can. They, if they want to sponsor me to do it, I'll do it. I'm not going to. So, if you're in contention for WSOP Player of the Year, you would not 
play pay for a flight to go over no, there? No, it wouldn't be worth it to me. Because of the flight? It's a pain in the ass. You know, it's a pain in the ass. It takes too long. It's it's just it's a pain in the ass to fly to Europe, especially from I the West Coast. You. From, no, from the West Coast, it's a pain if in the ass. If you're in contention to be the WSOP Man of the Year, I don't care that much about WSOP Man of the Year. It's, it, uh, I don't believe you. No, I don't. It's, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. Calawad, do you believe him? I think he'd put a, no airline points together and he'd be no. Calawad, what do you think? It's such a pain in the ass. I mean, it's tough because it's you know it costs him money to get over there. He might but not I mean, do it. And it's so long, you got to do two flights. So they're flights. talking about you on the on the networks and the ESPN, no WSOP. I, I, I'd say to somebody, sponsor me then, and I'll go. I would do it. I'd go over. What do you mean sponsor you? You mean pay for your flight? Uh, yeah. You don't put people in WSOP events unless it's like an online site. What do you? That's I what I mean. An online site wants to sponsor me, yeah. For what, your airfare or your buy-ins? Or, my, my, or it's something that significantly takes the edge off the, the, the expense, yeah. You wouldn't just do it for the... No, it's too hard. And, 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 and it's not like it's guaranteed. I'd have to go there and I'd have to do well. There's too many variables where it's unlikely to work. If, hmm. if, if Now, if God came down and told me, if you go there, you're going to win a BWSP Player of the Year, then I would do it. But here, it's such a small chance I would do it that it's not worth it. Okay, so, so let me get to the next topic here. Uh, David O.D.B. Baker and I don't get along. That's that's not news to most people here. Uh it all started from a mis- that the one from Katy, Texas. Yes, it, it, it's all from a misunderstanding that happened nine years ago. That he just would never he doesn't the seat he, change card. Yeah, yeah, he just he just pretends like he doesn't. Uh, no, that was the recent one. That was that was just him being a dick. But okay. but uh, it, it was a misunderstanding. Nine years ago, he thought I was like pretending to be him on Absolute Poker, and I was not doing that. But you know, it was a joke. He didn't understand it. I, like I tried to explain it to him, he didn't believe me. So that kind of started off the bad blood. We've just never gotten along since then. We had an incident at uh, at, at Commerce that you can read about on F5Poker.com. If you just if you Google Todd would tell us David Baker, you'll see it on F5Poker.com. Is he your biggest arch villain? No, I, I, I don't know if my biggest arch villain, but but we don't like each other. Okay? Well, who's your arch? Who's your biggest I, villain? I, I don't know. But you know, I, I think I had dinner with him. Either it was either earlier this year or. No, no, I think he'd have to be it because no, you talk about him a lot. No, there's I not- don't talk about him a lot. I just there's a reason I'm talking about him now. Is that he did something that's worth discussing, not about me. So uh, anyway, one thing I'll, I'll say for him though, I don't believe him to be shady. I don't think he's any kind of scammer. I think with money matters, you can trust him. I don't, I'm not sure about this, but from everything I've seen and heard, uh, you, you don't have to. Be concerned about that with him. He's, it, it, the reason I don't like him has nothing to do with, with money matters or, or being not trustworthy. So, and and, uh, and so believe, you're saying it's not business is personal, right? And, and he doesn't. <laughs> and, and he doesn't. He actually let me hold an escrow between a bet he had with China Maniac. So I, I guess he doesn't feel I would cheat him either, which I would. Wait, hold on. What was that about? I don't it, it was something know. about the final table of some limit event, and China chose a few people. He chose a few people, and then I held the money. Oh wow! Who yeah. won? Uh, I believe that uh, David Baker. <laughs> no, no, I th- I think actually China won. Good, good for I, I China. I'm forgetting now. I can ask China. I forgot who won now. But I just remember I held. I remember China proposed. Well, talk, you know, David said, "Tell someone we both know that." Uh, to hold the money and, and we'll do it. And he said, how about Todd would tell us? And he said, fine. So I was, I, I guess, despite not liking me, he knew I wasn't going to stiff him. So, which I wasn't going to. I, would, I wouldn't cheat him or anything. So anyway, he has an offer. This is interesting. There's a guy named Andrew Barber who wrote a, he's one of the social justice warriors, by the way. But he also wrote a very scathing blog about buying pieces of people in the World Series, that the, that the markup's ridiculous, that nobody can beat it, that it's a terrible investment, blah, 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 blah. Well, 
David Baker, he didn't directly respond to this, but presumably after this was published, because it was very shortly after this was published, uh, David Baker disagreed, and he actually made an interesting offer involving markup. Let me get to his exact tweet. He said, he tweeted out on May 21st, any of you markup detractors want some free money, you can book me at 1.4 for all $4,999 events this World Series, all or none. Now, some of you may say, what the hell is that? What's, what's he talking about? So let me explain this more clearly. What he's trying to say is you can reverse buy pieces of him, meaning you're not buying pieces of him at 1.4 markup. You are reverse buying, meaning that instead of buying pieces and hoping he wins, you're buying pieces and hoping he loses. So if he loses, then you make money. If he wins, you lose money. It's the reverse of buying. You're basically shorting ODB. That's what you're doing. You're shorting ODB at 1.4. And you may say, 1.4, that's a terrible rate. No, it's a great rate because you are you are actually uh, – you want the rate to be higher. The higher the rate is when you're reverse buying him, the better. When you're buying a piece of him directly that's not reverse, then it's then you want a cheap rate. When you're buying, is there some kind of arbitrage opportunity in here somewhere? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's a good question. Yeah, but your exposure it could be awful. Well, so that's the problem here. So that, that's, that's exactly the problem. So, so, let me, so here, I'll give you some examples for those of you who are still a little bit confused, and you'll see what can be the problem with it. Even though 1.4, I think, is an is a, uh, advantageous rate for you, I don't think he is a 1.4 favorite. I don't think anybody is at, at all events that are 3K or less, which is basically what he's saying. There's no event between 3,000 and 999. The highest is 3K up till there. He's basically saying anything that's not a 5K or above event. So here's here's the problem. Here's some examples. Uh, Let's say he, of all the events that are 3K or less, that he is uh, entering $25,000 worth. So you tell him you want to buy 10%. So what happens then, since you're buying, you're reverse buying 10%. So what that means, 10% of 25,000 is, of course, 2,500. But then you've got to multiply it by 1.4 times. You're getting 1.4 markups. So that makes it 3,500. So basically, you're starting with a credit of 3,500. And then whatever he cashes total in those events, you take 10% of that and subtract it from your 3,500 credit. Yeah. And, th- and that's where it goes. So if he ca- let's say he bricks everything. Let's say you do that and he bricks everything, doesn't cash a damn thing. Then he owes you 3,500. He pays you 3,500. Let's say he breaks exactly even in the events. Let's say he cashes 25000 and he bought it for 25000 Well, you still make money because you, that means you subtract 2500 which is 10%, from your 3500 He still owes you 1000 So you could say, okay, great. So he could break even here. You still make 1000 Well, here comes the problem. Well, before I get to that, here, here's another situation. Let's say he cashes 40000 in 25000 worth of buy-ins. Well, you subtract 4000 which is 10% of 40000 from your 3500 and now you owe 500 to him. Now, that's not that bad. But here is the bad one. Let's say he luck boxes one of those events. Let's say he, he enters a, a, one of those uh, big field no-limit events for a $2,000 buy-in, 1500 buy-in. He finishes in the top few spots and cashes for 500000 and let's say that's his only cash. You're fucked. Let, let's say that's yeah. Yeah. Let's say that's let's say that's his only cash. He he breaks everything else, but cashes one for five hundred thousand. Well, You're now fucked. you got, now you've got to take ten percent of five hundred thousand, which is fifty thousand. Subtract that for thirty five hundred. You now owe him forty six thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's that's if he makes five hundred. What if he what if he cashes a million? Well, then you owe him almost a hundred. You now you owe him ninety three thousand. So it's a reverse no, sorry, lotto 96, ticket. It's a reverse lotto ticket. That's what it is. You so, know, it, 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 and then I'm just 
pointing this out for the fraud channel, but when you're done talking about this, you should also talk about the interesting bet that Vanessa Selfs made with that one kid, some another hotshot kid uh, that he, I think it's either a million or two she has to pay if he wins three WSOP bracelets. And apparently, I don't get it, she got actually scared and sold half the action. Huh. A fading three. You should Google it and read it because this oh, is will. actually yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, back to back to David Baker. I, I will look into that. Back, yeah. back to David Baker. The the uh, the the problem here is as as Cal Watt said, your exposure is huge. That your biggest upside, the very very best you can do in the scenario, is win thirty five hundred. The the worst you can do is is basically unlimited. It can it can be really horrible where you can end up owing him six figures or high five figures with the best case scenario of winning thirty five hundred. So even if it's positive expectation for you, you don't want to do this because you can't run this like a million times. You can only run well, okay, this once. So say say the Colossus he would win. What could you get stuck? Well, it depends how much you buy of him. So so if you bought if you bought uh, well it's a million dollar guarantee. So let's say he won a million bucks. No, the Colossus is a million dollar guarantee. Yes, it is. Yeah, first. It, it is now. It was oh, before. a million for first. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So a million dollars. So, so if he finished first and got a million, then, then uh, and you bought ten percent of him, you would owe him ninety six thousand five hundred in this case. Uh, so, right. so that's that's what I'm saying. Is that is that? It's just so. A, how do you even? How do you even uh, escrow that, or just make sure you're not going to get? Say some random guy, or even someone that's not random that he knows books this. How do you even put up the money? Well, or that's, prove that that's you, the problem. Is he has to really trust them because otherwise they could screw him. Yes, that's, oh, a, yeah. that's the other problem is that someone who doesn't have that type of money can just free roll him, and then if he were to hit something really big, then they just say, F you, I'm not paying, you know, or disappear. I heard, uh, I heard, I've heard this from more than one person, then somebody that I know that's very, very close to this person I'm about to mention told me that it was actually 100% true. Ted Forrest is basically broke. Oh, yeah, I know that too. Yeah. Uh, he's been actually seen playing daily two five two dollar five dollar Pot Limit Omaha now for the last few weeks in Atlantic City. Um, his house got foreclosed on in Vegas. Uh, I don't know if he knows someone in Vegas or in AC or if he's staying, you know, in a hotel. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I could find out. But, uh, you know, he won a bet against Mike Matisau where yeah, he the, almost the died bet, yeah. for, for it was a million or two million dollars. And he never yeah, no, Mike went as pay. far as to even get some collateral or just even make sure that it could be paid. Yeah, then Mike didn't pay him, I know. And Mike, yeah, Mike Mike uh started out paying him like two thousand a month. That was what his best offer was. And then Mike had the back and neck problems and then just stopped paying him completely because he had no income. Well yeah this is similar so also to, you, to, to yeah uh, Mark So Newhouse. the point is the point I'm making is when you do things like this you if I did anything like this, I would make sure so whether it was house, property. I mean, you'd have to have do some research and due diligence to make sure they even had the collateral or, or yeah, assets to back it up. Exactly. That's nuts. Yeah, it's that's that, was that bet made when when Madison was still on the full tilt gravy train? It may have um, been. I don't remember. I think, but, I think it was like around that time frame, and that was one is, of the things he that was Madison. Never, he was never on the full tilt gravy train in, in, well, in yeah. relation to what the others were. Yeah, that's he true. got. He got maybe twenty or thirty thousand a month, yeah. um, you know, which he usually shoot off online, and he, he kept this no secret. But he was never, you know, any, anywhere near to getting six figures like some of the other guys were getting. Yeah. Not even close. Um, you know, the story about that it's for another day was in this. You know, I read this in his book. Uh, was it check raising the devil? I believe that when Matisau was in jail for the cocaine conviction, Howard Letterer came to visit him. 
and suggested to him that he invest money with this new company that was about to start called Full Tilt. Mattisau politely declined and used the money to sports bet in, while in jail. And in that book, and, and, and in that book, and this was of course before Black Friday, in that book, Mattisau stated matter of factly that that was his biggest regret in, in his life, not getting in when he was offered to be one of the owners. And it was it was like for twenty thousand dollars, he could have bought five percent or I mean, something insanely low that would have just you know brought him hundreds and hundreds of thousands a month, I mean a large amount. Um, but anyhow, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you with that tangent, but I, I know a lot of people don't know that, and it's interesting. And I don't I don't read poker books that much, uh, and this was years and years ago, but I did read it. It was an interesting read, and I, I would suggest to anyone that even cares, uh, in my opinion, the two best poker books that aren't you know about strategy or anything, uh, Check Raising the Devil, very, very entertaining, and just a lot of things that weren't made public about his life and upbringing, his rise in the poker career. And also uh, the book about Andy Beal playing against uh, Todd Brunson, Doyle, Phil Ivey, and can't think of the, the banker, the professor, and was it yeah, the suicide team? Yeah, Ted, Ted Forrest, he, he played yeah. him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, was and, it David Gray that wrote that, I think? No, David Gray was a player in that game. Oh, he's a player in it. Um, if you said the name of the I'm, I'm outside. Uh, I remember I used to play horse tournaments with the guy you know, that wrote yeah, that. Thing. If you said his name, I'd know it instantly. And I'm sure somebody in the chat what? will come up with it before I even walk back to my computer. But it's a great – that's by far my favorite. That book. was a really good book. I remember that. You know, that. You know uh, what, Dave, David Gray, his, his avatar in Full Tilt, he was one of the pros there. He looked, his head looked like a penis. Do you remember that? Yeah. His, yeah. People made fun of that too. They always, they always said, ah, hey, Peckerhead. Hey, hey, he really hated that. Michael, Michael Craig. Yep, that that is the name of the author. So anyone listening that doesn't know about this, you know, because it's funny when you think about it, because there's literally a, a whole new generation of poker players that never, you know what I mean? You have to think when this went on, there are people that are playing now that were, that were eight, seven years old. And, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, Google it. I think you can probably get it on like Amazon for, you know, seven, eight dollars. It's It's amazing. And at this time, you know, this is, of course, a decade plus before Macau. Uh, at that time, these were the biggest stakes ever played uh, by far. I mean, it, it, they were playing 50,000, 100,000 limit hold'em, which is insane. I mean, it just, I don't even, you know, I don't think you could ever. You'll, now you'll never see that again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just, you know, but it, it's so amazing. Uh, just what went on behind the scenes and Michael Craig was allowed to sit in for every game and document it with the premise that he was going to write a book afterwards. So anyhow, it's very, very good reading. Um, so if anyone you know doesn't know about it, you can research it. You can find the excerpts online, and, and if it seems like it's you know interesting, go from there. Okay, but so, I'm sorry. So go ahead. So go back to this with, with David Baker. So yeah, he, it is true. It's, it's it's questionable how he will make sure these people pay. And and also you may say, okay, well, forget the exposure. Why don't I just buy 1% of him? And I don't know if he's going to sell 1%, but what if you just reverse buy 1%? Well, then even if he were to win 500000 uh, you still only owe him 5000 which isn't great, but at least it's not, uh, it's not catastrophic. But your upside then is so small. Then if you, in this example, if you bought 1% instead of 10%, your upside at best is $350. Now, is that really worth doing? Especially since you could still lose thousands if he does well. It's just not worth doing. So it's just – the problem is – there's too much downside, not enough upside. And Belly Buster, who runs the No Fraud Online Poker Room, put it best. He said, this is a classic short seller's conundrum. Your upside is capped and your downside is uncapped. Right. That, right. That's why you don't want to do it. So that's- well, I think the reason he proposed this was to kind of point out uh, 
the you know people who were complaining about markup. He's like, okay, you don't like the markup, let's do the reverse. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair point, and that's and it's true that when you you complain about markup, but then you you do it's the reverse where yeah you, you have the yeah. and I and I thought about this when I made the final table three years ago at the 10k limit. I, I did think about. Wow, and I actually I sold more in that much more in that event than I meant to because I I didn't keep track of it properly and then I realized too late that I sold too much. Not not I didn't sell like 100 percent of myself. I think I sold like 55 percent of myself when I meant to sell like 40 or 45. So that that was it. I you know I, and I kept to it and I paid everyone of course. But uh, I remember thinking, wow, you know I, I really sold a lot of myself here. And while I'm happy for everybody that, that that's going to win that's invested with me, um, you know, what I, was your I, biggest payout in that? Do you remember roughly? Just, you know, to to an investor. Oh, I think someone. I, I been, then, then I was selling bigger pieces. I think I sold like fifteen percent to C Money and ten percent to PLOL. So they they made, uh, you know, thousands thousands of dollars on it. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, you you know, I'm not uh, mentioning this to to plug the site or whatever, but you know that I made a website where people can book. You know, they keep track of their winnings, and you have yours uh, listed on yeah, there right now on Tasty Stakes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So last year. Uh, Brian Rast listed his package on there for the Super High Roller Tournament, and you know one one uh, percent of it was like fifty seven hundred dollars, something like that. And I was vacillating; I was on the fence. I was about to buy a piece. I was talking to some friends of mine. Ended up forgetting about it, and a couple people bought pieces uh, on the site of him. And doesn't that fucker go on to win it? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to kill myself. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah. So it, yeah, and I and I understand like his point here that 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 you're buying something and and the the greater chances you're you're just going to lose the money and, and you know come yeah. back with less than you you bought. But then there there can be where the the big hit comes where you make many times your money. Right. So so that's that's what you're buying here is the chance of that. And and uh, so even if overall if this was played a million times, it would be a negative EV for you. Uh, you're you're basically taking a a chance for uh, something relatively small. You're buying it for a big return, where the greater chances you're just going to get uh, uh, less than what you bought in for. So that's that's basically what you're doing. So and I think you made a good point. Yeah, it, it is a good point. Like if if you want this, so it's not a good idea to buy the reverse. And uh, and I don't know if he's actually really going to sell any. I don't know if people are going to be doing this with him, or if he's going to accept it, because maybe they don't have a good enough uh, payment history or, or, or financial standing or trust trust standing in the community. That would just be too much of a sweat for me. I like to gamble with the rest of them, but no, boy, I that wouldn't. Uh, no, imagine not, that. Yeah, you yeah. buy you buy ten percent of this, and that you have to. You see, he's oh. making it deep, and you're like, oh my god, please do not win the million dollar. Oh my god, he's getting there. Oh my god, it's going to cost me a hundred thousand. Like you go crazy. You go, yeah, why watch him I... just go on a heater and bink every tournament he enters. I yeah, mean, you might and, as well just buy a ticket to Mexico. And then you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh my god, the most I could have made is like three grand, and look what I just did to myself. Oh my god, like why yeah. did I do this? Like if I'm going to risk this money, why? And, and speaking of prop bets, uh, can I go ahead with the Vanessa Selps? I just found it. Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Vanessa, this is from Card Player. Vanessa Selps is on the hook for two million dollars if a 20 year old. Rookie WSOP Pro scores a hat trick at the 2006 WSOP. Selps, the winner of three bracelets, gave Poland's Dmitry Urbanovic. I mean, I, I, Kalawat, do you know him? I mean, well, you know, let me click on this link. I'm sure you guys, uh, what has this guy done? Uh, yeah, he's only had $5 million in tournament winnings, and he's not even 20. Hmm. Or he's not even 21. So he's another phenom. Anyhow, uh, she gave him 200 to 1 odds on $10,000 and 
against him winning three bracelets in his rookie year at the WSOP. Only Puggy Pearson, Phil Hamuth, Ted Forrest, Phil Ivey, and Jeffrey Lissandra have won three bracelets in a year. Uh, to be specific, Yurbanovich Yer- cannot use WSOP Europe. While the bet might seem absurd, uh, Urbanovic does have more than $4.2 million in lifetime tournament wins before his 21st birthday. He's been doing very well all over Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the bet happened after both Salps and Urbanovic had been together drinking. That's kind of odd. Uh, we might have been a little intoxicated, she said, in a video, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyhow, so apparently after that, about three months later, she began to get really, really nervous with this, and she actually sold half of it, uh, you know, which I don't really even get. Who would be willing to buy 5000 with the risk of having to pay a million? It seems. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't make that bet, but if you had to do whatever math you could even do. And I know nothing about this kid. I, I'd have to imagine, uh, you know, let me look and see if he even can play any other games other than no limit tournaments. I'd have to imagine it would mathematically just using like an all things considered kind of equation. It would be, I mean, it would be so minuscule. Yeah, this, I, I this, is, this is one of these things where you see, the problem is this is one which would be much better if it was shared by a whole lot of people. But the problem is, then their upside is so small. Then it's not like once once the upside of what you're going to win is so tiny, then who's going to want to share it? That's the problem with this. But but this is one which I'm sure is positive expectation for her. But but once the negative happens, then you're never going to make it back. The only thing, uh, the only real tournaments he's cashed in, uh, he has two pot limit Omaha caches, and everything else is no limit. So I don't know. Actually, no, there is a stud. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, what would you? What would? What would you even guess the percentages would be for, let's just say, a above average, really good poker player to win three bracelets? That's going to play a full schedule. Imagine he pay. A, excuse me. Imagine he'd play a full schedule, every event possible. What? What? I mean, would it still be what a tenth of one percent? I was going to say one in a thousand. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a good bet. It's just it's just if it were to happen, it's a disaster, and her upside's a little. Same thing. And what is what does ten thousand even do for her if she wins? It just yeah, seems it's, to... it's dumb. Yeah. And like I said, I would love to know who she sold it to. How do you even sell that? Yeah. Hey, I want to. You know what I mean? I want to sell half of a bet. You know, you have to. You can win five thousand, but you can lose a million. I mean, that's that's yikes. Hmm. Well. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, those are really the only. Do you guys know? Of, uh, have you read of any other crazy prop bets? I mean, this is the time of year where they start coming out. Um, most people believe that Phil Ivey, and I say most people, I'm talking not only forum posters, but you know the normal uh, poker writers, the media, do not expect Phil Ivey to uh, play a full schedule. They expect him to play basically what he did last year, which was he came in towards the end of the series. His first event, I think, was the Pro Players Championship, and then he played uh, one or two 10Ks in the main and didn't do much after that. Didn't do much during the entire series, um, but because there hasn't been any mention of him having any prop bets, no words leaked that he has any bracelet bets, which seem to be his only motivation these days to play a lot of events, that he's probably not going to show up, uh, except for, you know, as of last year, just towards the end, you know, play the 50K and maybe the main event. Uh, have you guys heard anything? Any rumors I, I, I or anything? I haven't yet. Talawat? Uh-oh, I think we lost him. 
It's a hell of a run if we did. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, he's here, he's no. here. It's like kind of like Trader Ruski, the delay. We think he's gone, and he's not really. What about oh, no, I, I actually, I actually was gone. Oh, he, he woke back up. Okay. Trader Ruski, are you still with us? There's no way. I'm here, but oh, I'm Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Buddy, you know what? Take the, the take the stage for a minute. Talk to us. How? What are you doing to keep yourself up? No, nah, I'm about to crash. The <laughs> herbal tea's in. Oh, the herbal tea, okay. I'm winding down. The so, herbal tea's uh, taking effect, okay. I'm going to sign off and listen, though. Great show. Thanks for having me. And um, let me know about the hat drop if you want me to get a, a deal with it. Okay, we, we'll, we we'll talk about that. On that. Yeah, we'll talk about that, okay. Okay, guys. Okay. Have a good night. Thank you, Trader Risky. Yeah, I was actually just up using the bathroom, and I had the whole bottle of wine I needed to go. Uh, okay. So, all right, uh, so getting to the uh, next topic, the province of Quebec is going to do something that uh, I'm sure a lot of people have thought of might be possible one day. It's kind of a nightmarish Internet situation, and that is they are attempting to block all gambling sites are all illegal gambling sites. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. There's a site called CasinoCity.com that has a bunch of WSOP prop bets, and one of their prop bets is the over-under on the number of tweets from Kev Math's Twitter account. <laughs> and he has a line at uh, 2,400 or 400 a week. I think I'll go over that. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking the over. Yeah, okay. So, so anyway, the, the nightmare scenario is that the province of Quebec is going to block online gambling sites. Now, the way they're going to do this is through the Internet service providers, they will pass a law that heavily fines any Quebec Internet service provider for allowing people to access online gambling sites. And, and basically, they're going to be given a list of sites that they cannot serve by the government, and the, and the ISPs must block them or face very, very stiff fines. So, so Matt Durack can't play tournament poker well, no, no more? He, no, he's not in Quebec. He's in B.C., What's the difference? Well, here's a big difference. Quebec is kind of a strange province. It's in the eastern Canada. It's got Montreal in it. Uh, it's 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 a strange province that has sets. Uh, they have laws over there that are different many times from the rest of Canada. They also have a very strong French influence over there. In fact, uh, a lot of a lot of people in Quebec only speak French. I, I just visited Quebec uh, last year, so I got to experience this, and a lot of them only speak French. And they have a very strong French influence. In fact, a lot of the Quebec citizens actually look down on English speakers or people not from Quebec. Quebec has even talked about seceding from Canada before and just becoming they, its own. They've, they've had votes on it twice over the last, like, 30 years. Oh, that's and right. The, we, the we last have... time it was uh, close, but they didn't make it. And uh, even though Canada has got two official languages, Canadian and French, um, English and French there. <laughs> Canadian French. Did you just say Canadian yes, and French? <laughs> yeah. So in, in Quebec, you are not allowed to have an English-only sign on your, like if you have a, you know, uh, so, like a storefront, you will get fined for having an English-only sign. Yeah, and there's also a reduced uh, free speech over there. There's a lot of speech laws in, uh, over in Quebec that are very strict. It's a lot of the freedoms that you would expect in the U.S. and Canada uh, don't exist in Quebec, and, and so this is yet another one. So what what is Quebec? What would be a comparison? Well, it's, like it's, the, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a U.S. state. It's a, it so if I say Quebec is California, yes, it would be like California passing a law that that that, uh, that all online gambling sites have to be blocked. 
but it couldn't happen in the U.S. It couldn't absolutely couldn't happen in in uh, in Quebec. It actually is. They're attempting to now. This is against federal law in Canada, and there's there's expected to be battles there to uh, between the Quebec provincial government and and the federal government in in, in uh, Canada as to whether or not uh, this is going to take place. They both have their arguments of why they should be allowed to do it or shouldn't be allowed to do it. But uh, So this is not going to happen right away. They're trying to make it happen quickly. They're trying to make it happen uh, w- within weeks. And, uh, and, and this would give a 30-day period at that point for the ISPs to comply. They're not, you know, they don't have to comply immediately. They comply though within a month. And after those 30 day, that 30-day grace period, if they have not blocked the sites that they're told to block, then they will be fined very heavily. I think $100,000 per site they don't block. So, so, of course, the ISPs are going to do what they're forced to do. So uh, why would they do this? What, what's the reason? The reason is that Quebec has its own lottery with online gaming through the lottery, and they are, it has not been doing very well. It's similar to the situation with uh, the online gaming sites that are legal in the U.S., in New Jersey, and Nevada. They're not doing anywhere nearly as well as expected. And, again, they are blaming the unlicensed illegal sites for sapping their business. So they have decided that instead of trying to bust those sites, which may be in other jurisdictions, in fact, they almost always are, they're just going to block access to them, which which is terrible because the Internet is not like that. You're, the Internet, you're not supposed to be blocking people's access to, to, to get to certain sites. If there's a site that are illegal, there should be uh, effort made to take those sites down or, or prosecute or bust those running the sites. I, I can even understand... Uh, attacks on those sites if, if they're serving if they're doing illegal uh, activities, but but not to uh, to block people's access to sites really starts you on a slippery slope where where the internet is getting censored by governments and and if you say that's okay uh, maybe it eventually become like China where they just block access to sites that are critical of the government maybe maybe they'll block access to sites that are critical of the government and claim some other violation like, like uh, for example. Let's say they block any kind of illegal gambling site. Well, look at Poker Fraud Alert. It's not – there's no gambling on Poker Fraud Alert, but we do have a free roll, so they can claim that's gambling. And they can claim let's block that. I don't think Quebec's going to block Poker Fraud Alert, but, but they could claim that. They could block it, and what they could do is they could look at any site that has any criticism of them, of their own government, and then find a flimsy way to say the site is breaking some other law that they have to be blocked. It's a very, very slippery slope. There should not be any sites on the Internet that are blocked, and that's, that's very, very obnoxious of the Quebec government to try to do. But they are trying, and it may come to pass within weeks. This may become law. The ISPs will be forced to do it there. And uh, so Quebec, which, which really does have a fair percentage of Canada's population. Do you, Matthew, Rad, what do you know? What percentage um, they have? I, you know, I'm not sure, but off the top of my head, I would probably say it's close to probably twenty to twenty-five percent. Yeah. Um, and and the one thing in in Canadian Parliament, everybody's kind of afraid of Quebec. Like it's kind of they're even though they're part of Canada, they really are almost a quasi their own country. And and people don't want to politically piss them off. It uh, like they have these special rules, and so I would not be surprised in the least if it if this law passes. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. So and, and you know maybe the the federal government in Canada is going to try to fight them, or maybe not. But it's a you know they they may just pass it and say too bad this is what we're doing, and and you know try to force us to stop. 
They, Quebec just gets defiant like that. They, they don't always uh, let the federal government tell them what to do. And, you know, what the, it's hard for the federal government to overrule it in some cases. So, it's yeah, this could become law, and this will be the first time we've seen this in any kind of uh, supposedly free country where sites are actually blocked. I and mean, China does this, but we're not talking about sites like China. We're talking about we're talking about Canada here. That that a, a province that, as Matt the Rat says, twenty to twenty five percent of the population of Canada. They have eight eight point two million out of about thirty seven million out of Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's like twenty four percent, the second largest next to Ontario. Yeah, so that's that's a big chunk of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that Montreal is there. Montreal is a, a large city, so you're not going to be able to access. As many as, as 2,200 sites are expected to be on the blacklist right away. Hmm. So uh, that's going to be disturbing. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And if you're a listener from Quebec. Uh, now, who do we got? We have uh, Hockey Guy, TMLK. Who does this affect? Uh, you know, I, I don't, know you know everybody. I don't, I don't know if we know. Hockey Guy's in Alberta. Uh, we, we have TMLK. He's on Ontario. Uh, I believe that uh, Quint- what about Qu- Sir Bobby Orr? No, he's in in Ontario, and I believe Quincy Beans. I think he's in Ontario also. Well, his girlfriend's still in Hundo. Or, 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 may- or may- maybe he's in Quebec. I forget. He might be in Quebec. Actually, it may affect him. Limitless near, lives near me, apparently. Yeah, and that's oh, Sir Von Broughton guy or whatever his name uh, is. Uh, uh, he Bar- lives near me. Baron Von Strucker. Yeah, these guys yeah, are all yeah. the, they're all in the West in BC. Where yeah. I thought Baron Von Strucker lived in Europe. No, he did at one point, but he doesn't. He's a Canadian. Way. Yeah, he right, he's a European who lives in Canada now. For poker? No, he's lived there for a long time. I like that kid. He's funny. Yeah. So so yeah. The, the to be honest, the the West side of Canada is is most. Uh, I found that they're most U.S.-like over there. If, if anywhere that. So where's Quebec? I don't know Canada. It's, at all. it's Eastern it's, Canada. It's Eastern Canada. East Coast. Yeah, it's the East Coast. So it's the it's nearest where? Like New York. What state? Upstate New York. Upstate New York is actually close to uh, Ontario, but uh, uh, it's it's. If you were going to drive to Quebec from the U.S., where would how would your route be? Uh, well, it depends what part, but you could go through through uh, Vermont, through uh, through New Hampshire, okay. through, through Maine, gotcha. things like that. Have you been to Quebec? I, I was just there uh, not too long ago. Oh, that last was year. there during your last Canadian year. trip? Last year, yeah. yeah. When, what, honestly, what was your uh, feeling about the, the – what is it, a province? Yeah, well, no, what I what – I, I, I like the sites and everything I saw over there. I, I will tell you that I did uh, – I heard some of them saying in French things, oh, American. They, they, were, they, they, realized, they realized I was American, which I, I, I didn't quite figure out. I thought maybe – I was wearing my poker fraud alert cap, and it has like – it happens to have red, white, and blue colors, and that's not intentional. So I thought maybe that's what it was. They saw something red, white, and blue, and assumed that uh, that meant uh, American. Uh, otherwise, I didn't know. I don't know how people who only speak French could discern between a uh, an, an American accent and a Western Canadian accent. It, it, it shouldn't sound that different to them. So, but somehow they they knew we were American. We heard them talking shit about us about just being American. Yeah. When you say they, different. who like store owners? I mean, who no, no, no. So just like people on the street, not store owners. Wow. Yeah, like they just don't like Americans over there. And then I heard from people that uh, that they that they're kind of nasty about uh, Western Canadians too. They don't like them either. Now, Matt Durrett, you you're Canadian. Can you verify this? Do they Canadians or certain segments of Canadians they, hate? I've I've never been there, but I heard like Montreal is like a really cool place to visit. Um, but it, it's true what Todd is saying that like 
I think the average person there, they, they're kind of stuck up and they just like their French ways and they don't really kind of like the rest of Canada, the most of them. Yeah, and not only that, but they, I found it was worse and I even found some blogs about this just to make sure I wasn't crazy. I like, went and looked up blogs about this and I actually found some blogs complaining about what I had found. Like in small town Canada, it's the worst. Like in Montreal, it's a little different, but in, in the small town Quebec – that's where they're really like very – not only are they anti-American and, and in some cases anti-rest of Canada, but they're also uh, known to be racist over there too. They, they don't like black people. They don't like Asians. They don't like, uh, they don't like uh, Middle Eastern-looking people. Like the, someone wrote a blog about how he was actually from small-town Quebec, left for a while, came back to the same town, but no one knew him anymore. And then he, they didn't know that he spoke French, and he heard them talking all kinds of shit about his wife because his wife was, uh, his wife was Middle Eastern. And they were talking about her being a terrorist and all this other shit, like behind the, what he thought was behind their back. They don't even like uh, France, and they're, they're French people. <laughs> yeah, my understanding is uh, the French don't particularly like the uh, people from Quebec either. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, it's a different dialect of French. You know, like it's it's like the the tones and stuff are different the way they speak. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the Spanish spoken in Spain versus in Mexico. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a little different. The the slang is different and that type of thing. But I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you go to small town Quebec, it's kind of like going to, you know, small town Alabama. And of course, you're going to find, you know, that kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah. So I definitely saw some of that in some of the small because I was in a number of small towns in, in Quebec. What happened is I was on a uh, I was on a cruise that stopped in a number of small towns over there. So that's that's how I ended up uh, encountering a lot of these people and, and also. Uh, I also drove between uh, Quebec City and uh, and Montreal and, and oh, stopped at the Matt Durant, what about the Jews? Do the Canadians in general <laughs> do they hate the Jews? Not really. Like especially in Western Canada, we have a really wide diversity of like uh, you know Asian, uh, East Indian. Uh, like uh, there's a huge variety of different uh, ethnic backgrounds here. Yeah, as I said, Western Canada seems most uh, United States-like, in, in, uh, from what I've seen in my travels in Canada. And, and did you go up to St. Lawrence, Jeff? How the hell did you take a cruise to Montreal? Uh, no, it was, it was a cruise to Quebec City, and I drove to Montreal. Oh, okay. All right. Was it a free Caesars property cruise? Uh, well, it wasn't quite free, but it was a Caesars property cruise, yes. <laughs> no, not only that, but I, 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 not just one room, I actually got uh, two rooms on this cruise, and... Uh, uh, and, and paid very, very little for them. And not only that, the second room, I, I you know, it, it's barely used. We only had, it was just me, Benjamin's mom, and Benjamin. We took up two rooms. But, you know, it's better than having one room. But what did you need the second room for? Oh, it, it, the second room is great. The second room is a great thing to have because if somebody, if somebody wants to take a nap, if someone wants to, uh, you know, just, if you just want to be quiet, uh, uh, oh, fornication. Fornication is another good reason, yes. Uh, yep. It's a lot of good reasons. to, And also you have a lot more room to put your stuff. How many different girls have you fornicated with lifetime on these ships that you go on every couple months? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I've only fornicated with two people because I, I haven't been on as nearly as many cruises as you. Uh, four. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got me doubled. What, what about the Mile High Club? Zero. I Zero? Really? I've done that twice. How, how do you job. do it? It's, isn't it too small in there? You can make it work. Trust me. I, I'm telling you, like when I have to take Benjamin to the bathroom in, in these planes, and keep me up, Benjamin's a five-year-old. I feel like just me and him in there is cramped, and that's just going actually going to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't try it these days because um, 
you know, post nine eleven. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not the not the greatest idea, but yeah, they arrest you for everything nowadays on, on airplanes. Yeah, this was back in my spirited youth uh, pre nine eleven. Speaking of which, uh, the serial stowaway was arrested again recently. Do y'all know about this lady? No. The serial stowaway. She, uh, her name is Marilyn Hartman, and she's been arrested 18 times for boarding planes without a ticket. How does she manage to do that? <laughs> she won't. They won't say. And it's very, very, very dangerous. Uh, does she just, you know, does she do what some of them do? Like they, they don't now, get no, it. No, a couple times. The, the last bunch of times she's got arrested, they were at Chicago O'Hare, uh, where she's now in jail with a two hundred thousand dollar bond because she has an ankle bracelet, and they detected that she was at the airport. <laughs> but but does, does she get? Uh, does she actually two, get? Uh, two uh, two of the get, times she actually made it through security and made it on the actual plane and was arrested at. An arriving city without even having a ticket. Well, some so, some of them actually ma- some of them manage to get on by not actually going inside the plane. Like they actually stay in the cargo hold. It's very dangerous. No, she people. sits in the fucking seat. Okay, that's a... yeah. Believe it or not, there, there, I've, it's, I've it's, seen... it's usually Southwest that she uses, wow. and I'm going to guess that's because they don't have assigned oh, yeah. seating. Maybe she maybe she forges boarding passes or something. That could be uh, that could be what she's doing. Let's see what. Uh... That's probably why she uses them. They probably have a general boarding pass that's easier to forge. I, I I don't fly Southwest, so I don't know. But that's a that's the way it used to be. At least you just like a, you had a general boarding pass. I'm trying really to read more about this. I read I I hadn't heard about her until yesterday. Then I just started reading because it was so interesting. And I'm trying to think how the fuck does she get on these planes? Like how could you even? What do you show them? Yeah. Well, I know when I, when I get on a, a normal plane, what they do is they, they scan my boarding pass, and if it doesn't scan properly, I don't get in. So I don't see how she's doing it. It looks like Southwest because it's a, a generic uh, thing that everybody has the same one. Maybe she she forges it in some way. Yeah, but she's done this. Uh, she's 64 years old, and I guess she's based out of Chicago. She's been arrested 10 times. That's just crazy. You know what's also crazy? There's actually people who have who have ridden like on uh, the plane's wheel or other weird things, like in the wheel port and, or, or or in the baggage. And there, these things aren't pressurized somehow. I don't know how they do it at thirty-seven thousand feet. Uh, they survive when you think there'd be not enough air or it'd be too cold. Somehow they they've and there's people who've died doing this, but uh, there's people who've done it and survived, which is amazing. Uh, Darwin Award nominees. <laughs> so here, let's let's the last topic we have before of the of the poker and gambling topics. MGM has fully purchased Borgata. They the, Borgata is now an MGM property, and and well, it was half before. It was half before, but now it's half full, Boyd and half MGM. Yeah, so now it's fully MGM, and and I have to imagine this means they're going to make it an M Life property now that they fully have it. Borgata had its own system, but I have to imagine now it's going to be an M Life property. I don't know how soon this is going to happen. But MGM has uh, announced that they have acquired the uh, – they've entered an agreement, at least, a definitive agreement, to acquire the 50% that Boyd owned for a lot of money, $900 million. And uh, I wonder why that is. I know Boyd is buying some more properties or, or, or I should say uh, building some resort in Vegas, but – 
it, it seems strange. It seems like in the casino business in general, you go from buying to selling like years, like I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, MG or MGM was so short on money they had to sell Treasure Island just to finish and pay off part of the debt for City yeah, Center, yeah. and then Boyd was flush with money, and it seems as if. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the books. I don't know the numbers. But it, I would guess that by far, Borgata is the most profitable property in Atlantic City by far. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Boyd. it's really after the Revel close. There's, there's literally not even a close second place in terms of a upscale resort property. Well, this meaning- is, here's my guess. Here's my guess about what happened here. I, I, I this is a total guess that that because Atlantic City in general is declining. I, I agree that Borgata is the, by far the best property there, probably the most profitable, but. But maybe because Atlantic City in general is declining, maybe Boyd sees this as, as they're declining. They want to get out now. That, that, like that, a long-term strategy? Yeah, like a long-term strategy that's just declining. It's not going to be worth that much. They want to get the $900 million now and get out. And, and MGM, uh, they're more optimistic. They think this is the best property there. They think the others are going to fall off and that Borgata is going to be the big one. It's still going to be viable, and they, they want the whole thing. Like, it, it's probably something like that. They probably each have different views of it. But probably MGM is, is more uh, positive on the future of Borgata and its uh, ability to make money in the long term. And, and Boyd is probably worried about Atlantic City and, and where it's going with all the increased competition in the east. So they, they want to sell, and they probably like the price. So. So it's $900 million is the agreement, and MGM, is it, it hasn't been officially acquired yet, but they say it's a definitive Actually, agreement. according to the Wall Street Journal, after debt payments are made, Boyd Gaming estimates it will make $600 million, minus taxes by way of the transaction. Okay. I'm just saying. So so they're going to they're gonna get that, and, and it, you know, we have to wait for this act, the transaction to occur. Right now it's just a definitive agreement, but it hasn't been done yet. Uh, then I have to imagine it'll be merged into M Life, which will increase the value oh, 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 of. Hold the line. This is strange. Upon transfer of Boyd Gaming's, this is again the Wall Street Journal. Upon transfer of Boyd Gaming's fifty percent share, MGM Resorts will then sell Borgata to the MGM Growth Properties, a real estate investment fund, for approximately one point one seven five billion. And then they'll lease that back to MGM Resorts for $100 million a year. What yeah, does that, that mean? No, that's just, that's just uh, numbers games like Caesars does. That's all that is. That's just a, you know, is it just, just for the books? It's probably for the books. It's something like that, yeah. It's, 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 it's not going to affect the average player or, or mean anything. They're not really selling okay. it. It's just, it's just they're selling it to themselves in a way. I think it's called a reverse takeover. Yeah, maybe it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's. I don't think that's going to. Well, see, okay, this is this is what I I just wanted to see the numbers. In April, uh, Boyd Gaming paid two hundred thirty million. This has already been done for the Aliante Casino in North Las Vegas. That was a casino that uh, was originally owned and built by Station Casinos. Um, when they went into bankruptcy, they had to sell it. Uh, I guess this was maybe about six years ago. In Aliante Station, it's in North Las Vegas, and it literally looks like a mini Red Rock. Anyone that's ever been to Red Rock in Summerlin, Nevada, that's what Aliante looks like. Doesn't that like. thing do crappy? Though? It doesn't do very no, well. No, right? it's, it's actually a beautiful casino. No, but is it, no, no, I said, does it do well? I think it's, I think it's kind of Oh, fair, no, right? no. Well, the thing is, it was, it, it, it's in a planned community called Aliante. Yeah, I know, I know about Aliante, yeah. And, yeah, and the reason why... You know, it went into bankruptcy is because it was there was not there's no there was no casino basically in I don't know maybe a seven mile radius of this area. This area was supposed to be a master planned community with I don't know thirty forty thousand residences, 
And then after the, the real estate boom, this was the hardest hit area of Las Vegas. So there were no patrons around. The casino was empty. Uh, I went there maybe four days after it opened. That's the only time I've ever been there. And it was literally, uh, it, I mean, it was a ghost town. I'm surprised Boyd would want it. Yeah, so I don't understand, especially that. I mean, two hundred thirty million—that's what they paid for it. Yet they're going to get six hundred million from the. I, I don't know. Well, they probably owe debt to it. That's probably what they're really getting nine hundred yeah. because they owe they owe debt. So that really is nine hundred, even if it, they pay six thousand six hundred. So okay, so that's that's happening, and I, I have to say this will probably increase to the average uh, player the value of M Life if if your M-Life status and points and comps can be used at Borgata. Now you have something you can do with them over there in Atlantic City in the best property. And just like uh, one big advantage of total rewards, like this is the reason Harris Rincon does so well, is that you, you earn status, you earn uh, comps, points, whatever, that can be used at any Caesars property. So that's, that's what the Rincon in California makes, makes that so successful. And so I think that uh, this will be a, an added benefit to M-Life, much like being a seven stars at Caesars, I'm always happy to hear when they have uh, announced expansion of, of uh, like, I was hoping they were going to get to be in Boston, but they didn't. But any any additional property of Caesars is something that's of benefit to me, whereas, like, an additional property for MGM doesn't matter to me because I have no status there. You know what I hate when these fucking newspapers use these stupid cliches? Oh, yeah, they're doubling this, down. No, on that's what they said. MGM doubles down, buys... Boyd out for Atlantic City's Borgata. Like, come on. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think they're being funny. It's so dumb. Remember with Tiffany Michelle? So, Tiffany, you're saying they're going to double down on uh, Obama? I mean... <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're going all in there. And, uh, yeah, right. He's got right. a better hand. It was, it was a terrible interview. <laughs> but, uh, in Tiffany's defense, it was, it was like the, the guy interviewing her was saying stupid things and asking her to answer them. So, he was kind of throwing her dumb questions and she gave dumb answers. So... All right, so uh, I became a uh, a Bitcoin speculator, but accidentally. I, I've never intended to bet to, to invest in Bitcoin. I always saw it as, as, as too volatile, too hard to predict. Uh, so this is what happened. I, I did a Bovada cash out, and uh, Bovada processed the cash out. I I didn't see it the day they. I kept checking, checking, and then I forgot to check that next day. I think it may have been a day of radio. Whatever it was, I was busy. I didn't check. The next day I go and check, and, and it turns out the, the money has been there for a day, or the Bitcoin has been there for a day. And I, I, I got $9,500 worth of Bitcoin at uh, yeah, 450 or something was, was the price of Bitcoin at the time. In that day, the price had hopped up to uh, 479 or something. It, it jumped up already, and I, I, I noticed that my... Bitcoin had appreciated, and my $9,500 cash out had been now worth 10200 Now, my first instinct was to go onto Coinbase or Circle or one of those sites like that and cash it out and say, oh, that's nice. I got an additional little bump from my $9,500 not dealing with out. the Amazon Starbucks kid no more, are we? Yeah, yeah. I'm not dealing – I said, you know, I'm just going to go use one of those sites and be done with it. Then I thought, you know what? I From what I've seen of Bitcoin before – I, I just have a feeling this is going to keep rising. So knowing that I was taking the risk that there can just be a, a precipitous fall, I sat on it. The next day, it, it gets to like 498. Well, then I got a little bit nervous because whenever you get near a round number, either going up or going down in Bitcoin, there's like a psychological barrier where people 
when it when it gets close to a round number, people tend to sell it off. Or if it gets goes down to a round number, they they tend to buy again. So for example, uh, moving close to five hundred, it's going to be hard to break five hundred. Whereas as moving down to like four fifty or especially four hundred, it's going to be hard to break that. Or if it does break, it quickly pops back up very fast. That's what I've seen. So I was a little worried about that. And then, sure enough, it quickly dropped back down to like four seventy nine. Like, oh well, well I'm, st- I'm still up, and you know, whatever. But I thought, yeah, I'm just going to sit and see if that maybe this this drop down was just a temporary thing because people were scared of the five hundred thing. Well, it turned out it was. And it kept going up, and I noticed a pattern, and I was even reading articles about it that the Chinese are actually buying a Bitcoin as a retirement fund. <laughs> the Chinese are they're actually not that. Uh, they don't have much faith in their own currency, so little that some of them are now investing in Bitcoin as like a stable way to have money for retirement or even for savings. So the Chinese are really buying up a lot of Bitcoin. The volume was way up. The volume is still way up. And I said, you know what? This looks like it's going to keep rising. So I stayed, and then it broke 500. And it, it went as high as like 520-something. Then it fell back down to 505, something like that again. But I said, all right, I'll just stay the course. I stayed. And every night, it seemed, Bitcoin would pop up. By the early morning, it was at its high, and then it would drop down, it would creep down during the day and during the evening. And again, at night, it would pop up, always because this is, you know, in China, it's during the day there. That's when they're making their transactions. So night here, day there. So I, I kept watching. Overnight goes up, creeps down during the day. That's been the pattern now for, for like the last week. Well, right now, as we sit, remember, I got these Bitcoin at like 450-something. And I have 22 of them. Uh, right now, the value of Bitcoin is around $537. And probably, and remember, we're middle of the night right now. It's almost 3 a.m. West Coast. Uh, let me see the time in China. The time in China, uh, at least in part of China, 5.55 p.m. right now. So it's, it's just approaching the end of the day. But it, it seems to go throughout the, you know, it's not restricted to business hours. So it, it does go through the evening too over there. So it's, it's pretty much, it, ri- it tends to rise recently all the way through the night, all the way to the very early morning in the West Coast, like 7 a.m., and then it starts to creep down. So uh, I've seen it go as high as 549. It hasn't broken 549 yet, but it's got a chance tonight being at 537. I don't know when to sell. I, my, now my Bitcoin, which I got for 9,500, is worth well over 11,000. Like, uh, how much? How much you have in there now? Is I have twenty two bit. I have twenty two Bitcoin, which are worth uh, somewhere between eleven five and twelve thousand. Wow. So, so, uh, and this is a very recent. This is like a so, so. Yes, I could sell and immediately get a two thousand plus. Sell profit, right away. But, but I, I think it still has some time to go up because China is still aggressively buying it yeah. now. What I happens think, if it crashes? Well, then the World that's, Series, and then you're all pissed <laughs> off. I, I think it's still got some way to go up. I, I'm not a dreamer thinking it's going to be ten thousand or even well, twelve hundred again. Uh, some I'm people, just, some idiots think that, but I, I, I'm just saying with your history of heart problems, you don't need to stress. <laughs> so you want you want some more, Drew? I mean, yeah. So I've, I've you want to keep saying it was that old dog that gave you the heart problems? I think it was the stress. Well, you know what? I it wasn't. The I, old I did. Dog. I did have a bit of, of a stressful moment because what happened was I I brought up this app called zero block which tells you the, mm-hmm. the the values and and it'll show you in different currencies of what it is and different different bitcoin sites like coinbase or whatever where, where they're selling so i accidentally pressed on it one too many times and this is the first you know so i bring it up for the first time in a few hours and it tells me the bitcoin value is 367 <laughs> 
And I go, oh, my God, I screwed up. I screwed up so badly. And then I looked, and it was 367 pounds. Uh, I'm so, telling you, Sal, I have a bad feeling. Oh, no. Gruff, you want to buy mine? <laughs> no, I see, I don't want to buy – you know, the funny thing is – now, I haven't done that. I, I, I had a nice – run up for the most point on, on Bovada for about uh, from like mid-April through mid-May I, I was just uh, I had a few little downswings but I, but I was uh, for the most part uh, beating people down on there and limit hold them uh, since the, I'd say like May 20th or so I've kind of been struggling. I have been losing. I'm like a little bit down since then, whereas before I was just like winning every day. They're saying you're, ba- you're barely holding water. You're head above water. I, actually, my head's a little below water in that time. But, but 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 it's not like I'm not like losing big. I'm like I, I like won big for a month, and now and and, and now I'm uh, struggling to, to like I'm slowly decreasing my my balance on there. Even though I'm playing a lot of hands, and that happens, and the, like that's not that bad. As long as the only thing that really bothers me is when I go through like a lot of losing and lose a lot of money fast. There, as if I just tread water or lose a little bit over the the bad times, like now, I know the good times are eventually coming where I run it up really fast. So this is fine as long as I don't like totally get beat down. Uh, that's that's the only time there's a problem because when I run up fast on there, I really run up fast. Now, do you plan on depositing into that WSOP account when you're in the Ipanema? <laughs> Uh, I'll see if it's ru- I'll see if it's running, but but it, it, anyway, on Bovada, I, I could do a Bitcoin cash out again. I, I uh, easily could do it. I have plenty of money on there at the moment to do it. I mean, like I have like I think thirty six thousand right now on there, so I could do it ninety five hundred very easily. But I'm aff- I actually don't want to do it because I'm in this weird position where e- even though I don't want to sell my Bitcoin yet, I don't necessarily want to buy anymore. I'm I'm, I'm like I'm okay risking this th- these twenty. You don't want to be overexposed. Is yeah, what you're I, to say. I, I, and right, especially at buying in at this rate at this point. It's, it's one thing that I already bought, got it cheaper before, but like here I got these twenty two Bitcoin cheap earlier, and now I've made money on them. And and I'm willing to take the chance with these 22 Bitcoin. I don't want to turn that into over 40 Bitcoin, especially ones that I get more expensive. So so I'm just I'm just gonna right now sit on these, see what I'm gonna do. And and so right now I I am a Bitcoin speculator unintentionally, and 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 we will see. I just I just couldn't bring myself to sell them because I believed they were going to go up. And so far I've been correct. Now so what is the rumor right here on things? the street that little Benny you have him mining now during the after school? Well, ben, the Ben's coins? actually aware of all this. Ben when go, Ben goes to bed at night, not tonight because I wasn't with him tonight, but but when he goes to bed at night, the last thing we do is we we bring up the the zero block site and I say, "Ben, what do you think the Bitcoin's going to be?" And he says, "I think it's going to be 525." <laughs> and it says uh and then whatever it says like it comes up. So he actually he's actually aware yeah. of all this. He's aware of the Bitcoin. He knows I have 22 of them. He knows what they're worth and uh, so, Druff, I want your advice on this. So, if you don't want them, how should I get rid of these things? Well, so I you can uh, either deal with the, with the potential scammers on local Bitcoin, where you'll get a little oh, bit higher you. value, or or you can go on something like Coinbase or Circle, and then just sell them at a, at a, at a small uh, commission to them, and, and be. Now, how you many have to set up a bank account or something? You do. You do have to link a bank account. It takes a few days, but you've had them for so long anyway. Maybe you should just. Uh, how many do you have, Calawat? Uh, not a lot. Uh, co- according to current value, it's like thirty-seven hundred. Oh, that's a lot. I mean, that's you know, a chump change. Yeah. You could use that. Were you in San Francisco now, or <laughs> no, 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 no? I'm in upstate New York. He's he's always Pearl. in San Francisco on Brandon's mind. <laughs> he's permanently there. So what I don't, was I mean, that San Francisco thing even about? Uh, was that the? I. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was at the the Silicon 500. Is that like the Indy 500? 
No, it's like a uh, startup incubator. Like okay. if you've ever seen uh, the sitcom Silicon Valley, I mean, it's it's a lot like uh, some of the startup incubators that they have in there. So, so, so kids who are starting who are, who are uh, getting to starting their own companies are so young now they're doing, going directly from the incubator in uh, the hospital to start- startups now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't had enough wine to laugh at that one. Sorry, man. Well, that's, that's why I had someone laugh. I had, so, I had someone laughing for me. Okay, so so uh, no, I hear incubator. So, how, I, so Coinbase. Yeah, Coinbase, Coinbase or Circle. But Circle, I have to admit, I, I I signed up there. I'm still a little confused on on how to sell Bitcoin. Just like transfer them there and sell them. But but right. Coinbase, it's very obvious. Though I hear Circle, you get a little bit of a better price. So you may want to look into both of them. Circle.com right, and Coinbase.com. Yeah. So so. Uh, since we've talked a little bit about airlines, I wanted the last two topics will be about airlines. Uh, the first one. I'm cutting out in eight minutes. Is that going to be okay? Yes. Okay. The Thank first you. one is about airport security. Now, I had a nasty surprise. I visited uh, this spring. I went to uh, the south. We flew back from Nashville. Going from LAX, it was fine. The line wasn't bad. But Nashville, where we flew back, we almost missed the flight, even though we actually got a priority line, like a family line or whatever. We got to skip a lot of it. Even with that, and even showing up to the airport like an hour 45 before the flight, we almost missed the flight. Wow. So so I, I thought that Nashville was just screwed up. I said, wow, this, this airport sucks. You know, the, the TSA here is uh, incompetent, blah, blah, blah. Like I was, I was lamenting how awful it was. And I thought this was just a Nashville thing. And I said, okay, if I ever come back to Nashville, I will be aware of this. Well, it wasn't Nashville. It turns out that some of you may not know this, but that TSA has changed something this year. And everything is now much slower going through security. Now, why would they ever change something to make it slower when it's been not nearly this slow? All these, why would they make it worse? Well, they apparently did a study by sending their own like fake criminals through the line trying to smuggle guns or fake or fake bombs. That uh, you know, these were employees of TSA trying to test it. They found that the old way, the faster way. 95% of those unauthorized guns and bombs made it through. And this, this was not a study done by some media organization looking for a headline. This was actually done by TSA itself, so, and they admitted it. So th- this was true. So they realized, well, this is all – so it turned out it was a complete waste of time. 19 out of 20 bombs and guns that were attempted to be snuck in there got through, which is amazing. I didn't think that anywhere near that could get through, but that's what they found. So uh, the head of TSA said, well, we've got to change everything, and they, they, they made a lot of changes – and now it's more secure, apparently, but it is much, much slower, and they have not addressed it. And people are now facing three-hour lines for domestic flights through security, which is outrageous. So uh, and this is part of the reason I don't ever fly unless it's more than 500 miles. It's just not worth doing. Uh, but but uh, they're still not improving this, and, and now Congress is investigating them. They're, Congress is putting TSA under fire, saying that this is outrageous. You've got to find a way to correct this. We understand before your procedures weren't working, but that doesn't mean now you can have unreasonable lines. It shouldn't. When people have to wait three hours to get through a security line, and it's not uncommon for that to happen anymore at the airport, something's wrong. And so have you guys flown in 2016? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have uh, took my was it? Fourth flight this year, or whatever it so was. Have, have I just you, flew this past weekend. Have either of you found unreasonable lines like this? 
Well, I've got that uh, Nexus card, so I, okay. So you get through. I just zip right through. What, what, no, what? I've had no problem. But when I was with uh, the Jet Lady in Reno, she got accosted by uh, TSA for like twenty twenty five minutes. Really? What was that for? Uh, they claimed that she had too many coins in her purse, <laughs> and they couldn't see what was in it. Oh, so they oh. did the whole manual thing. You know, the lady came over and basically fondled her and they went through the bag by hand and they put some kind of bomb sniffing agent in the bag. It was a whole spectacle in Reno. Really? So, so um, but no, I, I, you know what? I've been meaning to get that Nexus thing too. Yeah, I have, I, I think I'm going to do it now because of this disaster, but, the, but I, I think, hate taking off my shoes. I, I think what's happening here is probably certain airports and certain route, like certain places, like maybe the, where Brandon's flying from, maybe from Vegas, they don't have this issue or from Reno, they don't have this issue. Uh, I think it has to do with probably the traffic of the airport, and uh, that probably has to do with. It. I, I did see it in Nashville for sure. I saw it in Nashville where our line was very long, and I could see where if we didn't get to go past a lot of the line, we 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 went past a whole lot of people because of we got to go to the family line because Benjamin was young, whatever. Like if we didn't have that, I think three hours may have been our situation as well. No, but keep mm-hmm. in mind, I'm a very good traveler. I always get to the airport at least an hour and a half. Before my flight starts, usually even like an hour, 45 minutes. So I'm not, you know, I'm pretty good about that. But that's not going to cut it these days in some of those airports. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I've never in my life, I've I've flown, I mean, I don't know how many times, but 50, 75, 100 out of Vegas. And I've never, an hour and a half. When I've left the country, it's been two hours I get there. I've never had a problem. So never maybe, even come maybe close. McCarran is just uh, – it just doesn't have the traffic. Maybe it's not enough of a hub or something like that where it's not as, as – I mean it's a big airport. It's an international airport. You know, but a lot of things are international airports. There's tiny, I know tiny airports that are international airports. Uh, it, 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 may not, it just may not be enough of a, of a place where there's – because the thing is with Vegas, uh, for the most part – the only people that are flying in and out of there are just people who are visiting it as a tourist, but it's not it's not a, a major city. It's it's a city of a million people in the, in the area. And I mean, it's bigger than Buffalo and Green Bay and a couple no, but, others. But, but, not not the, not, but not the general area. The, the, uh, it's, it may be the, the city, but, but it, uh, I'm not even saying Buffalo is a, a big location. I'm saying it's not like flying to New York or Boston or even something like, like uh, Nashville where the Bart Hansen in the chat is saying McCarran is like the biggest, biggest, uh, busiest airport draft, LOL. And shout out to the Barnes, uh, Hansen kid. He's always coming in around 3 a.m., isn't uh, It's he? hard for me to believe that's the busiest airport. That's hard to believe. Because there's people only... Well, I think Atlanta's actually rated as the busiest well, that, airport. Yeah, Atlanta, yes. Atlanta, Miami. Atlanta's a nightmare. Miami, Atlanta, Den- O'Hare. Yeah, Denver, Chicago, right? Those are the busy ones. Like, Las Vegas is hard to picture. It's not even that big of a city. Right, let's see. I'm going to find some definitive proof. Um, this was... Okay, hold on. Busiest airport. The, the last data, the latest, it was from 2014, and I guess it's... Uh, what is it? You what? What do they use for the criteria? Okay, okay by pass by passenger emplanement. Uh This is 2014, um, and it wasn't even close. Atlanta was in first place with over 46 million people. Second was LAX with 34 million, and Vegas is number nine in the United States in 2014 with 20 million. Um, well, and I'll just run out the top ten. One's Atlanta, two's LA, three is Chicago, four is Dallas, four is Dallas Fort Worth, five is uh 
New York, specifically Kennedy. Six is Denver. Seven is San Francisco. Eight is Charlotte. Nine is Vegas. Ten is Phoenix. Well, let me say one other thing, though. The employment is not a good representation of the security because places where there's a lot of uh, layovers, they, they don't have to go through security again. Yet they, they there's people going through the airport, but they are not uh, going through security a second so if time. So employment isn't a good criteria, what would be a good? People, number of people going through security, but I don't know if they have that step. Because if you, if you just stop in Atlanta, for example, and don't ever leave the security area, then you don't have to go through security again. You just wait and, and move to the next gate. Actually, now I found something else from USA Today. Last year, uh, I don't know if this is from employment. Or what is this? I don't know. Last year, Chicago bumped ahead of Atlanta, and Vegas actually bumped up to seven, and L.A. is four. Um I don't know if, what the criteria is, but, but Vegas is a busy airport. I yeah, mean, I'm looking at three yeah. things now. It's in the top ten of the U.S. in every single. Well, pulse, I guess so. I, they must be doing a good job there because they're not. Uh, there, there could be the flights that you, you're not going through. There's not one security line. You're a lot of times going through, uh, you know, different security lines all over the airport. So maybe the ones you're going through are better lines based on uh, the airline or whatever. Okay, this poll that I'm reading now is based on flight operations. So O'Hare had 881,933 uh, flight operations. I guess that's departing and, and maybe arriving flights. So that that was their number. And uh, they crushed every, every – 881,000 flight operations. L.A. had 636. Vegas, 522. Yeah. Well, so. all right. So anyway uh, – that's that's a crappy situation. Beware of that, especially you should find out for your specific airport where you're going to be flying out of. They are having these issues with uh, with, with long waits. I definitely found it in Nashville, uh, but but I'll say I didn't find it at LAX going out. It wasn't that bad, so it's probably airport specific. Here's here's another airline related question that isn't about security, but it's about attire. Uh, there there is a. Uh, have you seen the thread I created about uh, Maggie McMuffin? JetBlue. Yeah, JetBlue and Maggie McMuffin. I, I saw the photo. I didn't read any of the Okay, dialogue. so, so uh, Maggie McMuffin, you can go to her website. It's MaggieMcMuffin.com. She has a website? Yeah, it's exactly the sounds. MaggieMcMuffin.com. And uh, she's already uh, an interesting woman without even this other stuff that happened. Uh, if you go there, it says right on the front page, Maggie McMuffin, the pelvis of justice. <laughs> it, it, it really says that now if you click on uh, on stage on the top and click on burlesque acts uh, you can stroll da- scroll down a bit here's, here's a description of something she does called the reverse strip and by the burlesque is kind of it's kind of a different form of stripping that they for some reason they they Burlesque dancers somehow think they're better than strippers, but uh, I think they think they're more artful or whatever. But there's a lot of similarities. It's, it's a, anyway, this is one call, she calls reverse strip. It says the act that won the Dirty Dirty Stripper Award at the 2015 Seattle Burlesque Games. Yes, those exist. Maggie enters a stage naked and leaves wearing three items. So instead of stripping, she puts items on. Now, what's what's so exciting about this? She says, and yes. The items came out of where you thought they did. So I guess she pulls items that she stuffed into her vagina 
and and and, and pulls them out. It's actually a picture of her, of her doing this. Wait, she does what with her vagina? She stuffs a clothing in there. She's Inside her right. vagina? Yes, yes. And she pulls them out. She comes on stage. kangaroo with a pouch? I don't know. She probably has just had sex with a lot of well-endowed guys. I don't believe this. Well, this is what she put. Where, uh, where can I find this? Uh, go to Maggie, MaggieMcMuffin.com. Then on the top, the top you'll see on stage. If you go to that and then click on Burlesque Acts and scroll down, you'll see Reverse Strip. You'll see a picture of her naked pulling something out. It's not that graphic, but you can see she's naked and she's pulling something out of that region. She's the pelvis of justice. Yes, yes. So, so, so go, go to onstage burlesque acts and then scroll down to reverse strip. It says, Maggie enters a stage naked and leaves wearing three items. And yes, they came out of where you thought they did. Wait, where do I find this? On stage on the top, see? Bur- okay, yeah, burlesque, act, and burlesque then, acts. Yeah, and then scroll down like a few items. We'll, we'll oh tell, my god! Yeah, so she actually stuffs items. She has stuffs clothing in her vagina, and and then pulls them out during the act and puts them on. That's disgusting. That's what I thought too. Why would people even pay to see that? Well, she thinks it is. So anyway, th- this uh, this classy woman, Ma- Maggie McMuffin, she was uh, she she was uh, I think New York, something like that, and she she wanted to fly back to Seattle where she lives. She had been there to do some shows. She just did her vagina act May 17th at the <laughs> Fuck You Rev- Review in New York. <laughs> fuck You Review. That's what it's called. It's, I take I bl- the cauliflower place that the one guy was at. <laughs> I, I believe it's. Anyway, she, she was flying back uh, and she to, to Seattle on JetBlue. And for whatever reason, she chose uh, not to change before she got on the, on the airplane. I don't know if she was wearing clothes she pulled out of her vagina. But uh, she was wearing clothing that to me... And I don't know if you, you want to look at the picture. The thread is called appropriate flying attire in the flying stupidity form. It, it, I guess this is literally flying stupidity. But uh, she was wearing clothing, which to me looks like underwear. She's wearing shorts, which to me have kind of the consistency and look of underwear. And then she had these like – Aren't those called knickers? I don't – they kind of look like knickers. Yeah, and, then she, and then she had like these thigh-high striped socks on. So it really looks to me like like underwear she was wearing. I think that was their their issue, even though it's the length of short, so like short shorts. It it has like it's kind of thin. It kind of just looks like like underwear. It looks like big underwear to me. So I think that the JetBlue people uh, believe she's just trying to board the plane in her underwear, and also these like long socks. It kind of looks like a like a uh, like a stripper or a hooker in her underwear. And long socks want to get on the plane, and they're like, "No, this is, you know, this isn't really appropriate flying attire." It's simply like, think, think if she entered a restaurant like this. For, forget, like, I'm not talking about like a fine restaurant with a dress code. Just, just an average restaurant where you can just walk in casually. I, I could see them saying this isn't appropriate attire either. I could see like where this isn't casual. This looks like you're in your underwear, which is fine for a strip show. But I, I don't understand why can't she just change and put on regular clothing? Like, why, why does she have to show up wearing this? But she did. She showed up wearing this. They they refused to let her board. She argued with them. She finally backed down, and she said, "Well, what can I do? This is what I have. My luggage is all packed. Uh, I've got to get on this plane." They said, "Well, you you can go to the the one of the gift shops here in the security area and, and buy some clothes." So she found some place that sold like pajamas. So she bought some like some pajamas and put on the pajama bottoms and, and posted a picture of of that on her Twitter. So she uh, immediately went to the press to complain about this because I'm sure you're uh, you're shocked that a a girl calls herself Maggie McMuffin that pulls uh, clothing out of her vagina and shows she does would want attention. 
no, it's the wrong sound effect. Whatever. So uh, this is what she, she, she this is what uh, it said in the news report about it. It said she told KOMO News that the incident is indicative of unfair treatment of women in a patriarchal society. <laughs> really? So, so you guys think if I showed up to JetBlue in my underwear, you think they would let me on? You think they'd say, okay, you're a man, you can enter in your underwear? There's no chance. Like they would. They, they I just would, think if you pull things out of your vagina or store things in there like that, you should give up your constitutional rights. <laughs> just, well, what if you, know, if she you know if you did that in North Korea? You know what they would have done to her? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, Hard labor. You, you know, if she was uh, maybe she was wearing clothing that she pulled out of her vagina. Maybe they noticed the smell and didn't let her. I, I don't know. But but uh, so she, then she went on to make this obnoxious statement. She'd say. I'd say body shaming and slut shaming more than outright sexism, but it is really hard to remove those two things from misogyny. <laughs> so, so she's a social justice warrior too. Apparently, it's uh, yeah, about body shaming, slut shaming, this shaming, that shaming. No, no, it's very, it's very simple. It's very simple. If you do some sort of dirty act on stage, which, which you do. And then you're wearing clothing that you use during this dirty stage show, which looks like stripper wear, which looks like uh, your underwear. Very simple. Before you go to the airport or anywhere else out in public, change. It, it takes a few minutes. It takes less than a few minutes. It takes one minute. Change your clothes. Put on leggings. I don't care. Put on sweats. I don't care. Put on something that, is, that doesn't look like stripper attire, doesn't look like you're in your underwear. It's that simple. I don't know why she thought that this was not going to uh, cause some problems. Why? I don't understand why board the plane like that. It's not like she. It's not like it takes an hour to change, and she she had to make her flight. It takes like one minute to change. So I I, I think she was doing this uh, boarding it this way to to get attention. She no made, offense, other than the pulling things out of her vagina, I don't find any of this interesting. What this the story? Yeah, I mean the that that is very unique and strange and weird, but I don't, I don't know. It just well, there's been a few of these where where, where people keep being denied to. It, it's it's all along the same line where every time someone gets uh, uh, told they can't do something or or, uh, or something like that, it's it's always some sort of a, it's a victimhood where they claim it's because they're whatever happened to social decency. Yeah, she she doesn't want that. And some some airlines take it too far. There was a story a few years ago about a a girl who was denied boarding on Southwest because her skirt was too short. And then she showed what she was wearing, and it was on the short side, but it wasn't terrible. They should have allowed it. Like they were being just too uh, prude there. But but this this she looks like she's wearing her underwear. I mean, it's a there's got to be some bottom uh, level standard of decency on the airline that if you if you try to board wearing your underwear they should be able to say no uh that's not appropriate you don't have to dress up nice but just don't look like you're coming on the plane wearing your underwear i think that's a reasonable request especially it's so easy not to so it's uh, and i i think you know applied fairly to males and females and as i said if i wore something like that on the airline i'm sure they'd tell me that too it's not about sexism i hate when it's about oh sexism misogyny slut shaming no you may think you're a slut and you're being shamed but and you probably are one but it's not what it's about. It's about just uh, – So but people pay good money to see her pull objects out of her vagina though? Well, yeah, that's apparently what they do. And, 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 so I saw that in Thailand. <laughs> are you really? <laughs> yeah, for real. So disgusting. See, I don't like that either. I don't get the appeal. I, I don't, yeah, I don't uh, it, it. Was, it was really – it wasn't uh, sexual at all. It was a freak show. I mean to be honest That's with what you. it seems like to me. Like, like look how yeah. much I can stuff in here. 
Yeah. Like maybe maybe the next act will be that she pulls a bowling ball out. I oh, know. I saw I saw you know shooting ping pong balls, <laughs> popping <laughs> popping balloons on the ceiling with darts that she shot out of it. And... Well, at least that is kind of like a freak show. I think she, I think this uh, Maggie McMuffin is actually doing this. It's supposed to be sexy. You're supposed to like. Uh, see well, this her. Uh, this wasn't sexy at all. It was it was impressive. One of them was really impressive. They came over and asked us our names. And uh, she got up on stage, put a piece of paper down, put a marker in her snatch, and, like, you know, just furiously gyrated for a little while. And then in perfect, perfect penmanship, wrote our names. So she could actually know? write her name with her vagina better than you uh, could no, with her No, it said, welcome to Super pus- Pussy, and then, you know, our names. Uh, that's amazing. Listen, yeah, it, it was. boys, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I have to be up early. Uh, you can talk about this McMuffin as to your heart's content, but just one question uh, off the cusp because we haven't talked about it. It starts tomorrow. Uh, NBA Finals. Uh, what I'm going to say: Golden State in six. Do we have predictions? Uh, and it seems like, by the way, the the cool pick is uh, for people to start taking the Cavs. But I still think. Uh, I, st- I mean, I get it. You know, Kevin Love is healthy. They didn't have him last year in the finals. Kyle Irving only played, or Kylie Irving only played game one. They got him back. I still think Golden State wins. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Love's kind of a choker, to be honest. He's, I, I'm not that impressed by him. He's not consistent. Yeah. And, and so what, 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 Druff, what's the verdict for the series? Yeah, I, I think Golden State in six is probably the best guess. Kalawat, do you follow American basketball? Not at all. Be, because, because Golden State allowed themselves to fall to 3-1, uh, which honestly, like they can't just say, "Oh, we, we knew we we're going to come back." No, you did. You, you've easily lost the whole series. Uh, the fact that they let themselves do that shows that they have vulnerabilities and can lose. Mm-hmm. They're not going to just. The fact that Cleveland lost by thirty twice in Toronto shows that. I mean, yeah. they got hammered. Yeah. Two games in in Canada. So, they got to make that long flight out near where uh, Calawat was at the Fortune five hundred conference. In Northern California, the, the, the Incubator 500 concert. Oh, what Incubator. Kind of, yeah, whatever. So, so, so yeah, that's so. Yeah, I, I, I still think Golden State will do it, but uh, both both teams, uh, we've seen evidence that they can uh, let down or or not play to potential, and uh, so there's there there is that unpredictability to the series. Uh, I think Golden State in six probably is the best guess. Yeah, and they have the home court, of course, which is huge. So, yeah. Well, I'll see you, Druff, in Vegas. When, when do you get here? I will get there on June 13th. That's almost halfway through the series. I know. I'm just... Uh, what the hell's going on to the third... Oh, the... Uh, the limit holdems the next day. Oh, the mother's leaving town. Is that why? Yeah. Oh. Well, not only that, but it's, the mother's leaving town. Also, I found that in the middle of the series, between the 14th and the 27th, there were a lot of events I wanted to play. And, and I said, look, I, I've... I, I don't want to miss this group of events, and, and I realize that I, I can't be like, – unlike the old days where I spent the entire seven weeks uh, at the series, I, I'm not living there anymore, and I have to choose uh, only a, a limited period of time when I can be there. And I chose that period, so rather than make, making two trips that are shorter, I'm making one that's longer. So I, I'll be there on the 13th, but then I'll be there for, for uh, over two weeks. Are you going to be staying at the Rio the entire time? Uh Maybe. Hopefully, Maybe. Okay. hopefully, yeah, yeah. yeah. All righty, so uh, so yeah. I mean, we're I think we're about done here. I don't. We, you can. You, I think we can all just leave. It's. Oh, I, I'm good? I'm toast, man. I gotta. Yeah. Get, I gotta. See, sleep. I started the reverse problem. I get on a good sleep schedule now, so now I'm. T- you know, I don't have it. 
I'm not actually tired, but we, we've talked about everything here. That the last thing was about uh, Maggie McMuffin's vagina, and that's, that's about it. You know? <laughs> so what do we do about from here on out with the radio? Well, program? so I told everybody to follow the Twitter account, twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert, and we will announce what's going on next week. Though I can tell you it is not going to be an evening show. It's not going to be a 7.30 or 8 o'clock show. It's going to be something either very late at night or not at all. And uh, same with the next week. The next week we're going to have to squeeze something in because every single day of the week I'm going to be playing. I, I may actually, I don't know about Brandon's schedule, but uh, maybe on the 13th itself, right when I get there, we can do a show because the limit hold'em doesn't start till uh, 3 p.m. that next day so I can stay up late and not be tired for the event. That may be well, didn't we, was it last year, didn't we do a show in the same hotel together? Or was that two years ago? That was two years ago. But yeah, so the Bobby Orr, uh, remember you met yes. Sir Bobby Orr? Yes. Oh, was... so, so yeah, so uh, just stay tuned for next week. I can just tell you it will not be on Wednesday at seven thirty or eight. It will not be a normal time, but we'll try to squeeze something in. If not, uh, the next week. Also follow twittercom alert. If you want to follow me at the World Series, my chip counts and all that. twittercom poker. Twitter.com slash Dandruff Poker is where I will be updating my chip counts. If you're playing Colossus, PFA02, hashtag PFA02 to automatically post your updates to PokerFraudAlert.com. And, Druff, your uh, your Twitter feed is going to appear on Tasty Steaks, too, along with your overall results for your whole package. Well, thank you. I hope What's I Tasty Steaks? Uh, it's a site that I made. I, I just I hope that I, with all this exposure, that I don't... Uh, well, should I use it, too? Because I like to promote my fellow co-hosts. And what does Tasty Steaks do? It's completely free. It's just to help people manage their uh, tournament packages. It handles, like... Uh, all the payouts and refunds, and it gives your investors a place to, uh, you know, see your progress and see how much money they're owed. And can I just you know, list myself as the only payout? <laughs> you can. <laughs> if, you have, want, if you I want, if you want, so, so people, thank you for listening. Uh, this is actually the third show we've had in the past seven days. A lot of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Good night. Stay tuned for when our next episode will be. And shalom, shalom, shalom.